Welcome to the Metalheads Podcast. My name is George. This is Jay. This is John. This is Matt. This is Marcus on. And Will is too busy uh, with the Philadelphia Phillies baseball to join us today. So, uh, boo. No, but I go Phillies though, because, you know, fuck the Yankees, fuck the Astros, uh, National League all the way this time. So that means we don't have a guest today. so we're going to see what we can do with that. We do have a round table for you. But before we do that, just to piss well off, because we're going to get to it within the first three minutes, let's do the T-shirt and beer check. Fastest ever. Fastest ever. <laughs> we only do this when you're not here, Will. It'd be funny if it's like an hour long. Yeah. <laughs> it won't Old to assume he's going to listen to this, too. Yeah, well, it'll, it probably won't be till like, next July, but he'll get there. <laughs> That so, would be you, Marcuson. I go yeah. first. Okay. So my T-shirt is a gate creeper shirt. It's pretty cool. Check it out. Creeper at the gate. Nice. I wouldn't want to see that guy on Halloween. Yeah, it's like a uh, some kind of weird skeleton axe guy, and there's like a giant head below. There's a lot of dripping blood on it. Pretty cool. Just got it at the show that I was at uh, a couple days ago. So that was really fun. And um, I am drinking a beer from Mars, and it's called There's Always Beer in the Banana Stand. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it is stout with Thai bananas and cocoa. So and, that would uh, be a reference to the guys don't know? Sorry, there's always... It's Arrested Development. Development. He's always telling them there's always money in the banana stand. Oh, right, right, right. Remember that? And then he burns down the banana stand. Was like, <laughs> he was like, no, there was money hidden in the banana stand. It's physically inside. So Captain, I had a, a meet and metal day. We do this sometimes where we just spend all day and we go to different Chicago places and have like sandwiches and go to different breweries. And uh, so we went to Mars, went to a couple more, and then we go and uh, buy metal at the record store, uh, Bucket of Blood. And then there's a new one. You guys got to check this out called Meteor Gem. So I've bought stuff from them online, but now they have a physical store in Chicago and it's all metal. <laughs> it's great. And the owner's really cool. We were in there for, I don't know, like an hour and a half just talking about stuff. And um, I had not been there. I've been meaning to go to it. And it's like right down the street from Bucket of Blood as well. So uh, nice to have another place for good Good metal, good vinyl. When I was in Michigan a couple weeks ago, I got to go to uh, my old haunt. Uh, it's called Rock of Ages in Garden City outside of Detroit. And uh, I haven't been there in 25 years. And it's it's pretty much an almost exclusively metal place. I mean, it has like rock. And uh, they've they've uh, branched out into like some hip hop rap stuff in like oh, yeah. a section. Well, Meteor Gem doesn't fuck with that shit. It's but, just metal. Uh, 
But uh, it, this was where I used to go back in the day to find all the imports and stuff and pay $30 for a Blind Guardian CD and uh, things like that. So it was pretty cool. To, it's funny because I haven't been there in 25 years and they had a sign up saying they were celebrating their 38th year. So I um, guess I was there during their infancy. But nice. Anyway, sorry. Anyways. Sweet. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Bought some metal, had some breaded steak sandwiches, which are amazing here. I don't know if you guys have ever had that before. You mean like a, uh, what do they do? Uh, like when they bread a steak like at, how, at, at like IHOP or something? <laughs> I like how George is speculating, but is it? No. <laughs> now they take steak and then they pound it out really thin and then they, they bread it. And then they kind of roll it up and they, and they make it like a, almost like a chicken parm sandwich. Mm. So um, it's got, you know, red sauce on there and cheese and, uh, you know, peppers, jardinera. Nice. And uh, it's like a staple here in Chicago. One of the, you know, best sandwich, one of the best sandwiches I've ever had, actually. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I saw that Pizza Hut's starting to sell Detroit style pizza. And I was thinking of back to MDF when we had that at, uh, at the tent <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was really good, man. On some Detroit-style pizza. Was it we were drunk or was it actually good? I don't know. It was pretty good. It was crispy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like a crispy pizza. Anyway, anyway, it's Matt's turn. Hey. Yo, uh, I'm wearing Crip Sermon t-shirt. And I uh, just opened up, it is a 2022 Whistle Monkey from Firestone Walker. This is a barrel-aged Belgian quad. And uh, that's all I know. All right. Matt, did you uh, strap in? Yes. It's a pretty big beer to start the night off with. <laughs> sure is. Sure is. I'm going to be sipping this one. I love <clears> Belgians. You got your Snuggie and your hoodie <laughs> ready to go? You know, I'm actually on the main level of the house because nobody's home, and so I don't have to freeze myself. It'll be kind of cool. It'll be snuggie the whole night, I think. So, <laughs> But I always keep one close. All right. Okay, so uh, my shirt I'm wearing. Oh boy, unusual to wear an open shirt, but it's unusual because it's a green logo, which they don't have many of those of the gazillion shirts that I have. And it's from the Heritage Tour, uh, which they used a record player or showed an album on a turntable and they put the dates in the grooves on the album and they went in a circle. So it's kind of a cool shirt. I haven't worn it in years and I thought I'd switch it up because I'm wearing the same 10 shirts. Uh So got to dig through the closet and say, all right, these 10 get shelved for the next five years and got to pull 10 more out and I'm drinking uh, a staple beer for me. I'm drinking lunch from Maine uh, beer company. Outstanding, outstanding double IPA. Nice. So good. Mm. All right. Or it says India. Well, I'm, so. I'm waiting supper here, which I'll be eating soon. I'll By, just uh, that gets here. It's I'm called dinner. In honor of the Thunder of the Motorhead, Motorhead California shirt. The Motorhead did a special, I think it was Independence Day, where you could get any state mm-hmm. on the shirt. <clears throat> I I don't know what it is, man. They, you know, they keep producing all these, like, all those special edition ones, which I'm pointing to right now, and which you can't see on the podcast, obviously, but... <laughs> 
And every time I ordered one of these things, I ordered a shirt. I've got like 10 Motorhead shirts now. It's getting <laughs> out of control. So I got to start wearing them out. <clears throat> 10, 10 Motorhead shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking John's rookie. Got, John has 72 Old Path shirts. Well, I mean, Probably they all 50, say I'm different things on them, but they all have the war pig in some way, shape, yeah. or form. And then, mm-hmm. and then a different word down at the bottom or something. So it's ridiculous. But yeah. yeah. Motorhead. And that's, probably, and that's slightly in honor of, spoiler alert, our. Thunderdome today. Yeah, indeed. Jay Warpig Dickinson sounds pretty good. <laughs> it does. Hey, not to interrupt, uh, I have to correct myself. This is not a double IPA. It's just an IPA. So I don't want somebody calling me out later on. How disappointing, John. Jesus. Only a single IPA. Fuck. Well, you it know how the internet good. is. It's still good. You're just going to have to drink two. There you go. That's what double IPA means. <laughs> <laughs> or two. Ah. Now, thank you, Marcus. And I, have been, I have been enlightened. All right. Uh, me? I'm guessing so. Uh, I'm wearing my brand new arts shirt, Banner of the Saint. Nice. Courtesy mm-hmm. of Mark Deeks. Well, not courtesy. I paid for it, but uh, he sent it to me. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, this is like my first new shirt uh, to go into rotation in quite a while. So <laughs> yeah, it looks crisp. Joel. It is. This is yeah. the f- first wear. This is the maiden voyage of this shirt. Nice. And uh, I'm drinking Kushwa Brewing West Coast Dank Pursuit, which is a West Coast double IPA and it's danky which is nice no no uh New England well, make hazy sure it's a double yeah well it is it is a double and I've got he's an, got two there Marcus right, on right, it's, right, he's yeah. good. <laughs> and then uh, uh just because I'm gonna get into this next uh I've had this one before but the rogue uh Newport Knights also a west coast uh is it a double no so you got four there then. doesn't say Jesus. that it's a double but it's got more alcohol that's weird um Anywho, really? yeah, it's like this is <laughs> only like, good. and it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, so that's what I'm into. I, I have no more mead. I, I usually start with mead, and I have none. So I've, I've still got like 20 bottles of it. Oh. I'm so lost without you. Okay, sad. That's uh. <laughs> We need like some like third rate celebrity to come in and say these were the hits of our time back in the seventies. <laughs> Do a thirty minute infomercial that you start out saying this is bullshit and you watch it like four times in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Oh, that reminds me. Before we get into the roundtable, um, as a music nerd, do you ever find yourself like people say things and you just like in your head turn it into like well that's a song title that you know i know and you're like so th- for instance the other day um we, we we had this ant problem and we put down ant bait and there was just piles of dead ants and and barb comes down and goes wow that is death and destruction and i said and don't forget the chaos because that's an exploited song death destruction and don't forget the chaos <laughs> do you ever do that like or is, am i just a fucking weirdo yeah i, I do yeah. and then everyone looks at me like i'm an idiot because they don't know what i'm talking about and i'm like well it's your loss and i just move on yeah i find that just about every situation in my life i can find a song that suits it i just did it to myself because i was like i'm all out of meat and then i started yeah, exactly. That. Well, that's what made me think of it. I was like, hey. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I do that a lot. I feel like though with like with us, like unless we are around each other, no one would ever appreciate 
you know, mm. what song we're filling in. Like, I'm sure Barb didn't appreciate, you know, no clue. She can, she can, whereas I would have been like, fucking amazing. Like, yeah. you know, like we would have hyped. She's like, are you having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> what usually happens is like somebody will say something like I'm on the phone or if I'm watching television and then, then I'll think of a song and then sing it to my cat. Mm. That's what usually happens. <clears throat> so George, I actually had that happen at work just real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was training a new employee and we were doing it over zoom and I, we weren't, we couldn't see each other, but we were, I was sharing my screen so she could see what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And something came up and I was waiting for something. And I said, well, look, I want to make a, a inside joke here, but I don't know if you know what this is, but did you ever see the original star Wars film? And she's like, no, I don't think so. She's like 22, 23. So right. I'm like, this is bought. This is already, but I'm flying that X-wing that goes right into this death star without getting a shot off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> in the trench. And I'm like, well, yeah. So whenever I'm with my friends and we're waiting for something, somebody will always say, stay on target, you know, yeah, yeah. stay on target. And I wanted to say it. She's like, wow, that, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I'm like, not I cool. Can't, I, can't even, I can't even bring up Star Wars anymore. Can't, can't, can't land can't it. Nope. How do you not know this? It's like the Actually, greatest scene ever in, t- in movie history. I'll tell you something that happens to me frequently. And, and this isn't special about me. I think about music all the time. And I'm sure you guys do too. Like it's like, if I'm just walking on the street and some phrase will be going through my head constantly or whatever, mm-hmm. but something that happens to me a lot or frequently enough to mention it is that I'll be like, if I go to target or something and, and I'll be, I will have been listening to, let's just say randomly run to the Hills or something in the car. And I get into Target and I go and I do my shopping just over and over and over again. I keep going, man, for your life. Just one very specific part of the song. Yeah, yeah, I do that too. I get back in the car and I realize it's because that's where the song stopped and I want desperately to finish the musical <laughs> You <race>. need resolution. <laughs> yeah, and, and I've said this happens to me a lot. And I'm just like, why am I just thinking about that one part of that? Well, I've heard that like, oh, if you... I was just about to hear it and I didn't fucking hear it. I've heard that that's a lot of or not a lot of, but like a lot of times when you have an earworm, that's why it's because the song got cut off and your brain's trying to finish it. And if you go back and listen to the song in its entirety, then it'll get out of your head. Yeah, totally. That and another thing that happens to me in grocery stores is I'll hear, I used to work at a grocery store in the middle of the night and I would hear music, popular music on the radio. And then let's just say the sound of silence or, you know, something like that. But there would be so much white noise and other weird fucking noise that the literal like music would get kind of bent and I would hear something wrong and I would hear like some whole other song. I'd be like, that's a cool fucking song. And then I get closer to the speaker and I'd be like, Oh, it's not a silence. And I'd be like, somebody else should write that other fucking song. <laughs> like that's happened to me a bunch of times. Music gets distorted and I just catch one part of it. It's wrong, you know, but yeah. Fuck. I love music. Yeah. yeah. Music's kind of cool. I do something a little stranger if I'm in the supermarket by myself shopping and I'm looking for something and I finally find it. I do a Lane Staley. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like that. <laughs> I'm more of a head fill. Yeah, yeah. And people just kind of look over me. And I'm like, and I just give him the, you know, the uh, Robert Redford, you know, he's dressed up like the uh, mountain man. He just like smiles. He's like, mm-hmm. I'll just do that. Keep walking. People are like, stay away from that guy. <laughs> I get that look from everybody anyway, but. Yeah. Well. All right. I think, well, I think we all do. I, I'm going to be back in 30 seconds. I'm, I just want you to think I'm leaving. It's hot in here. I need to get a huh. It's like a 30 second timeout in an NFL game or something. Jay's got to cool down. He's got to get some ice for his drawers. It's like one of those timeouts in a game now where they 
split the screen and they show the commercial on one side and they show them still on the field. But uh-huh. since it's only 30 seconds, they don't want you to miss what's really going to happen in that 30 seconds, which is absolutely nothing. But they got to get a commercial in at the same time. Well, I, I appreciate that because then I have something to look at other than the commercial. Right. But yeah. it's silly because it's impossible to have a 30 second timeout. Right. It literally takes 10 seconds to run to the sideline <laughs> and back. True, true. <laughs> So because we don't have a guest today, uh, we decided to go on to ye old Google Docs and pick a topic for a round table today, or at least I decided, and y'all have to do it anyway. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but the, the topic that was chosen is which bands are taking over the metal mantle from the legacy bands? Who will be the big hitters of the coming years? So you know. can I just add that the subtitle of this topic is "Where's Groot? <laughs> Where's Groot? <laughs> Who will be yes. the guardians of the galaxy? Yes, we are definitely screwed. You know, once yeah, re- really hard topic. Once there's no hard. more Sabbath or Ozzy or Kiss or uh, Maiden or Priest, you know who who will be the the top of the heap that uh, raises the flag on the hill of metal. So I'm going to say two things off the top here, and that is the challenge that lies before any band who might achieve that status. And it's two things that the record industry has completely collapsed and different now, and they don't nurture bands and do all the things that they used to do Uh to, and and also the, the whole fucking situation is so fucking flooded, but also it is difficult when, these bands like Maiden and Sabbath and stuff all had such long storied careers and so much ground has been fucking covered. So I'm not going to, I'm not saying there's not a lot of good music in our future. It's just, you, you only get to hear black Sabbath the, for the first time once, you know, and then, and then everything that they did after that. So that's a tough call. So whoever it is, is has to be fucking great songwriters first and foremost. Um, and um, amongst other things. But anyway, I, I see those, those challenges as part of the reason this is such a hard question to answer. Mm-hmm. Who's the asshole that came up with this? That would be me. <laughs> okay. Well, no, but Fuck you, John. because I want to believe that, you know, I, I'd rather go to club shows, but somebody's going to got to be playing in the arenas yeah. in 10 years, right? So I think I have the answer. There is no one to be honest with. <laughs> no. And I'll, I'll tell you why, if, if it's okay, if you guys don't mind me, cutting in here for a second and giving you this, it's not a long list. We already discussed this beforehand, but, and then you guys can feed off of you once. I know George, you were saying you didn't have anyone really. I have to a think couple, of. but they're not like well, super. They're not. And I don't think there is anyone that is because if you think about it after Metallica, who used to be big, but they're still big. They can still go out and tour. They could literally tour their first four albums until the end of their career. If they wanted to, uh-huh. and people would probably still go. Um, so I came up with this list and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking that it's only because of attrition that these bands would, would come up and be yeah. potentials now. And some of these bands I'm not a fan of, so I, I threw them on there anyway, but just yeah, because. Well, but, but that's sort of the point Yes, is that if you're going to be that big, you know, it's like, we probably won't like, we're him. not going to like them anymore. I mean, <laughs> right. well, although we do tend, I mean, other than people that don't like Metallica, uh, people still like maidens. People still like priest Sabbath of stuff. So, all right. So, what do you guys think of this? These are the names I came up with. They're not big. Some of these, but 
they seem to be uh, names that show up in the press a lot. And they seem to have more fans now than they did when they sort of hit their early strides and became popular. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. But hear me out. So the first one I'll, I'll throw out there is a band I don't like. I don't care for them, but they're big. The first one would be Slipknot. That was the one that just mm-hmm. came to mind. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. yeah. They're a big band. People like them. And they're already, I would say, uh, if you put Legacies as the first tier, and that would include everything from the Sabbaths through the Metallica type bands. Mm-hmm. Yep. The next tier, they'd be a next tier band. They, they, they can pull in a lot of fans. Well, yeah. they've they been on a long time, too. Right now, yes, right. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's kind of key to this question is, you know, who's going to be able to draw arena-level right. crowds? And Slipknot's one of them. And Marcus, on you're right. They've been around a long time, but they would be that next level band that would start to be like, well, okay, Maiden's gone, Priest's gone. Who's the next big band? Well, that's the next level. All these yeah. bands have been around 20 years plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're so, on my list. I had yep. two, so I'm interested to see if uh, the other one will be All right. ours. So I'll go now with two more. One I like. Well, I like both bands. One I like more than the other, but Tool is one of them, but they need to put out albums. But they, they're a bigger band. Maybe don't draw as much as... Slipknot does because they probably don't have the same crowd, and they're not well, technically they do, considered John, metal. You know who they are. You know who they are, and the, like it's their big flight. Yeah, like yeah. really, you know what I mean. That that's who they replace, and I know they're not that much like Big Floyd. They're just kind of weird and off center, and yeah, exactly. And enough pothead college kids like them that they're always going to fill always. And people are always looking forward to when they might release an album, like they did with the last one. People were really jazzed up for it, even though it'd been a long time. Now I don't know if this is a good one to, to pull, but. They seem to be getting bigger and bigger, even though I don't like anything they put out recently. And that's, I'm on a Marth. Mm-hmm. They're that, sort of getting bigger. Yeah, that's my they're, number one. That was the one that I was like, they're fucking huge. I mean, yeah. they did that surprise set at Vakken and it was like, you know, it's massive. Like crazy. Yeah. And all their shows are big. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think they've maxed out. I'm just going to throw that out. No, but then people said that about Metallica after, you know, yeah, a point right. too. Okay. Fair enough. No good right. point. Uh, here's an American band that apparently everyone's really digging right now that they've righted their ship, which I never even knew their ship needed to be righted because I never got into them. Lamb of God seems to be really big right now again. Yeah, yeah. that was the other one on my list. Yeah. I've, got, I've got one more, but that that was uh, one that I thought of. And, it, and, and my two lesser bands, but they're they're playing with all these bands would be Mastodon and Gojira. They're not as big as those bands. They don't. They certainly don't pull in like them. But do they start to get pulled into that list because? There's no one after that. Now, yeah, I mean, gonna they're going to have to be, I mean, they're already headliners, but, you know, yeah. they're going to have to step up. I'm, and I'm not going to put bands like Corn and Five Finger Death Punch on this list. Yeah. I'm just not, I don't have any issues with Corn. I don't like the music, but, I mean, I don't have an issue with them. Five Finger Death Punch, I just, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So I have, I have three more bands real quick. I have a maybe band, Sabaton. They seem to just keep chugging along and getting bigger and bigger. I don't know if they'll ever. I, Jay, in Europe. Yeah, I you, when you said Amon Amarth is kind of maxed out, maybe Sabaton has too, but they seem to keep getting bigger and bigger yeah, in Europe. I, I, I agree. Well, I think they're getting bigger here too because they recently just played in Hawaii. Huh. And um, a, a friend of mine, Frank, who's not in a metal, went to go see them. That, that and he said he really enjoyed the show because he knew I like metal. And so when, when a band came around, he's like, oh, I might give them a shot. And they have a lot of those, you know, folk elements and stuff that could get cross over to uh, 
yeah. more of a mainstream audience. When and you they co- got that whole niche of being like into military history and people kind of mm-hmm. dig that, you know. Sorry, yeah. George. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, they're like on the power metal side of things, but they're on the cool, heavy side I of see. power metal. Yeah, I mean, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, yeah, because even if I, I'm not a fan, if say we all went to a festival and they played, you know I'm going to watch them for sure, just because yeah. I know that their sets are supposedly just yeah, they're good. Lot, tons of I mean. energy. They they seem like they're okay, guys. I don't know. Then I have two shoulda bands. Uh, one, obviously, mm. I'm going to say is going to be Opeth because they they are big, but they'll never be as big as any of those bands. But they should have been big had they not had a career change. Uh, I, and, I, don't, I don't know. I still think they've got it. They, the, they, I, I, they're going to figure into it. But they're not going to be uh, a band like Slipknot, obviously, or a band like Lamb no. of God or no. Tool. They're not going to garner that. But that's where we're dropping to. When you start parsing through these names and then a band that should be big, I'm sorry, I'm into them right now. I love them. And I don't listen to, uh, to power metal. George could probably figure this out. Cause I only go on about one power metal band, but blind guardian should be big. They should be huge. And they're not, unfortunately they are in Europe, but they're not here. And it pisses me off because I fucking love blind guardian. I still think <laughs> so. they'll be considered part of the, the top tier by metal fans, even if not by the like public at large, yeah. You know, as as the other bands drop off, Blind Guardian's definitely going to be a legacy band. But that's but you just hit it right on the nail. I don't know if you intended that though, but they'll be big by metal standards. But would they be big by commercial? They won't be filling arena standards. No. Yeah, exactly. Now they might in Europe. They I know they have, they play festivals and they can garner a lot of fans there. True, but true. festivals in Europe are different than here because people will go to see anything to go to a festival. Uh-huh. I mean, they have the, just the craziest lineups. Oh, another band. Uh, I, I want to put them in here. I'm not, I don't dislike them, but I'm not a fan, but Rammstein plays <laughs> just massive crowds. You know, they yes. really do. And they yeah. put on by far one of the best shows. Even if you don't like them, you would go see them just because their shows are amazing. So, but I don't I, like that band, but I saw the show and it was pretty impressive. Yeah. A lot of fire. Yeah. Oh yeah. Have you ever seen the, the, time-lapse video on YouTube of them setting up their stage at mm-hmm. one of the, it's like six minutes and I just watched it twice. I was like, this is fucking amazing <laughs> what they did. Yeah. So not to hog the time early on, but I, I really racked my brain trying to find bands and you could see how it drops really fast. Uh-huh. Not that those bands aren't good bands. It's just the, the mass appeal is not there as much. A key yeah. factor there too though, John, and this is interesting and I think those are all legitimate choices that you pull out but none of those bands are younger than 10 or 15 years old and maybe 20 a lot of them <clears throat> so that's what's really funny is it's, it is hard to reach any more into the broth right now that of what what we see come out now and just there's not right i like, mean what could it be i don't well, know and yeah. that's the thing they've been around a long time they've toured so much and so they've built up that that yeah. following so we don't know what's going to happen with some of these newer bands that might have like one or two albums you it's know true. where are they going to move to are they going to maybe try to cater to more of a mainstream some bands try to do that you know like the sword <laughs> we're going to talk they just broke up we're going to talk about it in the news like they were starting to get bigger no, they were yeah. Marcus, I could I could think of only one band, Marcus, on that fits that, and they're not really a metal band. They're a rock band more than a metal band. But Ghost is the only band I could think of that oh, has oh, shit, yeah, yeah. That's great, that's just grown and grown and grown. But as they've grown, their metal, which was never really metal, was kind of that proto seventies yes. Sabbath pentagram type metal. Which I don't have anything wrong. I dislike any of that, 
but they've kept getting bigger and bigger, but they've gotten more and more commercial, you know, I'm not going to knock them. That's what they want to do. Go for it. Yeah. No, I never but, knock it. I just might not listen to it. Yeah. You know? But that's a band that, that, yeah, do, they, do they eventually get thrown in that mix because they just keep growing? They are, they are filling arenas right now. Yeah, too. they are. I don't know if they're filling the same size of arenas in America as they are in Europe, but I know they're playing big fucking yeah. places. And they've and say what you want about them. They are a touring machine. Granted, it's a whole different band every time they go out and it's the one main guy. Uh, I, that's a joke because he's always changing band members, but yeah. uh, they, they're all these bands actually too, maybe minus tool a little bit, just because they don't put out as much music. They're all touring machines. All those yeah. bands. I mean, they, they can tour to death. So that meant that might be the only reason why they're on the list in the end, mm-hmm. minus Slipknot. They have a huge appeal. So, yeah. The one I, I was going to add was Trivium. I used At some point. I, I used yeah. to, I, back before they went to commercial and I stopped liking them, um, I was like, these guys are going to be the next, the next Metallica. And, uh, a lot of people were saying that about them at, the, at one point. Yeah, like after like the second, third album, I was like, oh shit, these guys are the future. Uh, and then it went a little eh. But, but well, like, but like really Marcus on, I, I like the, the last one. It's really good. It is. So, you know, who knows? We'll see. He, he puts himself out there for a lot. He's always on somewhere on Sirius XM, always talking. He's always talking about albums and bands he likes from the underground, which mm-hmm. I'll give him that. He's got crap. Yeah, remember George, you and I were joking. I was like, hey, he's on XM, Sirius XM. He's talking about black metal. They're like, I didn't know shit. We were joking. I was like, dude, he's dropping some serious fucking names right now. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> like know? Heathy. I like that guy. Yeah, he's a good you guy. see him on stuff. Yeah. I don't always like the music, but no. that last album, I it it spoke to me. I thought that was really a great record. A- another band that tours a ton. Did you like you know? his yeah. uh, solo black metal produced by Isan album? I didn't listen to that. That's the, uh, let me see. It begins with an I. But I have seen Trivium. Iba, and they Ibaraki. were great live. Yeah, I, I saw them. I saw them too. I saw them before, uh, like after their first album that nobody had that they self-released. Mm-hmm. Before the second album came out, I saw them at the Wrecker Theater mm-hmm. in, in uh, Towson on this teeny-ass little stage. And I was like, holy shit, these guys are amazing. <laughs> I saw them at a festival, so I didn't go to actually see them, but I was like, uh, I'm kind of curious. You know, I'll throw, I'm going to throw out a weird one real quick, if you don't mind. And it's, they're a very old band, actually, to be blunt. But it only it occurs to me because I follow them on Facebook and they never don't play a huge fucking show. Carcass is fucking huge, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, a lot of those are festival things, but they don't play the small rooms. And, and, I think if they really set their minds to it, put a record out every two years, just came out with the fucking touring, those guys would a be rich, which I think they at least do okay now. Yeah, and I don't, and they're probably a little too extreme to to be that legacy band. But like, think of like when we saw them, the last two times we saw them, mm-hmm. yeah, like mm-hmm. one we all saw them together in mm-hmm. NDF, and then we saw yeah. them Psycho Vegas, and they were as they were full and fuller than any of the other bands we saw. Yeah, everybody wants to fucking see Carcass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would yeah, say Cannibal Corpse is like that too. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was thought of them, but they seemed a little extreme for mass appeal. That's what I was going to say. Absolutely, is that, John, they're never going to get yeah. like that's the only like a Megadeth level or something. But but they definitely in the metal world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're up there. They're about but, as big as you can be 
being that extreme metal. Yeah, right. I agree. Yep. Yep. Yeah, all the stuff we're talking about does not really include extreme metal because extreme metal is just not going to hit with the uh, the mainstream. Unless, mm. I don't know, you know, we're a bunch of old fuckers, you know, maybe in a couple of years it will. <laughs> Something, well, you know, I'm Stranger Things really will out. put out season 12 and, you know, there'll be a Cannibal <laughs> Corpse song on there and all of a sudden everybody fucking likes Cannibal Corpse and well, who knows. The closest it gets is Slipknot, and I'm not a Slipknot fan, but they are, to be fair, I think they're pretty much on the extreme side of the line when you say To be that. fair. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you you got to categorize them as extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it sure. can be done, you know. But you just gotta wear really creepy masks and and yeah. insert clean vocals in between your <laughs> yeah, screens. You know, a list of bands, Marcus, on you said you were gonna share. No, we hit them all. I mean, we yeah, basically well. hit all of them. Um, so, what yeah, about I like agree. Kill Switch Engage and In Flames? I, and I think their time has passed. I didn't include Kill Switch Engage for the same reason I include Corn. Uh, not that I dislike them or anything. Oh, I, I, just hate, I, dis, I dislike them. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Yeah. I think not. they kind of passed. I think they're now they have a niche following, you know. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, the rest of their career is going to be like in Saxon's career now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're out there and a lot of people know who they are, but they really can't pull in more than 5,000 people growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would throw Deftones in there. I mean, they've been around yeah, a long time. Yeah. And they're pretty big and, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of metal elements uh, to that. So, um, you know, they're not... I, it's weird because they, I don't feel like they catered to the mainstream. They just do what they do, but, but yeah. somehow it's crossed over. Yeah. So yeah, throw that Here, in there. Here's a uh, band that kind of straddles into metal a bit, maybe just because of the guitarist, but all of a sudden now they seem to be huge. They, they have always been a big band, but now they, for some reason out of the blue, they're on this massive tour, Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This current tour, I mean, they of course it's it's a big name tour because there's other names on the on the, the bill but i mean they've got this second life it's almost like a third life now because they've already this is like a second go around as the current band not that they disappeared or anything mm-hmm. just been a little while since they toured mm-hmm. and they got but, this big deal out there right now and it's weird too because i didn't realize that they were as big again mm-hmm. And they are, because you see these tours and I hear about people going and kind of, you know, reliving those past hits, but also really enjoying the newer stuff as well. Oh. So that's a good one, John. Yeah. Here's a second tier band that I like, like the first four albums, then I stopped liking them as much, even though I picked up stuff. Arch Enemy seems to be continuously getting bigger, even though I don't like what they're doing anymore. All right. So we got to focus on bands we don't like. Yeah. <laughs> But they're they're a second tier. I don't think they would ever be considered a first tier following the legacies. No, but, for sure. Yeah. But that shows you how thin it gets. Now, of course, I might be missing a ton of bands, but I don't know. I seem to think all of us can. Well, that's part of the problem I had was that I'm looking for bands that I like, and bands that I like are probably not going to hit that that you know uh, pinnacle. And, no, they never will because you can't. You know, yeah. Yeah, and so you got to think about the bands that well, they're more popular and not necessarily bad, just not my cup of tea. Um, and that's probably where it's going to go. So. Which maybe that's always been true. You know what I mean? Like really metal has never really been, hasn't been the center of the universe since the eighties. And sure. Yeah. I mean, there's still big bands out there, out there making a living and stuff, but the industry machine never got behind it like it did in the eighties. And now it isn't, it's kind of a niche thing. I mean, it obviously things like, 
you know, Vakken and a million other things drawn a thousand people, but or thousands of people. But I don't know. I mean, it's also this, it's the problem with the internet too, though. Everything's so spread out. I mean, how are you going to fucking conquer yeah. that fucking thing? Yeah. You know, the record companies were a curse, but they were also a blessing because they were a gatekeeper. Or in Marcuson's case, a great, uh, a gatekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, and we need gatekeepers, man. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, I, well, I, I feel like some of those, um, female fronted metal bands have definitely grown they're not female fronted bands they're they're metal bands they're metal bands i know they're metal but i'm just saying but they have the female singers (laughs) if you just switch it around apparently it's acceptable even though you're saying the same thing a male fronted metal band (laughs) no they're a metal band with a female singer it's Ah. the same exact thing but apparently that's more acceptable (laughs) i'm I'm joking no marcus on you're actually right a band like within temptation like their first two releases were kind of that beauty and beast thing with harsh vocals and then this angelic singing and they dropped the harsh vocals and they just blew up in Europe. You know, Nightwish was another one. Mm -hmm. I'll bet you if Taja went back to Nightwish, which I could care less because I think the singer they have now, I'm not into Nightwish, but I think Flora Jansen's a better singer personally, but say she went back, they would be, they probably would gain a lot of steam because they would be bringing back the old band. Uh, Cause Nightwish got pretty big there for a while right i got right. one that i nobody mentioned that I'm, I'm surprised nobody mentioned them and they're huge and probably can't occupy metallica space but gojira is bit is fucking big john did mention it he said gojira there was one you said and i was like what the fuck did you just say so he said mastodon no, and gojira mastodon and gojira mastodon and gojira okay yeah well, the, i could and, see i think they are felonies in europe just to be clear we didn't mention any albums <laughs> uh, like um what do you mean like Leviathan or Damn it <laughs> Oh boy Ooh. I'm in the episode no, it is it is interesting though how we always pair those two bands together. It's yeah um, um the one thing I would say is I think there's something to the idea of you know the bigger the band is the less we're going to like them mm-hmm. kind of that inverse proportion aside from like a priest, like a maiden. I feel like that time has passed. Um, The other thing that I worry about is um, people trying to keep the bands going past their prime. Uh, I worry that, you know, I I feel like we haven't seen that with any of the bands that we truly love and I hope we don't, but you know, to see like, Oh, here's Judas priest with only one original member or something like that, you know, um, just to keep things alive. I I mean, I wouldn't put it past people because you know, the people in charge (laughs) of the money, <laughs> Possibly, but yeah. Well, there's a few out there that I think need to call it back. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think Maiden needs to start thinking about it. In all honesty, uh, um, I, th- I like Sanjitsu. They really uh, no, I like the record a lot, but Bruce's voice is coming down a little bit, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a matter of time. I, I mean, I think they should really wrap it up in like five years, in my mind. Like to, just, if, if they want their legacy to feel spotless, and they don't have to, I mean, fuck it, you know, do do whatever you want. But yeah, Kiss should have been done years ago. Well, they're on Kiss. their farewell tour for like at least twelve years now. Yeah, dude, I've been to like two farewell tours that are like 15, uh-huh. 20 years old now. Um, but I mean, I mentioned them just because they're from that era, you know. Yeah. By the way, man, I'll tell you something. The last tour, um, and it seems to go tour to tour. Rob didn't sound that good on some stuff. But man, he's singing the shit out of the genocide and screaming for vengeance and stuff. These videos I watched, huh. he's right back on track again now. Because sometimes yeah. he'll like speak the lyrics a little bit. You can tell like, wow, he's not having a great night. 
But Speed of the Revengeance is did, way up the stratosphere. He sings that song great. Huh. Did, any, did anyone besides Jay and myself see any of the footage from that uh, Connecticut show? Uh-uh. Oh, fuck. They were, so, they were so good. And Luch went to that show because I saw he posted about it. And I commented on one of his posts on Facebook and said, you got a really special show, man. They they dug out some super gems for that show. Uh-huh. That might be the best that lasted the last five in to a, ten years for in sure. In a while. Uh, so the show that George and I saw Anthem was good at Anthem, was really good. But two nights later was infinitely better because they dropped, I don't know what song we didn't want to see. They added Tyrant to the list. I was like, motherfucker. Literally, <laughs> it was like two shows later. And I think... Um, uh, Glenn came out and played. I was like, God, yeah. Damn it. But you know, Rob was Rob was struggling that show. I mean, he sounded bit, yeah. he sounded He's good, not, yeah. but he had some trouble with the highs. And you you know, you remember him like just like practically passed out over that bike because he was trying so yeah. hard. <laughs> when the bike's the, pretty heavy too. Yeah. Then I saw them the next time they played at Anthem, and he sounded great. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's tough. You know, you're seventy something years old trying to pull that off. Yeah. It's like, I, well, go watch some of this footage we were talking about. Um, but also, I'm telling you, this is like the best sales they've had in a while. It's got Genocide, Steeler. Well, they did that in the last They've been tour. doing that a little bit lately, yeah. Yeah. Screaming for the Anvil. Um, Screaming for Vengeance. Brought Judas Rising back, which I love that fucking song. Mm-hmm. Screaming for Vengeance, that's to me probably the highlight, even over Genocide, believe it or not. Yeah, because I want to see him actually pull it off. And I want to see them play that and not follow it up with You Got Another Thing Coming. <laughs> Just saying, Enough. just saying. But um, yeah, he just well, he sounds good right now, and and unfortunately, this tour doesn't appear to get any close to me. That's bummer. I don't think. It what was. about uh, what about Merciful Fate? Huh. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, man. So I'll take this for a second since mm-hmm. I love Merciful Fate. But two things. One, I remember um, reading an interview with uh, Brian Slagle, and and I don't know how Merciful Fate came into it, other than the fact that he, you know puts their records up, but he was like, I keep telling King, trust me, dude, do a tour. And he'd be like, nobody cares. And, um, and then, um, they did, I think they're bigger here than they, and then they are in Europe first off. And, um, they did all those European dates, but they played like in the daytime and stuff, which was weird. And then when me and Matt saw them, they closed and I really felt, and everyone went nuts and sang every song and it was huge and it was full of people. And I, and he said at the end of the show, thanks, man, this was the best of all of, all of the festival shows. And I'm sure that was true because I've seen the footage and it was the best. And now they're filling these big, big places here mm-hmm. on the American tour. That's what yeah. I mean. I feel like obviously they're an older band, but there's, they seem to be getting but bigger now are. that they're back. It's like a whole new lease of life on them. Right. By the way, honestly though, he can fill those, those halls by himself though, too. You know, like yeah. when I saw him on the Abigail and tour and the, I mean the, you know, the anniversary and all that stuff. He was those. He played the Warfield both times. It was fucking packed. Mm-hmm. And Judas Priest plays the Warfield. <clears throat> I just thought of a band that's huge that doesn't play metal anymore, but they're massive, and that's TSO. They're gigantic. Trans Siberian Orchestra, which is <laughs> yeah. actually basically sabotage. Yeah, you know, but uh, they play arenas. They play. They they've got now two bands playing in two different parts of the country and they always sell out but kiss is like how do we do this yeah funny story i don't i probably brought this up last time but i didn't realize that fate's warning was asked before sabotage about doing something like that and they turned it down 
Wow. Uh, I wouldn't want to do it either, but that's a multi-million dollar venture. That's how Paul O'Neill, because that's his name, right? The guy who got hooked up with Sabotage and Mm -hmm. then eventually uh, came up with TSO. That's how he got with them. He went to the next band and they were like, yeah, this is interesting. Let's think about this. Which I guarantee you, John Oliver is loaded. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone's like, oh, get Sabotage back. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go I back love, to clubs. I love Sabotage. I'd <laughs> yeah. love to see them back together. You know, who's who's remaining? But, well, he's uh, made some really good solo records during that era. I don't oh, think anything's fun in a while. But they, back. They were all, he's just a great writer himself, John Oliva. So. Oh, yeah. And the name is his, his name of the band was John Oliva's. John Oliva's Pain. Pain, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were good records. I really enjoyed those. And I remember they were coming out around the time of like. Uh, Below the Lights and the John Arch mm-hmm. record came out, and like I was really listening to John Oliva. He, I think, put like two out in a row, and they were those were quality records. I saw but, you know, but you're not wrong, dude. That's a, but really that's a Christmas niche, right? I mean, they're, it, it, but oof, that uh, thing makes money. Yeah, they all them they all do well. Everyone who plays on it, that's their bread and butter for the year. Well, my my Christmas album is Chuck Billy's. You know. He has a Christmas album? Actually, I don't think he has a Christmas album. He's on it. He has a song on a Christmas album. I think it was a compilation, actually. But he does Silent Night like you wouldn't fucking believe. Oh, that's awesome, actually. See, now I really wish, now that we brought this up, now I really wish Lane Staley was with us. Can you imagine doing all this yeah to all these like Christmas songs? It'd be pretty damn funny, actually. <laughs> That would he used be. to get that real low, deep, whiny ear. Yeah, I forget what it was called, but it had it had Chuck Billy on there. It had Dio doing "God Rest You Merry Gentlemen." Um, oh, I've heard that. Oh, it's like old, older. It's been out for a while. Yeah, it's been out for know, probably ten years. Anyway. Yeah, well, I heard, I heard probably more song. so since Dio's dead. Um, so, you know, I'm, the one thing I kind of want to add here too, though, is that even though I mean I know we're talking about the arenas and all that stuff. There still, though, has managed to be bands who have put together impressive fucking careers okay. that honestly, like only we know about. And mm-hmm. and I and um, well, not only we, but you know what I mean. People, us, and people like us. And um, and I, I could name you could all name twenty of them, you know. And um, but like I was thinking the other day, forgive me, and it's not just because Matt and I had sex with him, but a bath, man, like the immortal stuff, <laughs> all of his sorts. This fucking guy's been cranking out quality shit for years. And and then and then you, you look over at Enslaved, and how many fucking good records does Enslaved have? Probably not making a shit ton of money, you know. But what a nice career they put together! So definitely is, elder statesmen. Yeah, and I would call them a legacy band in that way. They're just mm-hmm. not a legacy band that Kim Kardashian knows about. Fair enough, but there are that there are those legacy bands though that I think you know they were able to do it and nothing else, and have given us a big long row of good records. And I'm not even sure we're going to see that many of those anymore. That worries me. You know? I, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of metal bands that are going to last yeah. quite a long time and build up a good body of work. Even some yeah. of these newer bands, I think they're going to be around a long time. Um, and so they'll have a legacy within metal circles. They just won't elevate to like a status yeah. of a Metallica. You know, that's just, it's just it's rare. Not, it's just not going to happen and, anymore. And based you've got to the... cross over somehow <laughs> to do that. Yeah, no, that's a, that's true, and 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 I know that's like the whole crux of this conversation, but mm-hmm. but it is interesting, and we I guess if nothing else, we're not for want of 
good music. I mean, it's there and you can find it and do it. And it would be nice if some of those bands had a better financial support to, to really go to an Island like Jethro Tull used to do and rent a whole fucking Chateau and write music for three months. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, I mean, if they get on nuclear blast, they can. So that's true. this kind of begs the question, what will happen to metal after the current legacy bands are gone? Will it just be an underground, just thing be again? an underground thing because yeah. nobody has the, the, the sack to, to pull it off at that level. And it'll forevermore be just a niche thing that we're <laughs> people this, listen George, to. I, I think there will be somebody and, and probably some of the people we've mentioned. So it will go on and on is meaning it'll still make it into the arenas, but probably what's just as likely is there'll be things like thrash of the Titans, you know what I mean? Or clash of the Titans. Like there'll be a bunch of mid-level bands that have to get together to do an arena. <clears throat> and so it'll still occupy, you know, the Oakland arena where the warriors played, but it'll still be underground at the same time. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I mean, Hard to say. I mean, I mean, metal's been going for 50 odd years now. Uh, so, you know, let's see 50 more. Yeah. And there's bands that have the potential that, that could do like chemists is a band. I I think could possibly do that. If I'm not mistaken on tour with tribute. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're moving up because they are on nuclear blast. They're going to bigger shows. They're playing with bands who have a higher profile than them. They have sung vocals, you know, the, you know, the mix with growls. Um, So they, they could, it's possible that they could get to that level. I think they're going to be a band a long time. They've definitely outgrown this podcast. (laughs) Well, Well, they were on last year. I know. I'm just teasing. (laughs) But the other thing that worries me too, and I'm not saying this is specific to them, but one does think of Dan and that is that, you know, which of the good bands are we going to lose? Cause they just get so tired of having to do it in a van and, you know, and having to work a full out full job to keep it going. And there are those bands that we're going to lose like that. We're going to be like, Fuck, I can't do this, man. It's too hard. You mean like the sword? I think they were doing okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That dude That's was at, that. um, he, he's, he's like, a he does a podcast or something. The, yeah. Those really make awesome. a lot of money. They were, they that was a pretty big right? crowd. <laughs> Thanks, George. No, well, he, I mean, he probably does. And I think they did okay. And he was at um, Psycho Las Vegas as a, like a host. Or he was doing live podcasts there. Okay, that's what I thought. He was one of the dudes we met. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, who knows? But I also say this. Filled up a casino for three days. You know what I mean? And those, none of those bands were high profile mm-hmm. in the sense that we're talking. Yeah. And it fills up vodka and it fills up, you know. Uh, how much? I don't wonder how much money in business for surrounding businesses and hotels and t-shirt sales and everything else. You know, decibel or well, decibel will be one, mm-hmm. but also like MDF. But there's still money there. And are we talking about millions of dollars? It's got to be an, a big influx for Baltimore's economy. Yeah. For the hotels the that bother to I, you know stay open and actually keep people's rooms. I think that's the thing that's gonna. <laughs> maybe we'll get more of them as festivals because maybe it's not one band that's just going to have that status. But if you do a festival, lots of bands, Mm -hmm. as we know, people come, but maybe there'll be more of those because people are craving metal and they don't have uh, Iron Maidens. And Mm -hmm. speaking of, 
there's this one in Texas I've just seen that maybe has been around for a while. I don't know, but Tripticon is the headliner. Which one is really? it? Like Terror Fest? It's or? called like Hell in Houston or something like that. And I don't it's know that really. cool, dude. It's Tripticon doing a Celtic a Celtic Frost set. Possessed is like the second headliner. And then it's like all these bands like Satan and like old school new wave of British heavy metal bands and stuff. I'm going to keep an eye on this thing. Um, it showed up in my Facebook feed. I'll send you guys a link. Yeah, because that's the thing in metal that seems to do really well is those festivals. Yeah, that's a good, a that's a good point. There's a ton of them now. Yeah, they mm-hmm. definitely are I, growing in the number of festivals in, okay. the, in, the, in America. I've got this here, and I just want to share it with you real quick. It's called Hell's Heroes oh, 4, yeah. so it's been around for a while. So, okay, so um, last four was Candlemas, Dark Angels, blah, blah, blah. So this one, the fuck? This is, this is the wrong one because I just saw an ad for the new one. Anyway, it's got a lot of cool stuff, and it's and I'd like to see a lot more of this happening here now in America. We need to get our festivals going. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's – now I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm positive that's how it's going to go. I, I yeah, think you've got to get right. a lot of different bands together, and, uh, and I feel like metal – has more of a, a profile because of the festivals that keep coming up. And like we we're saying, we keep seeing more of them. And I wish there was more in Chicago. We, we have small ones, but we don't have like a big one, like, you know, MDF or something like that. We have a little uh, one, like the doom, doom. We have lots thing. of little ones. Yeah. Yeah. But I want a big one, you know? <laughs> well, unfortunately, well, Will's maybe. not here. <laughs> Sound bite. Yeah. So, um, well, speaking of the world's problems, nice job, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I wanted you talking about like Satan and some of the, uh, old, uh, you know, uh, British new wave of heavy metal bands reminded me of, of a conversation today. Barb and I were in the car and, uh, somehow I managed to have a uh, boneyard on and, uh, Metallica's am I evil came on and, uh, she, she was like, am I evil? you know, like question mark. And I was like, yes, I fucking am. And, uh, and then the song's playing and then he gets to that part. Yes, I fucking am. And she's like, huh? She's like, the lyrics, uh, in this song are really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, Metallica technically didn't write these. This was diamond head. And, yeah. uh, you know, diamond head has a career because of Metallica and, uh, yeah. Anything on the first album that's Metallica, it's cool, but it, yeah, the lyrics are kind of shit until Cliff came along and kicked him in the ass. Um, yeah, I listened to Garage Days the other day, just by well, not by accident, I put on my swim pod, <laughs> and um, it was um, it was fun to hear that the song, those songs again. Uh-huh. I hadn't heard the Garage Days one, the old, the original mm. one. The yeah, that, yeah. she should uh, Barb should check out some White Snake lyrics. <laughs> oh no, she gets those plenty. <laughs> We're in the car, and I'll be like, "Sure about David Coverdale?" And he funny. does say this more often than not, which is he doesn't know where he's going, but he sure knows where he's at. Yeah, well, and, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten the, uh, the, the look after going slide it in. <laughs> well, I'm sure the bands she listens to or musicians she listens to probably don't have great lyrics. There's not, if you think about it, how many bands have amazing lyrics? Ron yeah. James Dio and nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was right. like, she was like, you could write better lyrics than this. I could write better lyrics than this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I know. I mean, it's, you know, it's. Dude, I was listening to, okay, I listened to the Joe Barassi thing again, and I am going to throw Dio out as one of the greatest lyricists of all time again. Sure. Because how, how good is this lyric? Don't smell the flowers. They're an evil drug to make you lose your mind. I know, right? That's that, <laughs> that record is just so, fuck. 
Did you see the Dio documentary? Nope. Uh, I know. I'll have to wait for a video. Is this me and Matt mm-hmm. who saw it? Yeah. I don't go out in public. Really what are you talking about? <laughs> it's my understanding. I, I, uh, I know someone that was in that. Apparently. Is that, right? your, Is that true? Your boy? Yeah. Apparently, Which Gene one? Kirkland was in it for a minute. Nice. Well, um, talk about it a little bit. No, it's just a guy I told you uh, he's married to my friend. He's a photographer. Uh, I didn't yeah. know that name, but maybe it's just because you've said it, but I see like a well-known photographer. He's, yeah. he's got a lot of stuff. His his biggest names that he worked with were Steven Tyler and, and Slash. Um, and Ozzy. Ozzy, the live, um, live and Loud. Uh-huh. Do you ever see the vinyl to that? Or if, you, sure. if you open it up, there's that picture of Ozzy with his arms outstretched like this. And like he's blue and the background's red or vice versa. I can't remember. And that's his picture. And I asked him about it and he's like, no, dude, I actually got the actual lighting to that. I didn't touch anything up. I was like, Oh my God, that picture's awesome. So, and he, he befriended, I've mentioned this a number of times on here. He, he, Dio was the first guy who actually befriended him, who was nice to him and they became friends. Not a surprise. Yeah. Uh, You do hear that so much about him. You know, I have to say this because this kind of swings back around to the legacy thing. And I'm not saying there's not some amazing musicians out there. There are, and there always will be, and there'll always be. But I don't know that we're ever going to get a class of singers like we got. Like, I'm serious, dude. Like, there, nobody has come along that's, that has been as good as Dio, Halford, Dickinson. There's some good singers. I'm not saying they're not really good, competent, and even maybe technically better singers in a lot of areas. But I don't know that... There's not, it's hard to find people put in a group. That much character. That much, that's a great way to put it. And I think that's a big part. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I like Andy Koontz from uh, Bandit Falls a lot. But even then, I don't think he, he, he sits at that high, you know, fucking company. No, and he knows who he is. That's <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> unfor- well, he actually, Ray Alder's really good. Yeah. He is, he is, but still not, you yeah. know. Um, I mean, Mike from Opeth, his clean yeah. vocals are good, but I think there's no emphasis on clean vocals anymore. That's true. That's but also I, I left out, by the way, I left out Ian Gillen and Robert Plant. I have not, has anyone heard him on any of his stuff that he does with Alison Krauss? It's all about the speed of going to California. Okay. So he's not really stretching himself out. Anymore. No, not by a long shot. I don't even. And know. I've only heard some of it, but no, he he sticks somewhere around what you might call his it mid-range baritone part of his. Yeah. Huh. I mean, there's some really good singers in metal, but you know, they just they're never going to reach that status. Like I mm-hmm. like Kardashev album. The the singer on that that guy's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, um, you know, I'm glad you grabbed something so not random because that's clearly something you like. But like, like another one was um, what the fuck was in that record? This is a uh, goat, uh, King Goat. That fucking guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are they ever going to put out another album? I hope. Uh, they don't post much anymore. Yeah. You know You know who else is a singer that fucking rips is Devin Townsend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking He's gotten so much better than when he first started. I agree. Yeah. I, I, you may not, people, I, George, I talk about this sometimes. You may not like his direction he's going because a lot of his stuff is very happy now. It is. Um, I don't get, well, well, I mean, I think it's just a place he is in his life. He's content with himself, but his vocals are even better now than they've ever been. Yeah. You know, so he's, I don't know. He's got a new album coming out pretty soon. I'm going to push something that John and I constantly seem to be pushing on you guys. And it's not that you haven't 
heard it, but in honor of the forthcoming um, vinyl of a beast over Hammersmith, I listened to that again recently. And I, I cannot say enough how good Bruce sounds singing the killers stuff uh-huh. and the Paul Diano stuff, especially, but I mean, killers like um, the song killers murders in the room or I'll have to go look at it and see what else is on there. Cause it's not, Oh, another life is on there. He, it's amazing. That's one of kind of fucking records. And his voice is not the voice you know on Power Slave. Not even. No, it's the number of. Not even voice. close. Yeah. Um, really, if you haven't heard it, I know we go on and on about it, but you have to listen just to hear them play "Run to the Hills" to hear him mm-hmm. talking about the song before they play it. Literally, they introduce it and nobody claps because nobody because knows no it. one knows what it is, and it's really funny to 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 hear that. Yeah, didn't you put it in the box? I, I know I've listened. Yeah, to it might have been. been. I think yeah, so. it was. I ordered it on vinyl though. Yeah, oh, I ordered God. it because oh, you guys talk about it so much. Well, I mean, well, I've listened to it, but I really want to play it on vinyl and really you sink can into it. All the videos are out there. It's funny; they look like those. Uh, Jay and George, do you remember the old MTV live, quote unquote? I'm now saying live videos, which was just them. Like at sound check, they would record a video yeah. and they'd have like the crew up front, like going woo with their hands yeah. up. They catch them on the camera, and that's all it was. They would play it like it was a live show and they were doing a sound check and then they pass it off as a live video. Yeah. That, well, that this is Beast Over Hammersmith looks like that sometimes because you, they never really show the crowd, but it's actually yeah. the show. Um, and they cut, they kill the crowd sound in there. It's just sounds so, it's raw for them. Damn. It's raw. It's, it just sounds it's, so good. It's poorly filmed, and that's why they didn't put it out. And the, you can't actually find it complete. Somebody stitched it together, and I want to say it's more than what's on the um, early years mm-hmm. DVD. But in fact, quite a bit more. But they stitched it together in time, and then there's a couple where they just have stills. Well, just one or two or three songs, maybe four songs. I know we are always talking about that record. I'm telling you, man, this is time <laughs> Just, just go, go listen to the prisoner off of that. That alone will sell the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get it on vinyl. Yeah, yeah, I should probably get that too, even though I don't really get stuff. Yeah, but that, I mean, come on. No, I mean, I've got That's all the, holy the maiden. Grail, dude, I've got like, I, I when they when they reissued all the the maiden forty fives. Mm-hmm. I got most. Of I those. got, I got all of them. Yeah. So I've got like a stack of, you know, cause you get all the B sides and the cool shit on there and just the, just the artwork alone artwork. is worth it. You know? Yes. Yeah, it is. And so. it's not even the cover artwork, George. It's the back artwork, yeah. you know, what, with, with mm-hmm. cause the old 45s, they, they put just limited amounts of information on the back, but they have a whole nother set of artwork on the backside. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Really cool stuff. Yeah. So as a completist, I should probably get that. Yes. Well, I also have, a weird obsession with not a weird obsession, but I was convinced the Hammersmith Odeon was the center of the universe for a long time. <laughs> it was and in 1980 to 1982. <laughs> well, and there's two other very fine live records there. Three of my favorite live records of all time are Motorhead. Yeah. The Motorhead, um, the Beast of Hammersmith, and I wonder if you can guess the other one. Sahara. Huh? Is it Sabbath? Yeah. Eagles Landed was recorded. Yeah. There. Eagles Landed. Yeah. I love that fucking record, dude. I wish I lived in London and was 17 in 1980, whatever those were. Fuck, that would have been awesome. You know, I feel like Rush recorded a live album there too. Huh. There's also the Sabbath thing with Dio. That yeah. a Hammersmith That's thing. Is that live at last? Is that 83, 84? Yeah, it was that one. 
You just they made released it. it. Um, you got it, John. Um, God damn it. It's um, it, it was the extra to the um, Heaven and Hell, I think it was, um, re-release that just came out. Right. And then you have it. It's not, that shit's a Hammersmith show you have. Uh, All right. So, yeah, Rush also recorded live at the Hammersmith Odeon, February 20th, 1978. Uh, it's like one of my favorite Rush live albums. It's not as good as the new one that just came out, which is like the greatest album ever released in mankind. Do you guys, but, do you guys have those Dio live vinyls or at least the live albums that I sent you when I was at Rock of Ages? I sent those pictures of the, the 3D cover Dio stuff because I was like, oh, my God, I should really get this because I don't have this. But it's like forty five dollars. And it's just for one. And there was like two of them. I'm like $90 for two Dio live albums that I know nothing about. Yeah. I have all those, but they have the, but they have the shiny. Remember back in the seventies, eighties, they had the things where if you, you moved it, it, it was yeah, like 3d. Hologram, like yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yep, what they were. Them. I was like, Oh, yeah, the, well, they, his, all his albums are like that. They re-released them and you can get all the albums that way. Oh. That's how I have most of them. Okay. I would be careful buying those because Wendy's going to release all the hologram live albums. So you'll turn it and his little hologram will come up and you could watch him singing while you're listening to the album. Yeah. Seriously? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, because you know, uh, I'm just, I'm just slinging shit around. (laughs) Well, who was it? It was, it was Jack White that had, he put out yeah. an album mm-hmm. that when you played it, it like did shit because of stuff. Rush. Um, I have a 2112. 2112. Does maybe it was, so, maybe yeah. it was Rush. Okay. But I think, yeah. Yeah. Is it, it's, it's just the pentagram on the cover, but it's cool. Yeah. And it works. It really, you can film it too. I can capture it. Yeah. Awesome. See, they, they should have did the naked dude off the album. That would have been funny. Just have him going around like, ah, like this around the whole time. <laughs> when I was at rock of ages, they had a really cool 2112 shirt, but it was like a small. <laughs> I was like, damn it. Now those deal. The deal ones you were showing us were fairly recent releases, George. That's the Donington stuff. Yeah, it was it was like in the yeah. new releases section. And they also last year they released was a Holy Diver live and they were later era things. They were like I want to say ones in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have some of the earlier ones that they did. He has something from Donington. Yeah, dude. And that's oh, like a good year awesome. too. That's what I want to say. Who is he it's with? Either, um, last in line. No, it might even be Holy Diver Tour. Hmm. No, I'll, it might be. I don't know. I'll look it up. I've, I've got. It's like right during Dio's heyday, and I think Vivian Campbell was still with him. Aren't those See, usually like? A, this um, says Donington '83, so that would have been last in line, or not last in line, but holy. No, I've been the first album. Yeah. That's what I meant. Every Donington show I see, whether it be like Maiden or ACDC, like the smallest crowd is like seventy-five thousand. I think the one Maiden show was like 125,000 people, wasn't it? Supposedly the one where uh, Adrian Smith came out, they released that live album, live at Donington. Uh-huh. He came out for the encore. Second Dude, one. A- sorry to interrupt. Uh-huh. The, the, the second Donington is 87, so that would have been Sacred Heart. Uh-huh. Yeah. That might even be later than that. That might be Dream Evil. Oh, yeah, maybe. Wow. But still, those are great era's deal was at the top of his i haven't heard the shows yet but i'm definitely gonna get them one way or another nice and that would be when he sounded amazing you know so just just to throw back to what we were talking about song lyrics and stuff you said you're gonna get them one way or another and i'm and i'm like gonna get you one way or another <laughs> <I'm gonna get laughs> you. fucking blondie you know mm-hmm. so that's it just happens 
Yeah. Yep. Anyway. So we got a lot more out of that uh, round table than we thought. We did. Well, you know, put us in front of a microphone and shit's going to happen. So. <laughs> All right. Well, well do I we got to go get beer. Yeah. Well, we have to do another beer check. So I'm, yeah, same for me. I got another yeah. beer. So. See, I was smart. I did mine ahead of time. I might need a snack, too. Well, do you want to do a check or do you want to do a quick break and then... Uh... I, gotta, yeah, I don't do have five. a beer, so I can't do a check. All right, let's do it. You are listening to the Middleheads podcast. And if you don't listen, then the hell with you. So, dude, it's top of the ninth and the Astros are ahead by five. And by the way, just so you know, I fucking hate the Astros, but I understand your hate for the Yankees. Well, yeah, well, no. It... It's going to be Astros-Phillies, dude. I don't think the Padres can beat the Phillies. Yeah. And I think if anybody can beat the Astros, it's the Phillies. So, well, yeah. my good World Series this year. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the Astros. I, I liked them until I found out they were cheaters. Uh, you know, I, 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 that, to be fair, but I rooted, the, I rooted for them because I, you know, but uh, yeah, not a fan. But if they're going to beat the Yankees, I'll get, I'll let, I'll, I'll, I'll root for them to beat the Yankees, and then whoever wins the National League, I don't care. If, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pro Phillies, but It'll if. Be used. But I if, mean, it'll be uh, it'll be the Phillies. Well, yeah, they're I think they're so. scoring a hundred runs already in that Phillies uh, Padres game. It's already four three in the bottom of the first. Holy so, shit! Um, I'm rooting for Houston for one reason and one reason only, and that is I want the Yankees to flame out really hard, so that Judge says maybe I will take that nine hundred million dollars from the Giants and he'll come back home to the Bay Area where he is belongs. That a true? Is that a true rumor? I didn't know. If that yes, was true. it's a legitimate rumor that. That whether they get him or not is not who knows, but he's from the Bay Area. The team he grew up following were the Giants. He's talked about it before, and I'm like, hey, brother, we got we got tons of money because we're not paying anyone shit right now. That's the reason why we only won 81 games. Come on, my friend. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that, get back to the postseason faster in New York. But I hear you. That's the um, only thing I like about the Yankees is Aaron Judge. I think he's a decent dude, um, mm-hmm. but you know, fuck the Yankees. You know, the Yankees have won one World Series, one, since 2001. Or since 2000. Can you believe that? One. Huh. I can believe it, but they've won 27 total. No, no, that's the point I'm making. <laughs> this is one of the longest stretches they've gone where they've only won one. You know, that, that team in the late 90s to 2000, I mean, there's – you cannot even come. No one could ever argue that that's not one of the greatest teams, at least in modern. Was that like Jeter, A Rod, bullshit? Yeah. All them. Uh, it's just the whole. No, A Rod wasn't there yet, was he? That's good because he was, was two thousand nine when they won, wasn't he, Jay? I'll look up the, the year, but I don't think him and Jeter crossed. No, no, I think he was part of that team that played the Phillies twice. Remember the Phillies played them. Yeah. Uh, or the Phillies won one, then the Phillies played him next year, I think, and lost, if I'm not mistaken. I can't yeah. remember, but I'm pretty sure. No, that was the Mariano Rivera team uh, with uh, Jeter. That's the one. I, I don't know if anyone remembers. That's the one where Jeter, apparently, they say he made that great play against Oakland when he leaped over the tag at home plate. He was fucking out. He got tagged on that play, and they didn't call it. Kelsey. They didn't reverse the call on that. Tight end. Pissed me off. He was out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not an A's fan, but I'll take the A's any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> well, plus I would root for you know hometown. You know, at that point, it was not going to be the Giants. Did you see the cheap, John? If you really want them, you probably have them. <laughs> did you see that check swing uh, debacle the other day? Uh, was it yesterday? With the Padres, I think it was the Padres. Uh, 
Phillies Padres game. Yeah, and they were out of calls or something. Um, but he, late, 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 it, it was like it was ninth inning. It was the first out. They had uh, like profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we looked at that, and I was like, I don't know, man. That that was like borderline. It's like he may have crossed the plate. I don't know. It was pretty close, but I probably would have erred on the side of calling it a check. But, I don't know. I'm still when you bring up check swings, I'm still stewing from the Dodgers beating the Giants last year's playoffs on a check swing strikeout call that wasn't he didn't even get close to the plate. I'm still stewing over that a year later. Shit, it's four three Padres. What? I thought it was four mm-hmm. three Phillies. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, Padres. Padres are a stacked team. I just don't know if they have the the overall full well, pitching I, staff to yeah, compete. Yeah, That's I mean, the problem. I, I, I like them because they got Juan Soto. Um, mm. I don't like them because they have Man, uh, Manny Machado, but um, he's matured now. Finally, yeah, whatever. He really has. I'm thinking he has, dude. I don't know, dude. All right. Well, either way, it's not enough to make me not like the Padres. If it was Padres mm-hmm. Astros, I'd be like Padres all the way. That was. I might like, be cutting them some slack because they have our manager from Bob mm. Melvin is there. That and would I be like, like Bob Melvin a lot. That would be like the worst thing for Major League Baseball, and I would applaud it because I would love to see that because that's what's great about baseball is you can get these towns that are not superstar ratings towns for television, and their fans deserve it. Like Seattle versus Tampa Bay. No one would watch. I'd be so happy. I can't stand Seattle teams. It's just me. I I really wanted to see the Mariners. But I would love to see that, though. Yeah. Because they deserve – those teams deserve a chance, too. Minus yeah. the Seahawks. No. I draw oh, the line the way, somewhere. <laughs> to that end, though, Jesus, dude, the Philly fans are fucking loud, man. Yeah. God, that, too, that is and, a sports and, crazy town. And I'm rooting for them despite Bryce Harper. So. I don't mind Bryce Harper, but I hear you. And John, you probably. Well, that, it's uh, not that he's a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's just a douche because he left us. <laughs> then he strung the Giants along. Yeah, but you know, I, I thought, that. but we did get him. It's like the year after he left, we won the World Series. So fuck you. Yeah, and who's and that's it? One last thing before we get going again, George. Of all those players, that whole like core just disintegrated. Yeah, because Strasburg at some point he's getting close to retirement, which is hard to believe he's been around that long. But he's had such all the arm pro. Problem. I didn't even know he was still with us. I know he's been hurt for so long. Rendon hasn't done squat since he went to the angels. Yeah. He hasn't compared to what he did for the sure. nationals. Um, Mr. Washington, Mr. National retired. Yeah. You know? and, and that dude is a class act. He, well, 100% agree. I'm not you know, a match fan, but he's 100% class that guy. Before we switch to, and we do need to switch. So we don't keep torturing these guys with baseball, but. Oh, this is um, all getting cut out. Well, well, <laughs> We're not making anyone listen to this. <laughs> um, Will did chime in on it, and I want to resell the uh, um, Nolan Ryan yeah. back to you. He's a fucking beast, dude. Yeah. A hell of a chill dude. I loved please, him growing up. Please tell me they showed the, the Will Clark clip with him. Has anyone seen the Will Clark clip with Nolan Ryan? I don't know. Uh, remind me what happens. because So Will Clark makes his first ever appearance for the Giants in the major leagues. And it's against Houston in Houston. I believe I could be wrong. It was a one-one pitch. He he came, I guess, with something, and Clark just fucking jacked him as a rookie. First at bat in the major leagues, and he rounds first base, 
And I guess he had family in the uh, audience because he's from Louisiana. And he, uh, if anyone remembers Will Clark, the dude was just intensity times a thousand. And he like slapped his hands real hard. And he pointed up at the crowd, made this like type face. His next at bat, he got fucking drilled. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I heard him talking about it. He's like, yeah, then I got up to the next at bat. It was like, I'm standing, I'm thinking, I'm getting drilled. <laughs> no, you know what? I think that is a nice job. Yeah, and he was laughing. He was like, yeah. I, he said, Nolan, thought, he thought he was going to get one by me. I took him, and he drilled me the next time up. You don't want to get hit by Nolan Ryan, man. See, he was he was one of the last guys who would do stuff like that. So Supposedly, uh, he was throwing, because they say that if they had the technology of today and accounted for the technology of the past, supposedly his fastball is 108 miles an hour. Damn. 108, dude. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. The only guy probably closest to him, the Chapman at one point, I think, threw, what, a 103 or something? Yeah. Didn't he? When he was with the Reds? All right. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Baseball. Wow, what are we talking about baseball? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the news, shall we? So uh, the first news item is that uh, Rivers of Nile has parted ways with their vocalist. Does anybody know anything about why this happened? I don't believe anybody does, but uh, what the fuck? No. So I just saw them. Uh, they toured with the contortionists. I, I, I'm a big fan of the contortionists, and I like Rivers of Nile, obviously, too. Uh, but it was this kind of cool tour where both bands were playing full-length albums. The contortionists played two full-length albums. And Rivers and Al played all the work. So it's like, this could be fucking awesome for me. I, I was loving it. And then I heard somewhere that guys were missing from both bands during the tour. So one guitarist was not with the contortionist and the lead singer wasn't with Rivers and Nile. So the rest of the band picked up the slack and sang. Huh. And so I was at the show and I was thinking, wow, this is kind of strange because I, I've always heard he has had a great stage presence. So... I thought something was up because I thought he would be back at some point, but he didn't come back. Apparently they were doing all instrumental versions of the work for a while. And then they start working in the vocals, I think is what huh. I heard. So apparently he has uh, serious hearing issues. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been going on for a while, Yeah, but I don't know. If that's the reason why. Um, and the drummer and the bassist have been singing more with them with each successive album. So I don't know if this was a natural transition that he couldn't do it anymore. So they were going to pick it up. I don't know. So it may be an amicable kind of thing as opposed to a fuck you guys kind of thing. No, I think maybe there's something that is preventing him from being out there. Okay. So listen to this and this will tell the tale a little bit because I think it's close to what John is suggesting. But first and foremost, it says we've parted ways with him, which to me seems like a very specific way of saying things. But then they say, we ask our friends and fans to allow him the space to handle his affairs with dignity, dignity and privacy. Yep. So perhaps it was something like that, John, like a physical challenge, and, you know, and he just couldn't do it anymore. But it's weird that they wouldn't mention that, though, because they've talked about it before, that he's mostly deaf. Oh, is that right? They have talked about it? He actually wears yeah. uh, hearing aids, I think, on stage when he was singing, yeah. not just it in-ear was... monitors. I think he actually had to wear them. Yeah. Am I, if, I'm not you know what, if you're mostly deaf, you don't want to be in a metal band. 
Yeah, maybe they're they're completely. He said he could he could hear things on the low end of the frequency spectrum, but mm-hmm. any high pitched sounds like just go right out. You can't hear them. So yeah. is it I possible? That. Is it possible the band had to intervene? Maybe. And say, hey, man, it's not fucking worth it. It's not in your yeah. best interest to continue. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know. It's, just spe- it's all speculation on my part saying that. Yeah. So. That's what I, I wonder, too. But it was like, this was never a thing before any other albums. And so I don't know if it's just progressively gotten worse up until this point. But um, I mean, yeah. I, I met him in person and none of that really came across to me in our interactions mm-hmm. so, or anything. So when so you met I, him, I mean, I'm not a loud talker. So was he cool? Everyone yeah, I've talked to that's met cool. him said he couldn't be any nicer when they met yeah, him. Oh, yeah, he couldn't. Yeah, he was very cool. Uh, I was saying it's just weird, though, because we know people know he has that condition. Mm-hmm. Right. So for them to announce it, you'd think that they would do it together and be like, you know, he just can't yep. perform because of that. So that's why I feel like maybe it's something else. I have four right. letters for you. A, C, I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, they hand, I'll tell you what. That, they were like, Brian handled. Johnson can't hear. Bye. Yeah, it, this was handled a little softer than yeah. the ACDC one. Yeah, now he's back. Yeah, now he's <laughs> back. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you meet him at? Uh, show? They played, uh, gosh, it was them and uh, d- 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 I can't think of the, the Zenith Passage d- and somebody else. It was like a local show, or not a local show, but it was here maybe 2017. It would have been right after, um, <clears throat> it would have been pre. Pre Owls, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Uh, I can't think. Uh, Monarchy, I think, was their second album. Yeah, because Alice came out in 2018. Yeah. Yeah, who? 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 Nice. Alice, that's who. <laughs> it's a strange story, and I, I hope that if it's because of his hearing that, you know, he's not permanent. It's not worse than it, it mm-hmm. could yeah. be. You know? so. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, he'll probably make a statement at some point. I, I would think so. Anything. Yeah. Absolutely. So the strange so. thing is he's been off the tour. He was off the tour for a while. Missed a lot of shows and nothing was said. I mean, I, I kept looking I, through both bands, all their social media to see anything. Mm-hmm. And it was all from fans commenting deep, you know, mm-hmm. drilling down through the posts and stuff to hear it. I, I, I remember you saying you were going to that show, John. And then after the fact, I did, I mean, I didn't think anything of it. And then you're like, oh yeah, I saw him without him. I was like, oh shit. I didn't, I did not realize it actually went yeah. back that far. I mean, yeah. it could be that he has that condition and, and it's affected him mentally. Who knows? Like maybe he's yeah. suffering because he can't hear and he, maybe he's like doing something mm-hmm. that uh, that hurts the band and they don't want to talk about that part of it. You know, Because yeah. yeah. that's tough to be able to try to be in a metal band and, and do that without being able to hear really well. Did you see that movie? Yeah. No, was it good? Yeah, it was, it was pretty sound good. Sound of metal. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. About, really the, about the drummer that uh, loses his hearing and yeah, I mean, it, yeah, he's, he's good. Um, yeah. it, it, it's a rough movie. It doesn't like have a happy ending or anything. But, no, uh, sad. Dude, I always remember great. it because uh, uh, NPR like covered it and talked about the movie. And in that same episode, they actually talked about by the horn soundtrack in my book. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's like, this is the, the greatest thing ever. They're doing a, a movie about metal and they're doing my, Awesome. Stuff. Next, they'll be doing a movie about your comic. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> that actor is in a, a series I highly recommend called The Night Of. That was on HBO. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that's oh, really yeah. good. Yeah, that's where I know him. I was so tense the whole time through that yeah. series. I just watched um, Venom. The movie Venom. I had never seen the Uh, first one and the second one. You know, I heard a lot of mixed things about those movies. I've never been a big fan of that character, but I actually really liked the movies. 
Okay. Tom Hardy's in it. They're kind of quirky, weird, fun movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need and to that see guy those. plays the bad guy in it. And uh, I, I really enjoyed them. I, I, I was kind of put off because people had these mixed reactions or didn't like them. And normally I don't pay attention to that, but because I'm not a huge fan of the character, I was like, ah, I can wait. But the my brother got savaged. Huh. What's that? The second one got savaged in the press, but I didn't mm. see either. But I'll, I'll check. But the audience, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, the audience scores like in the 80s. And mm-hmm. I think that's accurate in that case, because I actually really thought they were fun movies, especially mm-hmm. the second one where they lean into the humor more than they do in the okay. first one. Mm-hmm. I believe actually, I have a recommendation for you, Marcus, and it's something mm-hmm. I think you would all like if you haven't seen it. It kind of came out under the radar, I think, during pandemic times. And it's called Love and Monsters. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really good. I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. Such a mm-hmm. fucking good movie. I yeah. God, this shit's awesome. But it strikes me as um not too far off of your comic mm-hmm. books, you know, um, mm-hmm. lines and things. It's on or my list to watch. Awesome. I just haven't gotten to it because, as you know, it's, it's like a billion. Super things. entertaining and very funny and charming. Mm-hmm. And great special. Th- I fucking love it. It's a, it's a complete package, and I just actually watched it for the second time and was reminded about how oh, good. Wow. Yeah, put it on your list. Nice. All right, it's on. Yeah, I, I'll I, move it up. I'm so far behind. I just saw Spider-Man: No Way Home, so that's oh, where I am in the Marvel there. universe. Did you like it though? Oh uh, yeah, I thought it was freaking great know. seeing all three Peter Parkers. Spoiler yeah, alert! It was a good movie. You know, for a movie that came out <laughs> 12 years ago. Spoiler alert! But uh, yeah, I just saw it. I mean, I knew that was going to happen because you know, spoiler yeah, alerts. But uh, I was just like, that's fucking cool. And like bringing back all the characters, you know, Doc Ock and fucking Green Goblin. And, yeah, and then just find out that on a charge. Toby Maguire is both their dads. Yeah, I know. I was <laughs> like, damn, like he's old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty Hey, we cool. didn't do beer check. Oh, let's do it. All right. I'm drinking because you inspired me because you had a, a Belgian mat. Uh, mm. I'm drinking uh, coconut quad core, a Belgian style quad with coconut. What? Text me. Yeah. Um, so the cap and I, like I said, we did the meat uh-huh. and metal and we went around um, uh, different breweries and went to this place called Low Res Brewery. Mm-hmm. And they specialize in Belgians. Uh. And they had like an herb one with like Thai basil in it. They had this. In their quads? They do quads, like no, triples. But they put that stuff in their quads? Yeah. Uh. It's really good. <laughs> I know it sounded weird to me too, I'm glad, and I'm, but the I'm, coconut is not prominent in it. It just gives okay. it a little extra I, flavor in it. It's Quad really is good, one of my favorite styles of all beers. And there's enough going on in those things that you don't need to add anymore, but I'm glad you like it. I would tell you, you need to try it though, John, okay. because. Oh, it, I would. It's like a quad. I love quad. It has that, like a, a wind. A hisper. Oh, what am I just, I just combined words. A whisper of coconut in it. And it's nice. It actually kind of see rounds it out really well. The, For the, me, I, I wouldn't want the coconut the to, to come in with the hisper. And I wouldn't <laughs> want it coming in. It just slightly taking away from the plum or the raisin that's in quads yeah, that it, I enjoy so much. It doesn't because you get that raisin and plum in the beginning and that, that Belgian okay. flavor, that quad you like, and then you get a little, a little bit of that. Hisper. Okay. All right. It's, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. It's real good. I won't, I won't shut the door just yet. Speaking of but coconut. Res, you guys, if you ever come out here to Chicago, um, yeah, man. like one of my favorite new breweries, cause I love Belgians and they have well, almost my all favorite, their stuff is Belgians. Belgians are my favorite period. 
Not even close. Nothing comes close. But you so. got to come and go to this place, man. It's freaking great. Yeah. More people should drink Belgian beer and they don't. Yeah. So that's because they're growing long beards and have little buns and <laughs> fucking <laughs> drink. Well, just and to have a place that specializes in it, you know, here in Chicago, I, that was shocking to me. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a few places around the U.S. Mm-hmm. So I've got one near me. It's bikeable. So it's dangerous. Or you could just, <laughs> you know, Uber. Yeah, dangerous, but worth the risk, right? Oh, I'm drinking yeah. fast. Or you said borderline earlier, and I thought of the Madonna song. So oh, no shit, that again. All right. How strong is this fucking thing? All right. Strong. Um, strong don't fall out of your chair, man. You in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what are you drinking? John, you inspired me by drinking, uh, you yourself drinking a staple IPA uh, in the form of lunch. I went with. Oh, yeah. Ghost in the Machine. Another staple IPA. Parish Brewing. Machine. Yep. It's good. Beer. Said. Mm-hmm. I got that one. Uh, what's the, the. I haven't used that app in a while. Tavor. Mm hmm. I didn't like that beer that much. I don't know what it was. I had it twice. I'm like, I heard so many good things. I just didn't like it that much. I'm, truth, I'm not sure. Truth what be it told, Marcuson, uh, Jen and I both agree that it's hazier than it used to be. Okay. And so the flavor profiles changed somewhat on the beer. Yeah, I th- I expected it was, to have more of a rich flavor to it, and it, yeah, it didn't. It's it has changed, unfortunately. Okay. I never so, had the original ones. So I can't compare. Yeah. We had them at this event called Saver that they used to have in DC. And mm-hmm. usually you, you go and you're getting sample pours. Now at Decibel, when we do that, hint, hint, that'll be coming up at some point. Yeah, um, you know, they'll just keep pouring, but you got to mm-hmm. get your drink, go to the line and come back. You know, don't be a dick and ask for another one standing there, which people seem to do. Anyway, <laughs> Jen was able at Saver, and this was at a real nice place in DC. And it's, when they did this, um, the guy just kept pouring for her. And I just said, hey, man, just you stay up there and you do what you got to do to keep getting more beers. <laughs> and she's like, and she's not like that at all. And she's like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm going to stay here. I'm like, you can park it. Just keep passing them back to me so I don't have to stand in line. So anyway. Fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Right, so my turn. I don't know how to, I don't know what the pronunciation of this is because both the name of the brewery and the beer I don't know. Anyway, it looks like it says it's uh, Jobridge, Jobridge, J-A-R-B-I-D-G-E. If anyone knows how to pronounce it better than me, go at it. Uh, of course, Jay leaves. I wanted to tell him this. Anyway, the brewery is called Imbib, I-M-B-I-B. They're from uh, Reno, Sparks, Nevada. I was just there a month and a half ago. And I was uh, told that I should stop at the brewery and check it out. And I did. And their beers are outstanding. What were you doing in Nevada? Driving across country. Um, Where? You came to California, you're dead, man. I did. I was only there for two days. Literally, I flew in and was gone in a day and a half. I. Uh, it's a really long story. Forgive <laughs> Matt stalked me uh, a part of the way across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, Jay, I was saying, if you're in the Reno Sparks area, Imbib, I-M-B-I-B, the brewery. Okay. Really I wonder good if, they, stuff. if it's called imbibe without the E or do, do they really call it imbib? I don't know. I, I'm saying I don't know how to pronounce it because I it's just uh, I don't know if it's an acronym. I M B I B. Well, imbibe, or, you know, means to drink. So that's why I'm saying maybe it's imbibe. Yeah. OK, yeah, could be. But usually as an E, you know, on that right. word, that's why. That's why they I was saying done a different one. So like yeah, a line over it or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck that well, E. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, there's no E on it, that's for sure. But then again, you know, it just, you imbib. Imbib. Imbib this beer. Anyway, it's a barrel aged uh, dark ale. And I believe this one has rye in it. So, you know, that's the boner factor. The Batman boner alert uh, gif. Boing. Know. Fuck yeah. Put a little rye in a dark ale. Oh, you down. mean the bat nipples? They get hard. No, that's the prog nipples. <laughs> Leathery Sorry, lips. Shut. Come on. And George knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. We're sitting there waiting for the concert to start. And before the show can start, we got to talk about prog nipples. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody didn't take the riddle in that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that beer anyway, sounds yummy. It, it's dark ales are great, but add a little bourbon and ride it and let's party. <laughs> Jay, go to Reno and check out some of those breweries up there. They got a lot of good stuff. You know, I haven't been to Reno in a long time, so Dude, I've been it's up so built. Long. It's so built up now. It's unreal. I don't recognize it anymore. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Is it Reno? Is it on which? I went to the one in. I went to the one in Sparks. Okay. So, All right. Cool. Yeah. It's a tiny yeah, little I, I, place. I'm overdue for a trip up. Yeah. So. Well overdue. Right. All right. Jay's not. Jay's playing his guitar. So uh, it's after he, five, uh, man. Come on. Uh, he ain't in bibbin like, now. It's the. Uh... <laughs> This expensive fucking coffee to drink. It's so good. It's called Blue Bottle. Mm-hmm. And it's, it comes in like little six ounce cans. It's this uh, iced coffee and it's like five bucks. Oh, yeah. I buy them. I buy I have, 20 of them at a time. I actually have bogs. Uh, why do I keep mispronouncing things? Bags of Blue Bottle coffee here. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think I got them. I don't remember where I got it from. Whole Foods, maybe? I don't know. I'm not drinking anything new. I've got the the Rogue Newport Nights still, but um, uh, the the whole coconut thing in the beer earlier reminded me that uh, earlier this evening I had a uh, a uh, Cigar City Good Gourd Imperial mm-hmm. Pumpkin Ale. Mm. Uh, they have one of the better ones. I'm not a fan of pumpkin beers, but theirs is one of the better ones. Yeah, and uh, and Barb and I agreed that the, it, it, it's probably the vanilla or something, but it was slightly coconutty. Um, but mm-hmm. regardless, it was a, you know, it was a good beer. And all these beers with coconut and pumpkin and all this shit. That's the stuff. That's the stuff that TR loves, by the way, he says hello to everyone tonight. So if, if anyone wants to, I know Matt stalks him all the time. I do. Matt will tell you, he's always drinking these fucking jacked up stouts. And I'm like, well, you know, an oatmeal stout would be very nice right now. Yeah. Without like half of the fucking yeah. pastries on the planet in there. <laughs> but if it has a hisper, it's okay. A hisper. A hint whisper. <laughs> Hi, TR. We miss you. We love he, you, TR. He misses you guys. Marcus, at some point, that hisper is be- going to become a lisp for one of us. You know, so. And then it'll be a lisper at the end of the year. <laughs> it's a hisper. <laughs> nice. Yeah. A drum. I like it. I like it. All right. Let's talk about ZZ Top. Yeah, so uh, the sword has called it quits in case you hadn't heard that 12 times already on this episode. I I don't know why. I don't really care why because I stopped caring about them years ago uh, before they turned into ZZ Top. Well, apparently they've been on a hiatus, according to them. It's been a while, yeah. And then and they said, well, we've just decided to move on and work on other things in our lives. So whatever. So I guess they just kind of ran out of steam for the – for the project, but it ran out of steam before they did. <laughs> so, because I, I, 
the, what was that? What was it? Apocryphon or poly, poly? Yeah, that's the one you and I were yeah. talking about. That's the last the one last I thought was was yeah, good, but I think so Warp too. Riders is the last one I like a lot. Yeah, which is, third, which is the third album, and probably the best one in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First three are great, and that, that one yeah. that you mentioned, Jay's good, but you could hear the changes already taking place. Yeah, the wheels were coming off. Mm-hmm. Oh right, and then that High Country came out, and that's when I basically ended my relationship with the band. Well, then it yeah. was then yeah. they released low, one after that country. called Low Country, and I was like, yep. yeah. Oh, the acoustic version of it or something. Mm-hmm. So they opened. So when uh, went up and saw Opeth at uh, Radio City, which I never thought that would ever happen to see them there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's been to Radio City Music Hall. That walked is by like, it. it. Yeah. And when uh, George said, what's funny is you walk by you're like, oh, what, look at this building. Because in New York, every building looks like that. Right. Right. And then you get inside and you're like, this is the Mecca of venues in the United States. It's just, it is, yeah. you can't argue it. It's just absolutely incredible. And the sword opened and I wouldn't watch them because we had seen them open for Opeth on another show. And he was shimmying up there while playing guitar. One of the guys, I was like, what the fuck? I don't want to see someone shimmying up there while they're playing. Yeah. We saw and them so, at uh, Fillmore open for right. Opeth. He shimmied at that. That's right. And I was like, I'm no, I'm not doing it. I, I mean, some bands, they can alter their sound and try new things and it works for me and, you know, do whatever you want as a band that that's sure that's on you, but sometimes they do it and it doesn't work, you know? Um, but when a band they jettisons the power and the, and the song yeah. craft that commanded my attention in the first place, yeah. I just tend to move on, you know? Well, um, they became a completely different band. Yeah. Well, it's not even that I agree with you guys with that, but they took on like this, like, ZZ Top, Thin Lizzy, and I'm not a Thin Lizzy fan. I know I'm like the one of the three people in the world that doesn't like Thin Lizzy. But there's just certain bands. If you go there, I just I'm not going that way because there's only one band that does that. There's only one ZZ Top. Uh-huh. There really is. There's just only one. Thin, nobody else has ever sounded like them. So I just like. Eh. But, I mean, now, they put out four really good albums. You know, I really like yeah. Apocryphon too. So um, Warp Riders is my favorite. Yeah, as well. I mean, I, we, Will and I saw them at um, the fifth year anniversary at DC Brow. Uh-huh. They had a big uh, festival, and that was the, I think they were the headline. Jay, one of your bands was there. Some band from Sweden that you used to like. Oh, God. Uh, Kavalker Tech or whatever the name Kavalker is. Kavalker Tech. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tech. I think they still they, like, by the way. Yeah. I, which is true. Their, their new record didn't like so much. That was the dude, the singer. He doesn't wear a shirt, and he was all hairy and everything. Um, yeah. They, Matt Pike? Uh, <laughs> he looks a little bit like that. He does a little bit. Little. He's not in the band anymore, I don't think. Anyway, no. even though I didn't like any of the new stuff they were doing at that point, they still were awesome live. They're a great band live. It's just yeah. not my my style. No, they 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 left metal and is what they did. And honestly, maybe I who knows exactly exactly why they quit, but they probably did. They probably were just like, yeah, I don't want this. Yeah. I mean, because clearly they didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. They it still had followers. Is. There was a whole other group of people that came to them when they started doing that high uh, country shit. I know. I know. But they were not, they weren't, they weren't one of ours anymore. So. No. Oh, wow. Best of luck. And, they, and by the way, they shouldn't have been called the sword at that point. <laughs> it was more like the tractor or something. I mean, it was just yeah. the, the John Deere. <laughs> it's the pitchfork. <laughs> yeah, the pitchfork guy. We're the hose. <laughs> Wait, that's us. That's probably taken, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's us. Oh, well. Well, rest in peace, Sword. Yeah, exactly. Rest in peace. Yep. You will not be missed. Much. 
Oh, I asked anyway. Listen, I, I have those albums on vinyl. I'm still going to spin yeah. them. I do too. So, yeah, me yeah. too. Well, I mean, Winter's Wolves is still a badass yeah. song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So our next news item, a little uh, item called uh, the Decibel Metal and Beer Fest. Uh, Decibel has announced the first bands and breweries for 2023 in April. And uh, some of us have already bought tickets. Some of us need to get on it. Yeah, I begrudgingly bought because I'm not big on this lineup like you guys personally. I'm not either. I'm not super excited about this. So I'm just basically going to give everybody hand jobs. Well, yeah. And Jay. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 hold on. Sorry, cut that part out. I'm joking. The only <laughs> things I really care about joking. the initial announcement at all are, well, the incantation. I'll be glad to see them. And um, honestly, suicidal is the only other yeah. band I care about. Well, they had me at suicidal. Suicidal tendencies. I've never seen them. They're doing the first album plus the hits hits uh, yeah, which so is cool, which is which you know is cool. that works yeah. for me mm-hmm. um black dahlia murder it's particularly without trevor i'm like eh, whatever well let's see what they got i don't but care see, but I'm see now i might want to watch them because of that yeah, yeah just to see how they do see, yeah but know? but yeah. i hate god doing take is needed for pain i've never seen i hate god uh live i dig them i i really want to see that um incantation you know we've we've seen they're doing a, a the as, as said diabolical conquest not one of my favorites but oh i know <laughs> it's my favorite record actually actually I, I think i might be confusing it with uh this with, is with the first album that sucks so hard them celebrating the 25th anniversary of diabolical conquest by playing the whole record is is the highlight for me. It's my favorite death metal band playing my favorite album in their catalog. It wins the day for me. And would even be better if they got Daniel Corchado to come and perform the vocals because he did it on the album and mm-hmm. he only was on one record. Yeah. And um, they didn't end things well, I don't think. But it's been 30 years. Get over it. Five years. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. And he does the chasm, which we like. Mm-hmm. So he's been in music. So, yeah. he, you know, he, it's not like he's been out of metal. Uh, he could come and do it. So I, I hope maybe they invite him back to do it. That would be really great. Yeah. But I think the death metal lineup here is really great, too, because we got Frozen Soul, Undeath, Worm, Fuming Mouth, uh, Phobophilic, which was my album of the month mm-hmm. last month. So. Squala Grind. Yeah. I want to see that. I like a, I like a Squala Grind. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Worm just because everyone keeps calling them a swampy funeral doom band, but then you listen to the last album and the new song from this upcoming EP, and there's way more going on than swampy mm-hmm. funeral. There's like proggy guitar solos, and I'm like, wait a minute, I thought this band was supposed to be funeral doom. So they're <laughs> kind of interesting. I, I do want to see them. Yeah. I want to see Mismore. I'm not like a huge fan, I'm but to see that too. That, I think that'll just yeah. be interesting. It's, um, not a, it's not a dead lineup. It's just I, I will say this as far as just like in-person experience and I, and the incantation is very cool and, and it's cool that they've got some other names and stuff. But um, I will say suicidal puts on this fucking bombastic live performance. So you just saw them, right? Yeah. At, at, at psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Matt saw them. Oh. And I would say it was one of the best three to five sets of the weekend. When did you met? Yep. Agreed. He's an evangelist, man. That fucking guy. He, yeah. <laughs> Send me your money. He's like a motivational speaker. And I mean, and it just, they just, they just blew the place up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, I like to add Mismore too, because Mismore is different than some of this, because, you know, it's very death metal heavy, but, you know, obviously they got some other things going on. But um, Mismore, I was going to actually see them recently, but I was out of town when they performed here in Chicago. So, yeah. Um, George so. and I could have saw them when they played DC, but instead we went and saw Deep Purple. Yeah. I made Jay and Sergey watch. I was happy to see Deep Purple again for the first time in 20 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, it's good enough for me. You know, I just want to see my boys. So my boys better fucking yeah, yeah. show up so I can see them. Otherwise, I don't see my boys and I'm just sitting there drinking beer in a corner going, Where's my yeah, boys? I mean, We're going to keep selling you on Vegas. So it's time to switch allegiances, man. Think oh, about Vegas. Hey, I, well, I, who I, doesn't? Oh yeah, Vegas. Yeah, the pool. I want to do Vegas. Have a ticket for for uh, for this, Matt. Did you get one yet? I yet. I got to confirm my logistics with the family. But oh, okay. I'm, I'm leaving. Oh, I haven't got one yet either. So did they pull a Vakan and start selling the tickets for next year right after the last one? <laughs> That's what they did with Psycho Las Vegas. Wait, yeah. I'll say this again. Yeah. Both of our Psycho Las Vegas tickets already. <laughs> Well, probably it can't that do. much fucking fun and i think you know and they they're gonna have they'll they'll have at least seven bands we always but i'm not trying to crap on this no i'm probably not going to cycle las vegas because then the prog power is like two weeks later oh that's so, right yeah that's unfortunate it's just too much i can't do both there's no way oh, yeah. and i got four left so i gotta get them done <clears throat> yep well who's what beer is gonna be there well, we got True Brewing, of course, as mm-hmm. always. A lot of usual suspects. Three Floyds. Yeah. Ever heard of them? I don't know who they yeah, are. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, they're, they're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, there's something. Uh, Brewing like Horns. Oh, Brewing Horns. Horns. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yards. Awesome. It's always Wake, worth it. Wake Brewing, guys. Broken yeah. Goblet. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It looks like it says War Pigs. I don't know them. Oh, uh, something else I can't read. It's too. Warpigs has done a lot of collaborations yeah. with Three Floyds. Okay. So, oh yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, Three Floyds and McKellar. Oh, okay. Yeah. KCBC. Cool. Do you know them? Yeah, they're. Uh, that's is that Kings County from uh, oh, yeah. New York. Yeah. They have good stuff. They right. do. They're one of the better ones from New York. Yeah. And there's New one York that has metropolitan a metropolitan area, I should say. A little bald guy with a mustache. I don't know who that is. Nat- Natty Bo. Not that bald guy. <laughs> with one with one eye. <laughs> Yeah, and magnanimous, mag- magnanimous, yeah. Don't so know. the problem now, I think, with metal breweries is that a lot of breweries think they're brewing metal beers and they're not metal breweries. So they, we've got a lot of the usual suspects now on the brewery side. Did I say Adroit Theory? Because they're going to be there. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, yeah. Really? Yeah, who, who would have thought? That's, who are those guys? I've never heard of them. Victory, another one that I wouldn't really call metal. <laughs> But no, but Victory's got some decent stuff, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they could bring like an amped up like yeah. Golden Monkey or something, which would be yeah. badass. Yeah. The true Brewing's gonna be there, but they usually do sours and smoked. Like smoked and sours. Or right, where is that Hammerheart? That's Hammerheart. Hammerheart. Hammerheart does true all the smoke, is sours, man. Yeah, mostly. true. Mostly. What's yeah. Bone Up Brewing? I don't know that one. Oh, you're gonna know. <laughs> it's gonna be bone out all weekend, baby. Yeah. Bone up, bone I, in. I mean, I have prog nipples right now, thinking about it. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're gonna get a lot of good beers. It's yeah. gonna be a good time, no matter who's playing, because who cares? Yeah, I mean, well, you're I gonna be at the emergency. Come. You're gonna be in the emergency room anyway. Shit. No, so, no. going in the pit. No, I'm gonna go in the no. pit, and I will avoid all of that. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll be sore, but it's because of you, not yeah. because of somebody else. Exactly. So no, I probably go to the balcony. 
this well, time. Yeah. And there's not, not everyone's been announced yet. I, I understand. Right. There's yeah. There's still, more to come. So we'll see. Come. Okay, cool. So maybe they'll drop something that I'll be down with. So if not, then it's more time up in then the I, lounge, kicking back. Well, I mean, you're already in anyway, John. So, well, here's the thing. Sometimes when you go to a festival and you're a free agent, it's, it's actually more fun because you're like, Oh, go check out every yeah. band for like half the set but I'm going to get fucking ripped at this thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know? that is so, a, uh, a free opportunity there. Yeah. And it's a chance to hang out more and, and visit with people. Too. Exactly. It's like, so, you know, it's what we do half the time anyway. So I don't even, I'm not even going <laughs> to hide the fact that it's, it's a social event more than yeah. it is a musical event. Oh yeah. Marcus, I just pulled my Pliny. I'm going to stay at the same hotel I did last time. The Sinesta. Cause it's like, I don't know, like a couple blocks away to get Pliny there. Sorry, I, I was going to try and convince everybody we should stay at the same place for once. Mm. Well, we, we can. You can convince me, George. All you, right. you can sweet talk. Uh, I already, I already wispy booked. you sweet nothings. <laughs> I, I already booked because I got such a good rate. Did you? Mm-hmm. Damn. That's fast. Which, which hotel? Same one we always book at. Oh, okay. Because that, lo- that lobby entrance is just, how do you not drink there? Yeah. Plus, I'm going in there just so I can flip Matt off as I go into the fucking yes. lounge because oh. it's it's happening, man. I got I, I got life I got lifetime status coming up that year. Yeah. Mm. And hopefully we'll see some of you out there, the listeners. Mm-hmm. Yes. Possible. It's uh, it's like six months away, but start planning. Uh, you know, oh, I already is that crazy. I, I already talked yeah. to Jeff, uh, and he's getting tickets for him and Steph. Cool. So. We'll see them there. And Stacy says she wants to come too. Yes, I don't know if yes. she's all the way in, but uh, so, so we have so it's a podcast. You'll know when mother. she's all the way in. The podcast mother's coming with Jeff, right? She looks after us. Yes, yes, we need Steph. Yep. <laughs> we need Steph, you know. The captain might come. Sweet. Justin. Well, so. you, you came to MDF. Can can you do a shorter trip to he, Philadelphia? He fucking better. You know? Yeah, fucking Justin, oh, was, you better fucking be there, motherfucker. He was at, he was there, wasn't he? Yeah, because didn't yeah, we him have some like heart to heart hammered at the bar at, when we got back to the yeah, hotel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'm, be there again. He loves death metal, and then it's just, just very death metal forward. <laughs> exactly. And uh, who else? Like Nick? Nick, you coming out? Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got? <laughs> Calling people out right on the yeah. show. Yeah, fuck yeah. Fuck you. They call us out. Let's call them out, you know? <laughs> Everyone who was there last time, be there again, please. And the rest of you that weren't there, get your Adam, asses there. Come party with Matt us. And Jay again? Come to Decibel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure that was just as memorable for him as it was for us. <laughs> <laughs> Just, awesome. just come out. We have a good time. Yeah, it's 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 fun. All right, I guess we can move on to the next item. Uh, so Black Sabbath is releasing deluxe versions of Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules. Did this already happen? I'm confused. Yeah, I feel I have them. I have the ones from Rhino. They're the exact same. They're coming out on TV on CD or something. Okay. I thought it was I vinyl. I, I perused it. It looks like the exact same package. So okay. In 2021, Rhino put them out, and I have the vinyl, and the vinyls are the exact so same. As these are just CDs then? No, no there's vinyl. It's vinyl and CDs. Oh, the CDs okay. have more on them. Yeah, there's going to be know. some live tracks and shit. Well, well the vinyl has live tracks too. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I all I know is I saw it and I was like, oh, that's cool. And that led me no, down no, the rabbit sure. hole of, well, when are we going to see spoilers? When are we going to see a remix? Oh God! Just of Born stop. Again. Stop it. Save it. But, uh, well, he says it's coming. Yeah, it's, I looked and like last year, Tony yeah. said he was thinking about doing a remix. So that album fucking deserves it. That, By the way, it's on that's YouTube. coming. That's coming up in a few minutes. <laughs> I know. I know. Anyway, meanwhile, meanwhile, Ozzy has launched a makeup collection, so that makes sense. Well, awesome. Well, Next. I want. So I don't know why they keep re-releasing these Black Sabbath albums, but I want. I want Heaven and Hell, the band Heaven and Hell. I want their album because I don't have that in vinyl. And it's like. I want that to be called Black Sabbath. Yeah. (laughs) I have it on vinyl. saying. Yeah, I do too. But they probably just came out like, you know, 10,000 of them or something, George. And they probably just bought it when it came out. Yeah. Marcus, I don't remember Mm -hmm. when when I got it. That's because, you know, we're like OG metal and really cool and way, way cooler than Marcus on. I I don't have the. So um, true. I don't have the live one. But I do, do have, have the live the, one. You do? Yes. What yeah, were you saying, John? I, I, I think that um, anything to do with that album would be a wives fight, I think, between oh, Wendy yeah. and Sharon. Why, I don't know. But, and maybe I'm just... I just feel like there's just so much of that bullshit going on behind the scenes because I'm still pissed that they were called Heaven and Hell. They were Black Sabbath members, you know, and it just makes me so mad that Tony Iommi capitulated to to Sharon Osbourne on that whole thing. Well, I mean, he used to, when Ozzy left, and for a long time after that, Tony owned the name, but Sharon owns the name. I know. And maybe more specifically, Ozzy owns the name. So, and and there's no defense, because there's no reason in God's earth with the amount of money that flows around in that. Exactly. They all, in general, they couldn't just let them use the fucking name. It just, don't even get me started. It just makes me sick. No, yeah, I agree. I anyway, totally agree. Yeah. I hope you get your vinyl for that, Marcus, on to have that to complete. I agree with you, but, you know, the most important thing is that they made a, a good album. I, I don't want to have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is good. And, you know, there's a, um, boy, I'm breaking into heaven on that. Whew, that's yeah. There's a, um, I saw them on that tour. Yeah. Tony, Tony recently, there was some news clip recently where he said Ronnie wanted to make a second one, but why not? I mean, they did how many, four albums together? Yeah. And I assume they probably were going to do it too, you know, but it's just, it's too bad. Another one of those things that we lost is the other day. Yeah. I got to see that. I was like front row for heaven and hell, like in the pit, uh, Mm -hmm. at, uh, at, was uh, that them or was that the four bands, the uh, Metal Masters tour? No, it was them and Megadeth and. Oh, it's a different tour then. Somebody else, yeah. That was the first time in another tour. It was. Oh yeah. It was Megadeth. Honestly, I think it was Megadeth. Well, okay. Megadeth's the only one I remember. Oh, so it was I, Machine Head. Machine Head, Megadeth. That, oh. that might have been, yeah. And maybe have and heaven and hell, but it was so, just a heaven. It was at Merryweather. It was okay. before the record was out. Before they even were talking about making a record, it was just the like, hey, let's play these songs. No, so, no, the record was out when I saw them. Are you sure? No, I think the I'm other not one sure. Was the one, I'm old. I can't remember shit. I, I saw them. <laughs> I saw them play with Lord. Priest, Motorhead, and Testament. That was the Metal That's, Masters tour. That was the Metal Masters tour, which I thought that was before. Oh no! Wait, right no, now. actually, John, that no, that might have been Dio. No, no, yeah. Wait, wait, who was it? 
It was Heaven and Hell. No, no, because oh, I, right, I right. saw Dio, Motorhead, and Iron Maiden. Yeah, I saw that too. You're right. Yes. Okay. That was another one. No. And that, I, I've said this before, but I'm going to tell you anyway. But at the one John just detailed, the Motorhead, was it Testament, Motorhead, Testament, it was Heaven Testament Motorhead, Heaven and Hell, and then Priest. That's and the that was the one at which I shook the man's hand himself. Lemmy? Dio. Ronnie James Dio. Ronnie James. That's yeah. right. He came out to the audience and just walked up this catwalk that was not even supposed to be something you walk on. It was just the stairs to get up to the section I was in, which was like, you know, it's like an outdoor amphitheater. And I was like, how come nobody's running over there? So I fucking ran over there and shook his hand. And then everybody came over. It was like, yeah. awesome. That's as close as I ever got to him. But I, I saw him at the... City, man. I shook his fucking hand. That is yeah. something. It's awesome. That's up there. Yeah. yeah. But um, I saw him at the record theater in, in, in Towson, the same place I saw. It's so amazing. Yeah. You saw him there. And yeah. I didn't get to touch him, but... I spent the whole set like ten you're, feet away from him. You were pretty much, much touching your your actual aura was touching him at that place. Yeah, I mean, this is like this is Static a teeny fucking place. This is him. essentially a bar. Okay, you know, it is small. Yeah, I mean, it actually holds a decent amount. What, like seven hundred or something? Roughly. Yeah, but it's it's small. It's like, it's, it's, it's your not version of Jack's basically. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's like it's not a Fillmore or something. It's like version. not even like maybe no, a third no, 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 of that. Not that big. No. Yeah. So it's in Towson and it's, you know, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. So. In any case, if you are, oh, we're, we're on the, oh no, we're on the Aussie's makeup thing, but. Aussie's makeup, it was just, that was packages, just more of a jab. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But if you are black. thinking of getting these packages, it's just the packages that came out a few years ago. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right. Well. Yeah. Which by the way, very well, they're remastered too, by the way, they sound great. Mm-hmm. And the live stuff that came out was really good too, but. Yeah, you know. yeah, no, they're awesome. And, they, and the packaging is nice. There's nice well, and, that, and that's some of the Hammersmith stuff that we were talking about before. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then probably, presumably, on the Mob Rules one, I'm guessing some of those are outtakes from uh, Live Evil, most likely. Without Live Evil from that tour, at which least. is a, yeah, a yeah, good thing. yeah, yeah, from yeah. That, yeah. that that's a live album that should now they, they see they should remix that. John. Release the or, whole thing. Remix, because well, that that record is mixed a little muddy, you know. Mm-hmm. They, I think it's a good record. They did re release it though. I don't remember if they remastered or remixed. They didn't uh, remix didn't it. that come out in the box, Marcus? On the um, um Dio was uh, all the yeah. Dio albums and the live album. I, I, I think the, they released it separately though, too. I can't remember. That just kind of rings a bell to me, too, because that had the one that had the three new songs on it and the devil yeah. cried or whatever, which was right. a, a fucking killer tune. That they release separately. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. But, but you know what? They keep hitting this deal. Hero stuff. They should hit. I want to watch you know, the documentary again now. You know, when, somebody are, somebody listening right now is like, "What about the fucking Tony Martin era?" I there's, <laughs> there's, hey, there's, there's a lot of fans that. who want the Tony Martin era stuff reissued. And, and and Tony said something about doing a he reissue did. for those. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, all he needs to do is die, and then they'll put it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. As long as Sharon's around. Oh boy. Anyway, all right. Well, no, I mean, I, I don't think she can fuck with these, though, can she? I don't know because first of all, this is all this is all that should all be Tony Omi's solo work because that's what he wanted to do, and it would be so much better if it was for all the musicians. I mean, no, I mean the Tony Martin stuff. I feel like yeah, she can't she can't touch that. Maybe she can't. Though. I don't know. Well, whatever. You know what? Let's go from one controversial issue band to another. <laughs> all right yes. then. So sorry, sorry, Trey. As we know, Judas as we know, Judas Priest was backdoored into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, 
And uh, apparently K.K. Downing will be performing with them. Yep. So Not only did he announce it himself, but then that guy who stands stage left, your right on the stage, that never has, hasn't moved in 50 years. <laughs> Ian Hill. I know it's an old joke, but it never gets old. He even confirmed who knows what will happen after this. Yeah. So pretty much they're getting back together. They're getting, yeah, they're getting the band back together. And, um, but if they do that, then Richie would be out or are they going to Yannick him? So uh, what's his name? I would wager. Oh, right, 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 right. not leaving. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about, yeah. I I think they should do, I think they should do a maiden thing and go with three out there. Why not? And then bring Glenn out. They could have four. Then they'll be more than maiden. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> they'll finally be better. Maiden should be their new name. Yeah. We're more than. Yeah, Les Banks is going to be there too, Jeff. Yeah. Well, fuck it. Double. Well, you know, now that. Now I would pay big bucks to go see Les and Scott Travis on stage. Well, I mean, no, he's, he's doing the Hall of Fame thing now. So he'll be there and Good. He's play. Um, you know what? We'll see what happens. I don't know. I, I hope so. I mean, at least just bury this fucking thing for good. They should. I'm, I'm tired of them fighting. But you know what, though? It's fraught, though, because they he sold his song rights and they bought him out of Priest, so he'd be like a hired gun. And I just, he's already such a bigger dude. I just think it would fall apart so quick. I know. I may, uh, Let's, I think that. I like him, by the way. It's not that, his book is the most angry of those. Oh, by the way, Rob's new book is coming out. You can order it signed. Another book? Yeah, it's called The Metal scriptures or something like that's a biblical term and there's i I showed up go go to his facebook page and there's like four online vendors who are selling it at face value signed when it comes out i've got the other one signed like barnes and noble has signed ones so what's this because he pretty much brought it up to covid on his last one well maybe it's it's more tourist stories you don't know about it's i think it's about the the title implies that it's just about metal like mm. not necessarily about him. Um, I'll tell you what the title is. Well, Jay's looking, I'll be honest. It would be kind of cool if he did come back for at least a little oh, yeah. bit, because unlike Iron Maiden and I love Maiden, but unlike Iron Maiden priest actually will pull out an old rarity. The last like X number of years, probably uh-huh. 10 years, they've been pulling out old songs. They've never played before. And Maiden doesn't do that at all. It just pisses me off. It's not they like the they're ever going to play where mm-hmm. Eagles there. Well, if they do, it's not like Bruce ain't going to take a shit there in the song <laughs> or something. <laughs> Still bitter well, about that he, one too. Um, you know, but you know, there's a bittersweet thing too, though, and that's that he'll he'll come back and he won't be playing with Glenn. So that's kind of fucked up. No, okay, they would on the the uh, British Steel stuff. Glenn comes out for that still. It doesn't really do much. But. So here's this book. It's called Rob Halford Biblical Heavy Metal Scriptures. The metal guy himself, Rob Halford, lead vocalist of Judas Priest, the author of critically acclaimed blah, 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 delivers yet again now with a Bible of hard rock and heavy metal all in his enlightening, hilarious, and one-of-a-kind voice. Well, that could be interesting. Well, this, yeah, I found this. Right. It says it's an encyclopedia and manifesto in which Halford shares his opinions, memories, and anecdotes regarding every element of the rock and roll work and lifestyle from tours to taboos, riffs to riders, and drugs to devil horns. And Halford's relaxed and honest tone, the book mixes serious and in-depth pieces with whimsical reflections on lessons learned during his 50 years of a life in music. 
So it's just, so just part two from his first book. I'll read it. Um, I guess so. like, yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Which, I mean, his first book is awesome. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know? <laughs> they were right about his voice, though. I, he, he's he's one of the people who wrote his own book, and I really enjoyed that book. And I liked I liked him more when I was done reading. I really liked him. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, it comes out like early November. So if you want to sign one, yeah. right on. All right, cool. let's move on to that other British band. Yeah. Who? Iron Maiden. Last news item, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and I'm calling this the Iron Maiden news variety pack because there's two. Uh, one was that uh, during uh, Aces High, you know, if you've seen them on this last 12 years of touring, um, <laughs> feels like it. I mean, it feels like so long ago since we saw it. Uh, the uh, during Aces High, they have the uh, the plane that comes out, and uh, apparently there was a malfunction with that where they had some trouble. Plane oh. crashed behind the stage. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, didn't, I, I saw the free stream, but I didn't see it. Did yeah, I think they had to bring it down. <laughs> yeah, they brought it down because they couldn't get it to work. Yeah. Uh, oh so well, shit happens. Yeah, you know, it worked when we were there, yeah. and and apparently Bruce pulled somebody out of the crowd and like chucked him off no. the stage or something. I didn't read that one, so no. So some dude jumped on stage and was like doing his whole like metal pose and like head banging as he people was, do. I guess near Yannick and I guess Bruce it's let him do it for a second. Cause Bruce, you know, is the one who's able to move around the stage a little easier mm-hmm. uh, singing. And then uh, if I'm not mistaken, somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. I think he eventually went and grabbed the guy maybe by exactly. his hair yeah. and dragged him off stage. And the whole time I'm watching this, I'm thinking little thing called security. Where <laughs> the fuck are you? <laughs> They're all buried yeah. under the airplanes, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's right. He tried to take him off stage by hand at first, but then the yeah. guy broke free, and then he had to drag him off. Yeah, and, and it wasn't like he tried to drag him off the first time. He tried to kind of guide yeah. him off a little bit. And I know some people out there probably say, oh, dude, it's so fucking metal. Unfortunately, ever since the Pantera thing, you, you just can't get on stage. They're, they're working there's people working on the side of the stage. I mean, they can't take that risk. I'm, it sounds old for me to, and fuddy duddy to say it, but I wouldn't want to risk the, the musicians. I mean, look what happened to uh, what's his name from Lamb of God. It wasn't even, he didn't even do anything. And a guy fell and what died and they tried to imprison yeah. him. And yeah, and the whole book on that, you know? So, I mean, they're just trying to perform for everybody. And I don't know, it's not a hardcore show where the bands invite people up on stage. You know, or a death metal show where they invite them up and they jump off the stage and stuff. It's just I don't, know. don't be a dick. I thought I, I would have loved. You know, I wanted to. See, I want to see that with Megadeth, and I want to see all this talk about fucking Dave being a brown belt. I want to see him just roundhouse somebody. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, man! There's a pretty famous uh, clip of Keith Richards whacking a dude with his te- Telecaster. And it was like it was like maybe tattoo you era. This mm. guy gets up on stage. Yeah, I mean he had some like this. Oh, that's awesome! Oh. It really fucking gets him too. Yeah, damn. The balloons coming down and shit. He's like, get the fuck out of here. So the Niners just played somebody recently. I can't remember what game it was. It's some dude ran on the field, and I think Bobby Wagner, whatever team he's playing for now. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, the dude ran over. He's like, yeah, woo! And his arms up in the air, and Bobby Wagner fucking Jeff. laid him. Yeah out on the sideline and i was just like exactly yeah. you want to yes. run out on the field and, and 
pose a threat, you're going to get laid out by a football player. And I went down like a sack of potatoes, Like a bag of dirt just dropped. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, if it's a naked chick, okay, let her run. We'll just yeah. kind of corral her over to the side. <laughs> you know, the, the, the naked guy, nobody wants to oh, tackle that guy. Corral him over that. to the side. <laughs> yeah. Not going to lie. Actually, that happened the other night in, um, in the Yankees-Astros game, too, and somebody jumped on. And they wouldn't even show it on TV, but somebody, no. it, it was it was going on for like five, maybe four minutes, and the guy went up and would let go of um, El Tuve. And they um, – they didn't show a minute of it. They were just showing other things in the film. Going now, uh, he won't let go of El Tuve, and uh, please go out there. It took forever, dude. This guy was out yeah. on the field for like huh. a while, yeah. but they just—I think sometimes they choose not to show it. Oh no, so they should. They should show it because that gives them too much attention. Yeah. So all yeah, right. the same way they don't tell—they don't. That's <laughs> this is true. I don't know if you guys know this. John probably does. They don't. They never put in the paper. They agreed not to put in the paper anymore when somebody jumps off the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, it's just like that. So they don't encourage people because it's like, it's an average of, I don't know, one a month or something like that. It's crazy. So so years ago, the Chronicle agreed never to to report it in the news. So you never hear about it, but they did it because it's just become such a famous suicide spot. Yeah. Yeah, and you can literally walk across the bridge. There's cars walk, like two feet from you while you're going across the bridge. Hey, look at that guy. He just jumped. You know, I'm not, some big. I'm not being flippant. It's a little, it looks like that. So They're putting a net under it now, John. They used to have a net when they built the damn bridge, so they should have just yeah. kept it. Anyway. Anyway, we, let's move we've, on. We've jumped over our metal <laughs> podcast bridge. Or the shark. Yeah. <laughs> We're treading Ponzi. water. Time for new releases. First up is the new album from Acid Witch. This is their fourth album, Rot Among Us. They're a Detroit psych death doom band. Uh, I'm not sure if he's still in the band. I couldn't tell, but Mike from Temple of Void used to be uh, the guitar player in this band. But either way, uh, this is a pretty banging album. And uh, I really think you should listen to it. I listened to it, George. And I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was pretty fun. It's yeah. Got, it's just got really rolling, good time songs. So, you know, um, I enjoyed it. I love the name, Acid Witch. So That's a good name. Yeah. 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 And, you know, the other stuff's good, too. But uh, I think this is probably my favorite. So. I don't know if I've listened to much of the other stuff, but uh, I've got I it like on this. vinyl. Woof! You're I, a fan. I'm a fan. Could be a top twenty-five contender for you, George. Maybe, maybe. It's mm. possibility. It's crazy because we're almost to November. I know. <laughs> and Time flies now, man. It's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. Time flies. We record our top twenty-five in December, so we don't have much time. So and I'm embarrassed. I didn't know this. I didn't know about this next one. Well, okay. So let me talk about that. So next up, we have the new exhumed album to the dead. It's their 10th album. They're a Cali death metal band. And the last few exhumed albums, I really dug a lot. Yeah, me and, too. and so far, this one has not really grabbed me. Okay. Um, I mean, I've only, listened to it a little bit 
but it just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's me or if it's the album. I sort of, I went back to the album before it and listened to some of that too, to be like, is it different? And it didn't seem that much different. I mean, maybe production wise a little bit, but so I don't know. Does anybody else have an opinion on it? I thought it was I'm sorry, good. I didn't know that it came out, but I'll be good. It's night. I just wasn't paying attention to you, though. It's not the script. Because um, I thought the last two were really good. Death Revenge and something mm-hmm. horror. It's got the word horror in the Yeah, tale. I don't know. I think if you like the last ones, you're going to like this one. It's still the same mm-hmm. gory, macabre metal extracted from a putrid, crumbling graveyard. There you so, go. I mean. <laughs> All right, well, I'll try it again. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shitting on it. I just. It didn't just it just didn't grab me as much as the other ones did the first time I heard it. So I mean, you got so much metal, George. You know, maybe you weren't in the right mood for it. Exactly, it's like the and, perfect uh, record for Halloween. And I am completely agreeing with you there. It's like you know the way things have been going. It just might have been the wrong time. The production's really good on it. Solos are really good. I don't know. I like the songs. All right, I'll try it again. Give it again. Give it another spin. They kind of stepped away from just as I look at it here. Something I liked very much, which was they went with this 80s video store kind of horror mm-hmm. thing for the covers of the last two. And this one's just kind of back to just a kind of not generic cover. But I yeah. really liked that concept that they were doing. I did too. All right. So next up, we have the third album from Graceless, Chance from Purgatory. They're a death doom band from the Netherlands. Um, I... This is another one I only listened to a little bit, but I dug what I liked, and I know uh, at least several people really liked this a lot. I know Justin digs it. Um, it's real good. Real, real good. Real, real good. You want to talk about it a little bit? Real, real good. Uh, I remember, I mean, <clears throat> I think their last album was on, I don't know if it was my year end, but it was for sure on my mid-year. And um, I mean, the, what I thought most about the album was just how like intense the riffs were. Like it was just riff heavy, and I would say, even more so on this new one, just like killer riffs. Um, yeah, yeah, almost, almost like bolt thrower esque yeah, riffs totally, on there, man. Totally. I love, I love it. I think it's great. I love the last one too, and I, I think Matt's right. I think he had a mid year, and it was like an honorable mention on my <clears throat> mid year, mm-hmm. so it didn't quite make my list. But this is a better album. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so just the production's better, the riffs are bigger. Um, yeah, I think it's terrific. The what's are bigger. Everything's bigger, George. Bolts. Okay. The bolts are bigger. Nice. <laughs> the bolts. You see the bolts? <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Um, and then there's the next album. The new goat whore album, Angels Hung from the Arches of Heaven. It's their eighth album. And holy shit. Am I right? Am I right? Come on. Back me up here. I think it's their best record. I really do. And I, I have... That, well, we were talking about legacy bands before, and I mentioned people with bodies of work that are solid and goat whores. I'm always kind of willing to sing their praises. I just like them so much. And they took a real turn at carving out the eyes of God and then kind of stayed on that path for a while. And there's still a lot of that on this one. I love but that. They album. also added this big, epic. Oh, there's a couple big, epic, kind of sloshy, doomy things. Not Doom's not the right word for it. And I, I'll say this, they used their pandemic time wisely. I honestly think they sat down and Sammy came up with like all the best riffs he could fucking find. There's different vocal styles on this record. This is a contender for record of the year for me, for sure. Yeah. And I, and I like Gordo anywhere, so I try to be cautious with bands I like and not just like shit myself over every new release they do. But this thing is fucking a bomb. Dude. It is. And I sent, I told John B, um, 
um, BT about it. And, he, and I'm not even sure if he's a huge fan of that because he can't stop listening to it. I'm, I think I've listened to this eight times now. And it's going to keep going. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I love this record, dude. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if I like it more than Blood for the Master, but it's pretty up there. And the, the, the name of the album, Angels Hung from the Arches of Heaven, is so good. Love that title. Yeah, I think it's terrific. I have it on vinyl, and I just got it on vinyl, so uh, I'm going to spin it probably on Monday. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's right. I think they took the time and just really carefully crafted it, you know, yeah. but it doesn't It doesn't sound – it's not mechanical in its delivery, you know. It, it's It's got a lot, so much energy and life to it. You know, I saw Goat Horror not too long ago, and they played a couple songs from the new album. They were they're really good live as well. So yeah, I think it's um it's a really strong album this year. I agree. You know, those the big doomy epic ones, especially especially I just made up the word, especially the last one, which is called "And I Was Delivered from the Wound of Perdition." And I I don't think you will have listened to this record necessarily, John, but they even though it's there's you know more or less an well they are an extreme metal band. They have the, the big ones, the big emotional push, you know, kind of mid-range songs instead of thrash songs. They kind of have all the excitement of, like, Revelation Mother Earth from, like, Blizzard mm. Oz and maybe even Diary of a Madman because Sammy comes from that place. Like, you know, he's our age. And um, I always thought I would probably get along with that dude because the, t- the tape they play before they come out is, like, possessed, venom, blah, blah, blah. And I know he made nice. that tape. Very but cool. I'm telling you, there's, there's just an extra X factor to this one to an already really good band. Yeah. And hats off to you for calling out Blood for the Master because that is my previously favorite one. I am going to go ahead and say I like this one better and I love Blood for the Master. It's so good. Yeah. So hats off to these guys, man. They, they really knocked that out of the park. Soon. Did you listen to it, John? No. All right. I haven't yet, no. Okay. I, I've listened to so much fucking music lately and I just I listen to everything on the list uh, that you put for new releases, not even counting my own personal releases. Mm-hmm. And the only one I didn't get to was Good Whore today, okay. unfortunately. Yeah, well, no matter whether you've been particularly attracted to them before or not, I think you're going to like this one, John. Like, I think it you're is, gonna be like, wow, this is it's pretty strong. amazing. Yeah. Matt's a strong fucking record. It doesn't bend, like, go to a lot of new, lot of new vocal places this time. I feel like he does. He, he's always varied his stuff up, but he, he does a lot of different kinds of extreme singing on it and yeah and there's also like some cool sound effects edited into it hmm. there's some acoustic okay. guitar on it none of which are that important to it it's just and the last the last words of the record are all life is lost and it just echoes out into the and it's perfect for this record i feel like this might i might need a j for this year i'm thinking looking at this list i'm thinking <laughs> i don't know it's looking pretty good i don't know you no, should I'm listen still. to it I'll eventually get to it. This has been for me personally. I don't want to, I know Matt, you haven't said anything. I don't want to take up too much time on this one. I've this October has just been like spectacular from my perspective. So I haven't had a chance to get to everything yet. I know you guys are talking about other albums. I'm like, fuck, I can't even get to them. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to so much stuff that <laughs> well, I personally like. You yeah, know, so. I'm so far behind. It's ridiculous. I mean, I've been listening to nothing. And, yeah. and, I mean, I did listen to the Goat Whore, um, and I did listen to the Acid Witch, um, and I've got some stuff in my what I'm listening to. But that's been like the last few days of like, oh my god, catch up. Uh, yeah. So, well, this is definitely and like no joke, 
Just fucking lock it in. This is my album of the month, John, for sure. Yeah, mine too. Right. Really? Okay, so I got two for you guys. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. it's there's it's just no way. It's like we're not going to be posting this till what April? Yeah, so I no mean, one's. There's gonna... still albums coming out that I really still <laughs> awesome. Okay, so, I got so many good albums yeah. this month. This sure. might be the best month, and I thought last month was really good. Well, dude, do you guys remember February? Is everyone who forgot about how all those albums came out was like 18 <laughs> albums that month? This is that was insane. a long time ago. That was like last year. Mm-hmm. No, and then Marcus always going on about September being an awesome month yep. for him, you know. And I'm like, fuck, this year. Actually, I'm going to do it out of alphabetical order, but because my late part of the year is stronger than my personal. Oh, part of the, year. the I was new just song gonna... record is awesome, dude. Just With what I want to talk Yeah, yeah. The dumb thing is Donna Shade on this one, but it's great. I love that singer. I think they're such a talented band. It just came out. Uh, You've always talked about them, though, in the past. So, I, I, so fucking I like the early band. albums. I didn't like uh, the one with the, the 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 dude in the space suit from like that one and the one after that. It's a little it was, yeah, yeah. It was a little. But I did listen to a little bit of this one, and I'm gonna go back for more. Uh, I know, well, honestly, even before you do that, you should go listen to the last one, which is called "Memento Mori." Fuck, yeah. That's it. All right. So I don't know about you guys. I'm just telling you right now. If an album was on my list at mid year, it's nice yeah, seeing you. Nice seeing you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'm thinking no about offense. just starting oh, yeah. over. Wow. This second half of this year was like the first half of last year. It's just so many good albums. I and it's nothing. Albums in that first half, too, but you're right. There were, but there's just, oh my God. I, mean, anyway. I could easily do a top 40 this year for yeah. sure. Well, I mean, I always do, but I mean. Well, I'll have a lot of honorable mentions and anyone that was on my list that ends up in honorable mentions, that does, that, that's good. It's, that's good to mention them still, but man, anyway. Philly's tied it up. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, four, four in the fourth, bottom of the fourth inning. Uh, well, at some point when we get to, uh, something on this podcast, you'll be able to join us. So, yeah. Uh, so Matt, go to any thoughts? You know, I only spun it once. Um, I like what I heard, but it definitely needs uh, kind of a more in-depth listen. I, too, am a blood for the master guy. Uh, That has always been my go-to for them, but definitely looking forward to uh, spending more time with a new one. Excellent. Is it bitchy enough? Mm, It should be. Mm -hmm. be. All those angels hanging from those arches, man. That's pretty bitchy. pretty bitchy. I mean, yeah. (laughs) All right, right, so... The next one, you may have to correct my pronunciation. There's like two of them, and I don't know which one's right. I don't I either. Forgot. I'm going with Parias. <laughs> yeah, or mm. Parias. I don't know. Who that knows? just seems Parias. weird. Parias seems. Parias. Parias. Yeah. Are <laughs> Europeanizing it now, Mark? This is the age of the Parias. Yeah. Yes. But we, it's uh, P-A-R-I-U-S, <laughs> if you need to know. And it's. Uh, their third album called The Signal Heard Through Space. They're a Philly prog metal band. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've a couple of the other guys on here have been pretty uh, into these guys. Uh, I know. Uh, hey, and I liked the last album a lot. And I know Will liked it. And too. Will did too, yeah. Yeah. The and three of us liked that I've been time. like, eh, okay, whatever. But this one, I, I'm all in on. And w- w- ironically, it's even more proggy, but yeah, um, it's a complete shift from the last album. Yeah. But uh, it's, it, I think it's pretty yeah. awesome. I mean, and I told John this and a big part of that is because I feel like there's a lot of Voivod in this. Yeah. We were going <laughs> back and forth about the influences and I was like, really? And so I went back and listened to the album again and I wrote, remember I wrote back, I was like, 
I hear it. Now I hear it. But there's a, I mean, what did I remember? I told you I hear Dream Theater from Awake. Mm -hmm. I hear Rush. I think Jay mentioned he heard Rush on one of the songs Mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, A lot of influence. They dropped the melodic death stuff. There's a little bit of that. I think his vocals are more Voivodish this time. Yeah. As opposed to the melodic death vocals. And they're all old enough to be my kids. <laughs> Young let's, enough, let's rather. Let's be honest about this. Uh, and we've run, we've run into them at shows. We ran into them at uh, Decibel, I think, at one point. Didn't we? One of the guys at Decibel, I think, was uh, ran into us. I wasn't there for that. I think it was just Jay, uh, Will, and myself. Maybe. I love it. I mean, it's good. It it's, is. It's a prog metal album. They, they, It's very ambitious compared to their last album for them, and I think that's a good thing. I like when bands go out on the reach. You know? We'll I, see I think it's, it's a contender. Everyone. You know, it's good. I mean, I like it. And what like I said, John? Are you, young. Are you taking oh, it? My, oh, my God. Um, I thought maybe you were wanking it some because you were like, oh, oh I got to no, turn the camera down. I was ranking. I can show you. I mean, fuck. We're all friends here. Exactly. It's like a nudist camp on this podcast. <laughs> oh, my, this damn, my, uh, the camera. Ah, you make me ill. Yeah, sorry. It's like a strobe light at a show. Yeah. I don't want to have to pull out the, uh, there we go. I don't want to pull out the, there we go. No, I don't want to have to pull out the uh, tripod to put it on because then it's like in my face and then. Will's not one. here. Tripod's not here. Mm, that's true, too. <laughs> All righty, then. Um, let's give Jay a moment to return and possibly contribute since he's been gone for half an hour. I think Jay, I don't know. I'm interested to see what Jay thinks about this album because he liked the uh, previous album. Yeah, so, Jay, while you were gone, we were talking about the Perius Parias album. Do you want to talk about that at all? Uh, it's different than the last one, that's for sure. I mean, it's, um, I don't like it as much as the last one, but I think it's because the last one's just more in my wheelhouse. I think this is a talented group of kids, by the way, and they are kids. I guess they're older now, but. They're still uh, kids. Still kids. I, I, was. I was just saying, I, I love it. I mean, but I did mention that this is uh, a definite uh, shift. They dropped a lot of the melodic death stuff that they were doing yeah. before, and the harsh vocals aren't there as much. Um. I only listen to it once, and I will listen to it more. So I, sh- I probably don't. I can't access any kind of you know authority on the thing. I, I like this these guys in general, so I expect that it'll probably get a lot more playtime with me. But so I saw uh, somebody's YouTube channel today, and they were talking about this album. Marcus on this will resonate with you a little bit. Um, and the guy who was doing this, because uh, there's a thousand YouTube channels that you can watch now. And he made a, an interesting comment. He said he didn't get turned on to this band until one of the dudes from half told him, dude, check this band out. <laughs> and I know Marcus on, you're really big on the new half album. Yeah. Um, the last two, I should say. Yeah. And so he said, because the guy from half told me to listen to him, I listened, I fucking love it. And I was like, <laughs> that's kind of cool. All right. I like it. You know? So it's yeah. nice how it, it, how all these bands are supporting each other. I guess is the point I was yeah. trying to make. Thou hast heard it. it. I listened to it once and it was too proggy for me, but it could be one of those. I got to come back to if I am in the right mood. It's not immediate. There's nothing immediate about this. album. you need to yeah. put some time in, you know, Which, and I like way, prog, the last but one you... was a lot more immediate. Oh, without right. question. It just hit yeah. you. right. And it was and that, short. This one's much, it's like 20 minutes longer. This album, I think. Yeah. So and yeah. that's what I like with Prague. I like, 
I like it to be like really riff forward and then the prog is almost secondary. That's what I like. This one kind of puts it out in front. So for me to get into albums like this, I have to spin it a lot more and I have to do it like in a really quiet place or else I'm just not going to get into it. So um, I will spin it again. Um, there were elements I liked of it for sure. Um, but I don't know. It was like, um, I don't like albums that kind of just throw everything in there. And it kind of, um, it doesn't does feel cohesive to, do to me. And I, I don't like that. I, I really appreciate the musicianship on it. Obviously super talented, but those albums are always hard for me to get into. And I, I've got to, I will spend more time with it because, uh, I, I don't want to like, yeah, just discount it. I don't want to discount it. I don't want to be biased towards things that are very proggy. You know what I mean? Even because I like, obviously, I like prog metal. But uh, with that said, back. it's not like some avant-garde weird shit. It's not that at all. It's no. just no. they um they touch on some of the '90s. Uh, I'd be interested to ask them if we ran into them again what the influence was. Because George, I agree. I do hear the void by vocals now. I hear some. Dream Theater S stuff uh -huh. in there. I'd just be curious what their influence. It's very '90s prog metal influenced, at least to my ears. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but with their style, with their sound. So, and again, they're kids. And I know it's been. I'm not saying that to be insulting. We've been they, saying that for years. They probably can vote now, <laughs> and yeah, maybe know. even no, drink. They, they can <laughs> drink beers finally with us. That makes it sound like they're seven years old. Yeah. Uh, well, no. I'm no, they're good. eight. Marcus on get it straight. <laughs> they're prodigies. Yeah, uh, no, well, we, I'll tell you this. When we met him, it was at Decibel. Yeah, I okay, so it's you, me, Jay. Yeah, he, like, gave me this hug. I thought he cracked my back in half. I mean, he, it's just, <laughs> no, it's nice to see younger musicians who obviously are not that young, but it's nice to see that. They're and all they young compared to us. Yeah. I, I remember when Perez came up. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened. Whatever I, was, happened. I, I assume they're from Philadelphia. So yes. They are. yes. Yeah. Whatever happened to that other band from Philadelphia whose name I literally can't remember Horf? right now because. Huh? Horror. There's like a thousand bands Horf? from Philadelphia. That that you like my mom. Remember that kid from high school you went to school with? I'm like, yeah, mom. All 800 of them. <laughs> no, no, no. The guys who had, it was young, they're young guys. They got two full lengths out. We all like them. Crypt Sermon that Matt's wearing? No, no, no. They're a, kind of a... Summerland? They're a death metal band. Kind of techie, death metal, a little bit techie, but not super techie, slightly old school. We all like them. They, they haven't done anything wrong. I'll find it. I'll, I'll talking about the, the I'll take a look. Who, who's that band that, like, <laughs> horrified? Is that, think, that seems wrong. Yeah, I think... Wait, hold on. What, what, what's the band I'm talking about, John? I don't know. I'm all confused. It, it begins hurt. with it begins with an H. Horrendous. From Philadelphia. Huh? Yeah. Horrendous. 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 Oh, Thank horrendous. you. Horrendous. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they got a new album coming out next year. Yeah. Do they? Okay. Horrified. I don't know what the fuck I came over that shit. No, no, honestly, George, I was like, yeah, that's it. But yeah, yeah clearly I'm not a fan, but um No, I like that. Horrified. We gotta come up with mm -hmm. they have actually they're like uh Philadelphia slash Northern Virginia band. Because one of I think one of the guys lives down by Yeah, me. I think so. Uh, he's got a studio down here. Actually, they they actually have a new album coming out, and it's like, oh, I, I just at least played here. I just saw him. Yeah. Okay, so they're still out there doing stuff. Oh, God, uh, yeah. 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 Only one guy's like super young. Um, the bass player. Right it's not that yeah. long since their last record, right? 
2003 years. Well, maybe pre- possibly 18, pre-COVID. 18, yeah. Four years, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. San Diego, fuck shut up. Damn yeah, it, man. Oh, yeah. Hold up. Wait, George, ready? Uh, six, four, top of the fifth. San Diego with the lead. San hell. Diego. They're not a bad team. Well, hey, the rate we're going, Will's going to be in, and he'll be giving us a top five and his <laughs> yeah. the top five reasons why the top Padres can kiss my ass. We tonight. thought this was going to be a short cast. It's never short with us. No, why? Why should it be? Yeah. Well, it depends on who you're with. Well, when I, I think I posted the appropriate meme today to everybody in the chat, which was a meme of from Lord of the Rings as. Uh, Frodo and uh-huh. Sam were getting ready to go in and dump that ring in the in the lava, and it it just says, "Oh yeah." It says eight p.m. at the top, and it's them smiling at each other. It says, "Just one beer," and the next frame says, "Yeah, just one beer," and the third frame says four a.m. and it's Sam with Frodo on his shoulders. He yeah. passed out, yeah. and he's just carrying it through a fire. Well, you know, there's that's, another one that's that's that, our podcast. And with that, I'm going to get a beer. <laughs> there's another one that I mean, actually, there's a bunch of them. Uh, there's one with Luke and Vader. There's you know where Luke is like uh, with him, and they're in like a, a like a lift or something, and and it's like you know just one beer, and Luke's like, all right, just one beer, and then at the oh, end, yeah. and Vader's yeah. like, I'm such yes. a terrible father because he's te- he's carrying him out because <laughs> he's Return getting, of the Jedi. Yeah, yes. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's that, and there's there's another one. I I, I can't remember what it is, uh, but. People keep making them with movies, and it's really good. Yeah. I'm going on the record right now. I'm going on a Star Wars sidetrack here because there's only three of us now. That moment when he says, no, I'm your father, is hands down the greatest moment of my life when it comes to movies. Oh, yeah. That fucking hands blew down. my mind. The second greatest is, you're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Yeah. That's that, my second greatest moment ever. Uh, yeah. I mean, that even now, watching that, like when the Millennium Falcon like flies in and he Yee-hoo. shoots. That makes me tear up because it's just every time it's like, I got your back, bro. And I even go all the way back where the other guys get shot first, just to to build up to that point. But there's still no greater moment than no, I'm your father. You're just like, Oh fuck. My whole universe just blew up in one second. Yep. Yep. My brain is the death star. I I got that third hand because it was the seventies as you know, and I remember our parents were like, because this, you know, before Star Wars was Star Wars, it was like, hey, there's this movie everybody's going to see. We should probably take the kids to see it. And we saw the commercials. We were like, oh, yeah, we got to fucking this. And then my parents were never like, they were funny parents. They are good people, but they would just sort of be like, oh, you already saw a Star Wars movie. And so they, we didn't go see Empire Straight Back. Empire Straight oh. Yeah. And so and I remember my neighbor telling me, yeah, Darth Vader's Luke's father. I was like, what? I don't think I saw Empire Straight Back till mid eighties or something. Wow. I mean, outside, it was like on video. I think it's not outside of Blade Runner. It's my favorite sci-fi film of all time. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. um, Empire wins. They kick everybody's ass. I want the bad guys to win once in a while and they win on that. Yeah. That's where they win. Yeah. That's true. So, Hey, I really recommend this new, um, which I, I know I already brought it up, but if, Anybody's got Disney Plus. The new Star Wars series is the bomb, man. Oh, Andor? Andor? Yeah. It's so good. It's funny because a bunch of people have been telling me how it's the greatest thing since the original trilogy. My sister wrote me this morning and actually said that. But one of my friends in Michigan 
uh, that I went to go see a couple of weeks ago. He's like, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen. And he texted, yeah. he texted today or, or no, he didn't text. He, he posted on Facebook and said, I am zero for seven, making it through an episode of Andor still awake. And I'm like, you wow. must be a complete idiot. I haven't seen it's any of them yet. Cause it's got a lot of action. In it. I like it for multiple reasons. The story is really good. And it also goes to some weird places. Star Wars is go like <clears throat> homosexuality and, of sex and stuff. Not that there's homosexuality. Nobody in Star Wars together. has wieners. And then there's, but and that's just that. I mean, so it's grittier than a lot of them. But it's also the the backstory to uh, Rogue One, which I liked so much. I loved Rogue One personally. And then in, in addition to that, it's Gabriel Luna, who I just fucking love that guy. Yeah, it's I'm loving it, man. I, it's it's um it's more serious than the Mandalorian by launch. I'm looking forward to it because what I like about it, and I haven't watched any of it yet, but what I like is that they're doing something different with new characters. That's mm-hmm. not like yep. based on the you know the original lore because it seems like they always go back to that. Some um, of the names so. come up. It's it's a but it's a spy story and it's a gritty spy story. It's something honestly, different. It's, it's just like a continuation of Rogue One, even though it's a prequel. That, to Rogue that's One. why I like Rogue One so much, is because it was tie. It's a tie-in story, but it was all different people. Yeah, right, it's a me. new story. So, yeah, obviously, going to tie into Star Wars, but it's still yeah. a new story with well, new characters but, that's not beholden to the to the past story. Well, the thing is, Rogue One was it. It bridged the gap for us to get yeah. back to that opening scene of Star Wars, the original And this film. goes back even farther. So this, John, is how Gary Luna becomes the guy he is. But And it's also, but it's really, it's really about how the Empire cracking down and becoming the Empire. Ah, fuck, man. I love it. Matt, you've been nodding your head. I take it you're enjoying it. Uh, I've seen a few episodes. Really dig it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Star Wars universe, is, for me, is still never going to be complete until they bring Thrawn in. Until he's brought in, oh, I'm still never going to be happy. I like Thrawn. Thrawn's just a bad oh, motherfucker. Oh, they, they brought him in the cartoon. Yeah, just he, they sprinkle him in, you know. He's got three fucking full books with him, so God yeah, damn it. those are good books. And in and case you're infinite. bitching about the fact that we're talking about Star Wars instead of metal, Star Wars is fucking metal. Oh, God, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I'm not even a Star Trek okay. fan. If we were talking about Star Trek, that'd still be acceptable. It so is also awesome fucking metal. Called Hell Kitty Kitty. It's a kitty in a tank for all you kitty lovers. Look at this. Uh-huh. That cat's pissed. <laughs> Look at that one with the mohawk. Yeah. Hey, you're he's growing yours back. That, like, Another Belgian. I see the, the hawk is making a comeback. Like uh, Beavis and Butthead when John said that. Cat's pissed. Uh, it was an, an unintentional Beavis and Butthead imitation. Well, we're going to do Beavis and Butthead impersonations, but got to get the Metalheads Butler on because he is the best. Metalheads Butler. Metalheads Butler. Metalheads Butler. Literally, I'll call him up and the phone will ring and it'll just be dead silence. And he'll just be like, uh, hello? <laughs> hello? I mean, literally, it's like Mike Judge. I'm like, I'm calling him. Dude, I love the new Beavis and Butthead. It's fucking insane how it's funny it is. so good. It's so funny. The movie was hilarious. The new movie, and now they have the series. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. So good. I haven't seen anything. He is, uh, Mike Judge, just real quick, Is there's only one other person can get away with what he says. That's Tarantino. Literally, Mike Judge could say whatever the fuck he wants. The guy's from South Park, too. Yeah. They can say whatever they want, and no one gets pissed because they laugh. Yeah. So good for them. Anyway. Yeah. You gotta watch the movie. The movie I've, 
It's too good. The new movie is so funny. From is that there. readily available? Because I know you have that. It's on Paramount. Plus. Paramount Plus. Paramount you got to have the app for it. Yeah, I, don't I got know. that. Because that's like uh, where Star Trek is. All right. Are we, are we like to the eighth inning now of that game? Because we're moving pretty. Uh, it's a commercial now, but I don't think it is. I'd say we are in the eighth inning. I'm just poking fun at us. So, all right. Are so we still see. have one more new release? Oh, I you guys, I was, I thought you got uh, to that when I was having uh, a beer, getting a beer. Nope, nope, nope. The last right, new release right. is the second album from Stragoy called Viscera. And this is the UK death. Uh, I don't know. Is it doomy? Death doomy band. It's like little sludge, doomy. crusty. Death. All kinds of shit yeah. from uh, Gregor McIntosh, as uh, you know, from Paradise Lost, yeah. and anything he's doing you know, with his Valonfire, Paradise Lost, or Stragoy, uh, it's pretty fucking cool. I like it a lot. Yeah, this this is him like fully cutting loose. The last two albums, I like this one. I just have to give it more time, but I mean, you like early Paradise Lost? It's like that on steroids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought like, it was good. I've only like, spun it once, too. Like death metal steroids. I mean, it's, yeah. but not, it doesn't sound like that. It's still got that whole gothic dark. It's almost. He gets whole, that shit, you know? Yeah, he, he gets the whole gothic dark vamp, vampiric dark, kind of yeah. feel, you know? Yeah. Yep. So check it out. Do it. And then. Stragoy. Stragoy. Yeah. I, 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 I did the whole like Google pronunciation thing to figure out how to say that. And uh-huh. it's funny because half the time they're like, stry goy or, oh, yeah, yeah, or uh, strigoy, strigi, or, you know, it, 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 it's all fucked up. And then you get somebody with an actual accent. Like I am Russian. I say strigoy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's but the it, one I'm going with. <laughs> but it's not a Russian word though. So I don't care. It sounds Russian. <laughs> strigoy. Yeah. <laughs> strigoy. So, uh, I believe it's like vampires, isn't it? The oh, so that's know. more of like a look that up. Romanian uh, kind of word, Eastern European, anyway. Let's see, I don't know. Per- perhaps oh, does it, yes. I don't know what it means. Has that feel? Feels dark. Oh, ominous. here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Strigoi in Romanian mythology oh, are troubled go. spirits that are said to have risen from the grave. Mm. They are attributed with the abilities to transform into an animal, become invisible, and to gain vitality from the blood of their victims. Bram so Stoker's Dracula has become the modern interpretation of the uh, Strigoi through their historic links with vampirism. So this is a supernatural episode. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. I like it. Bring it in. Let's do an episode. Hey, have you watched the new show, John? All right. Are we going to go there? I haven't I seen it yet. It. But... I haven't watched it. All right. So if you're a Supernatural fan, if you're if you're a fan of uh, what would Dean and Sam do, mm-hmm. like, like we all are, some of us at least are, I'm going to tell you right now, it is not following the storyline. It's a new, new storyline. Same characters, but they reinvent them. Uh, I'm not too keen on one character. I think he's just too over the top. I don't have a problem with who he is. He's just too over the top for that for the period, for me personally. But um, I'm going to give it its due. I'm going to kind of wait and see what happens. And I'm just going to assume that Chuck has not destroyed this universe yet. <laughs> and that's what this is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Put that in context. If you if you're a supernatural fan, you know what that means. It does. Uh, yeah. Chuck hasn't found this planet Earth yet. Mm-hmm. There's so 
it's it's interesting. Something happens at the end of the first episode, and you're just like, <gasps> so. Okay. Okay. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Okay. You're just like yes. Yeah, I haven't watched. I was gonna wait for a few to to build up and then yeah, watch them. Uh, we are we're gonna just because it's supernatural. The universe we're gonna give it its due, and but see. it could be better. Mm. Personally, I mean, well, remember Supernatural when it started? It wasn't a very good show in the beginning. It got True. way better. Yeah, but they changed the storyline though. Yeah. That's the problem I have. Right, so right, right. there's got to be a reason why they changed the storyline. Star Wars because, has never done that. Yeah, but you know what? For Supernatural, you just can't fuck with that storyline. Right. You just can't. John, can we get a score update real quick? Yeah, hold on. I got to get my deep voice. Bob the sixth or Bob the fifth tied six, six. That's Whoa. Right. That's a back and forth. If they get to the next inning, what'll it be, John? The seventh inning. No. <laughs> oh, actually sixth inning. Six, six, six. The number right. of the Phillies. So nobody can score for the next inning and a half anymore. <laughs> yeah. Everyone can score after the seventh inning. Will, we're going to get you just in time for what you're listening to. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, Let's blow this fucking taco stand right now. Thunder. Thunder. Thunder Thunderdome. (laughs) Hey, how much would it cost to get Michael Buffer to do our Thunderdome for us? That was pretty good, though. (laughs) For the 20 fans listening worldwide. (laughs) Metal Thunderdome. Jay, it's all you, buddy. All right. Well, um... First of all, I have to confess that I tend to choose records I want to make people listen to. But so having said that out loud, um, I went with an interesting combo this time. Two records released in 1983, one by Black Sabbath, one by Motorhead. They have some things in common because they are both represented a bit of an artistic turn from the band, if you will. At least they did something quite different from the previous record and or records. They are both contain lineups that were in that made one record and that was it. And then they moved on to a different lineup. So they, and they both had people from well-known other bands that had come into the band. So in Black Sabbath, Ian Gillen came in as the singer and in Motorhead, Brian Robertson, who was a guitarist and then Finn Lizzie came in and again, both made one record with the band. Um, They are both, I think in, in their moment, were kind of looked down upon and in some instances are still looked down upon, but also both with diehard fans of both bands are now records that people frequently look back on and say, that was way better than I thought it was. And some people even start to say, it's like my favorite. So it's Black Sabbath this morning again and Motorhead's Another Perfect Day. You know, I was reading about it and and while the critics panned it, uh, Born Again was actually a hit. It's all well it Ian, because they had Ian Gillen. It was a super group, and everybody wanted to see what happened. Yeah, um, both are produced a little funny, yes. honestly, compared to the previous record. Shitty is the um, word. Both, I think, have bitchin' covers, um, and um, I like both records personally. I think they're both super strong albums from this these bands' catalogs, and I, I, I think that's enough of a preamble. Um, I'm interested to hear what you guys think and what you thought. I'm curious which way you're going to go because I can see you going either way on this one. Uh, two bands I love dearly and two records I like 
yeah. a lot, you know, like both of them, I admit, mm. like there's, I could say at times that like on some days, born again is my favorite black Sabbath record, believe it or not, mm-hmm. but not that many. So, <laughs> but let's, I do, I do love it. I think it's so good, but that stated must start with Marcus and see where you're at. Yeah, I got to be honest, Jay, going into this, I was not a big fan of either of these albums. And that's the first time that's happened for me on Thunderdome. But I do love the pairing because it demonstrates how bringing in a new band member, like you mentioned, can sometimes completely alter the sound and the dynamics in the band. So well done on picking good examples of bad band choices. Yeah. Um, so I'll start with Born Again. I do dig the kind of spacey doom on this Sabbath record, but the production, as George mentioned earlier, is just garbage, it's so muddy. It's pretty terrible. If there was ever an album begging for a remastering or remixing, it's definitely this one. It needs a remix. Remix, um, without question. Remix, for sure. I agree. But more than that, Ian Gillen just he just doesn't work for me as a singer on this record. Uh, I remember playing this record when it came out, and all I could think was, "Fuck, I wish I wish Dio was still fronting the band." So um, now, don't get me wrong; I think Ian Gillen is a good singer, but just the wrong fit for Sabbath vocally, well, and I- even even as a visual presence on stage. So I think he's even come out and said he's the worst Black Sabbath. Uh, singer they've ever had. Well, if you've seen the story about how he ended up doing this, it's pretty funny. Right. <laughs> uh, did you want to relay that, George? Sure. So, uh, you know, they're they're both Brits. They were hanging out at the pub and, uh, you know, tossing a few back as rock stars are wont to do. And uh, the morning after, uh, Ian Gillen gets an angry call from his manager going, why didn't you tell me you were going to do this? And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you joined Black Sabbath. And he's like, what? Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> they got they got drunk together and, and asked him to join the band. And he was like, yes. And yeah. he didn't remember it the next morning. So, uh, <laughs> Is that like everybody on the podcast? Yes. Um, right. So, yeah, good stories. And I, they got along great, apparently, when they were, were doing this album. But, yeah, and I think they're still good friends. Yeah. yeah so, Okay. So after listening to this record, I definitely agree that, you know, he just wasn't the best singer for, for Sabbath. And, and I just find this record hard to get through. I think it's mostly the production. If they did a remix, I would definitely want to revisit it and see if I would enjoy it more. But really in this form, like the only thing I really like about this record is the album cover, (laughs) which has that horned blood red demon baby with the yellow cat eyes, which has its own story and fangs. And, he looks like he's intent on clawing his way back into some unsuspecting mother's womb, which is. <laughs> so um, for this Thunderdome, I'm definitely going to go with another perfect day by Motorhead. It, it's uh, like you said, it's the only studio album with, with Robbo from Thin Lizzy on it. And he just made it sound different than other Motorhead albums. It just, it's, um, I'd say it's more tuneful. It's more melodic. Mm -hmm. I don't remember liking this album a ton when it dropped, but revisiting it this week, I found that I enjoyed it a lot. It rocks. It, it, it boogies. Uh, Robbo's guitar work is it's diamond shiny. And I love the contrast with the, with Lemmy's gruff vocals in it. I really enjoyed this a lot more than, than I thought I would. 
So, um, and that was a surprise because I was like, man, I really don't like these albums. This is going to be like <laughs> torture to listen to these and then pick something. But um, I found that uh, I would like to revisit this Motorhead album more often because uh, it's different, but I just, I think it works really well. It's better than you remembered it, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, I had that experience with it too. The first time I heard it, which would have been in the 80s, I was like, yeah. But right. somewhere between now and then, it was probably in the 90s. I revisited it and I was like, oh, this is fucking really good. Yeah. And I read some stuff about it where, uh, you know, Lemmy's like, oh, his style didn't really fit in with the band. And on stage, he would wear like satin shorts and slip on shoes, which pissed Lemmy off. And he That's thought true. he was doing it on purpose. And um, he said the recording was like torture for him <laughs> because it took Robbo like 17 hours to do one, to one guitar track or something. So um, it's really interesting that uh, it was such a torturous process, but I, but I do really like the album as opposed to the, the Sabbath album, which they got really along really well with Gillen. Um, but I feel like it didn't, it just didn't work. Well, you know, Gillen, they got along because Gillen wasn't in there with him, with them, because they were all night people and they would record at night and he would come in yeah. in the morning and see what they did. And he would record his vocals yeah. on his own. So the, um, also at the heart of the Motorhead record and, and there was not like it's different on the Black Sabbath record, but those are all Lemmy compositions. You know what I mean? Like he wrote a song, so it's still yeah. a Motorhead record. It's not like, rough, but it's embellished it by completely change it. You know, I'm sure he contributed some riffs, but no, it still sounds like a uh, Motorhead. Motorhead. It just, it has a yeah. vibrancy to it. It just, it's, that's the guitar work sounds different. I, I, I like that. Forgot mm-hmm. what it sounded like. So anyways, going with motorhead. So there you go. First right. shot fired. Matt. You know, I don't know that I had, up until this week had heard that motorhead album. So I, I really only had the experience with born again. And <clears throat> I mean, I don't want to sound like an elitist dick, but if you're not, if you're on this or, podcast, you're an elitist dick. <laughs> if you're not like, like if you're not Ozzy, if you're not dicks. Dio, um, like I'm not super interested in that kind of Sabbath. And and I don't I don't like I don't disagree that Born Again's a good album. And the you know the um, I did, I actually totally forgot that Tony Martin made so many albums with Sabbath. You did quite a few. Um, yeah. It just feels like such a weird stretch of time. I I, I just think of like the Seventh Star cover featuring Tony Iommi. Um, which was supposed to be a solo album. Yep. Mm-hmm. But just like for them to have that period of time, because like when I look at those first six albums, it's like, you know, I mean, it's untouchable. Uh, include, and also the, the, the Dio albums, untouchable to me. And so when you look at these things, it's like, oh man, I didn't realize you guys had kind of that period of time. But with Motorhead, um, you know, Lemmy is... Uh, his voice is, it's unmistakable. It's timeless. It's, I mean, he could be singing about a total eclipse of the heart and it would be Lemmy <laughs> and Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> and I would, I would bang my head and love it. And so, um, yeah, this, the, the, another fine day does sound a bit different, but I think with it still being Lemmy and feeling like motorhead versus the born again, it's Sabbath, but to me, it's not the Sabbath that I know and love. Whereas, you know, it's, the motorhead album is it's still let me it's still motorhead it's what i love so motorhead for me this is interesting this honestly isn't the way i expected this to go at all <laughs> so so far very interesting <laughs> oh, 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 oh. sorry john you want to give us a quick score update before uh, you go eight 
eight six Phillies, bottom of the fifth. This is going to be a high score. Obviously, it already is, but Clearly. only in the fifth, dude. All right, six. John. All right, all right. So, um, let's start with uh, Black Sabbath Born Again. It's already been said. This production is absolute shit. Compared to the previous two albums, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. It's garbage. I, I hate to be that that brutal about it, but the mid-80s got Sabbath hard. I mean, it's got that kind of tinny, popping drum sound, that that's kind of synthetic sound that just plagues so many albums in that period. And I absolutely hate the fucking drums on this album. I can't stand them, which is interesting because Bill Ward's back in the band. So it's actually three original members and an Ian Gillen singing. So in the end, you can kind of say, all right, so they just got a new singer, but it's the actual band back together. Um, But that said, it has a feel of a continuation from Mob Rules. Songs like Trashed, you know, uh, Zero the Hero and Hotline. I could hear Dio singing those songs. They're, they're songs for him. What really outside of the production that kills this album for me is the tracking is terrible on this album. <laughs> they put fucking Stonehenge second. It's a complete, you trash is a cool song. I actually like that song. Yeah. And then you come in with Stonehenge. You're like, well, let's just shit on the, the tracking on this album. Let's just take all the fucking oomph out of the album right away. You should, know, should have been a track one. So you could skip it. Well, how about just not have it on the album altogether, you know, and then Disturbing the Priest uh, is next. And then what do we do? Let's have another fucking shit ass. Yeah, Useless track because E5150 was so cool on Mob Rules. We have to have two on Born Again, <laughs> which kind of pissed me. It pisses me off listening to this album because the tracking's bad. Rearranging the songs and putting songs in certain places, you can keep some of those. And it makes more sense. So for me, when I listen to this, I'm thinking, wow, production is bad. It does need to be remixed because there's a lot of stuff missing that we're probably not hearing. That Uh sounds cool. Some of the songs are very good. I don't have a problem so much with Ian Gillen singing. I could do with a few less screams from Made in Japan on this album. I think his vocals are great on this album. You just need to be able to hear them. Yeah, he's he's amazing. He's at his peak form, but I don't need to hear the screams though in Sabbath. I need to hear them in Deep Purple. Yeah, that was my issue. So, but with that said, it is an underrated album because there are some very good songs on this album. Uh, I just think that it needs to go. In, you know what? I don't even want Tony Omi working on this album. I want Steve Wilson working on this album. <laughs> for sure. I want him in there saying, let me remix this album. Let me rearrange this album because he is really good in the studio for doing that. And I actually think that if that happened and like Marcus on brought up about and George too, about the production, this could be a much different album. It could be Mm -hmm, a significantly better album because to be honest, some of the songs Ian Gillen sounds pretty good on. Mm -hmm. He just does. I agree that he's not the logical fit, but some of the songs work. I mean, Hotline kind of has a little bit of a deep purple feel to it in, in some spots. So just so. keep it warm. Yes. Well, without question. Even the title track has a very deep purplish feel because it allows Ian Gillen to kind of just, when he can get those slower songs where he can go off, 
dude can, can wail. There's no doubt. Now, I will say, if I saw him on this tour, I would want to see him with the congas on stage. I'm not going to lie. I want to see him just with the hair flying, him just banging away at the congas. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. But so, I, and I kind of shit on the album. With that said, I did like some of the song off the album. I think it is underrated because there are good, good things about it. It's just the production, the mix, the tracking. It kills the album for them. After Mob Rolls, you go to this and you're like, what yeah. happened? Yeah. So anyway, so on a motorhead real quick, I, I'm talking too much here. Um, this sounds like motorhead. The same up tempo songs are there. Simple kind of rock songs are there, but the production's slick. It's kind of polished. Really? I think the production sucks. No, no. What I mean is not so much. It just has a slick sound to yeah. it. It doesn't sound grimy. I didn't feel dirty after I listened to this album. Okay. I didn't feel like I like, Oh, a motorhead album. I got to take a shower. And after my shower, I'm going to go back and get a beer and listen to motorhead again. I didn't feel like that. I felt like, Oh, I'm kind of clean. This is kind of, you know, no. Yes. George, the production sucks on both albums. This just had a kind of a polished feel, maybe musically. I, I get mean, what you're it saying. It opens with a guitar lick. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, where's that opening bass kind of thundering from Lemmy? Uh-huh. Um, but the songs sound like Motorhead, but they kind of go in their own lane. They kind of like, well, we're on that three-lane highway, but we're going to jump in that fucking express lane for a little bit and do something a little different. And so the guitar, there's guitar solos everywhere on this album that don't match the traditional Motorhead's feel. So if you're not looking for that, you're not going to dig this. There's some cool kind of Rush-esque tones on this which is kind of weird because it's motorhead uh-huh. um but with all that said i felt like i did this a little more and they could see what i'm doing i kind of headbanged a little more to this album uh because i felt that some of the songs were more to my liking so minus all the kind of thin lizzie-ish type solos i kind of liked um this album more wow. than born again however if born again had better remix and better tracking, I might like that one more. But in their current state, I'm going with Motorhead. Ooh, who knew we had so That's many three. Motorhead fans? Yeah, and I and I like Sabbath all. more. And I like Sabbath more than Motorhead personally. Although yeah. I, I love, me too. I love Iron Fist though. Yeah. So I mean, if this was Iron Fist, I'd be like, yeah, fuck that. I fucking <laughs> really like this Motorhead album. I'm like, wow, I didn't. It's really good. How much I like it. Yeah, but I, I will tell you, if if Sabbath had done things better, I'd probably. There's a few songs like I love trash. I think it's a cool song. It is personally. It really is. So. All right. Too bad. Uh, The production's trash. Oh God. It's horrible. So, uh, I like both these albums. Uh, I I hate the production on both these albums, but as albums, I like them both. (laughs) Actually, I'm going to stop you there real quick and just say, I agree. Cause I'm surprised you guys brought up the production. On the Motorhead record, not surprised. It's I don't think it's the production on the record. It's the amount of effects on Robbo's guitars, like that. It, 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 it's it kind of that's why it's kind of dirty sound. It kind of buries Lemmy. Chorusy stuff on there and everything. It's like the vocals are kind of buried underneath all of that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah the, the guitars are really bright. I thought mm-hmm. on the album as opposed to kind of dirty, grungy. Not grungy, but you know what I mean. They're shiny. That's like what I said. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they, they really are. They. It's kind of like whoa. Who turned the light on? kind of uh guitar licks so anyway sorry george yeah it's, it's cool so uh, let me 
Lemmy. <laughs> Let me talk about both of these a little bit. <laughs> Let me tell you about Lemmy. Uh, so the Black Sabbath album, this was my third Black Sabbath album. The first one I got was uh, We Sold Ourselves for Rock and Roll, which was, of course, like a compilation of Ozzy stuff. The second thing I got was Mob Rules, which was Dio. And the third album I got was Born Again, which was wow. Ian Gillen. Really? And so I was very confused as a child. Um, yes. <laughs> I would be confused. <clears throat> but what, but. I got, you know, the other two were, the first two were out before I came along. And then Born Again was the, 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 the current album that was out and I bought it. And I was just like, this fucking looks evil. It's fucking badass. And I got it and I dug it, um, you know, at the time. Um, and so looking back on it now, some of the songs, th- there's some good songs. And then there's some songs that are pretty like, nah, not so much. Uh, you know, the instrumental stuff is like whatever. Um, hotline, keep it warm. They're, t- they're like John said, they're decent, deep purple songs, not really Black Sabbath songs. Um, but the the songs that I do like, uh, Trashed, uh, Disturbing the Priest, Zero the Hero, are Stone Cold classics as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, it's more of like a really good EP. <laughs> um, and then you've got the Motorhead. Okay. Well, I, you know, I love Motorhead. Lemmy is God. And um, as Jay mentioned, both of these albums are sort of an anomaly in the catalog. You know, uh, Ian Gillen being the only, it's his only album and, and uh, Robertson's only album with uh, Motorhead. And, this listening to this, it is definitely a departure from the motorhead sound. It is way more like Rocky as opposed to like punky. There's a lot of riffage that wouldn't normally be. I mean, it's like clean arpeggiated chords like on, uh, I got mine the beginning of that, you know? And I'm like, okay, well this is not what I would expect from motorhead. This is very different from what I expect from motorhead. Uh, and, the whole album was very different, except for one song. Tales of Glory is straight up classic Motorhead. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one too, actually. But go ahead, George. I'll, yeah, it's I mean, fine. There's one that I, uh, another one I can see right. But for the most part, it was it was it was interesting because, um, you know, it was a different take on Motorhead. It was a little more commercially viable for the time a little more pretty in the guitar. I mean, there were like solos and stuff, you know, a lot of, a lot of wankery going on in this album that is not really what I come to expect from Motorhead. So it it was unusual, but I do dig the album. Um, But ultimately I have to go Black Sabbath because those, like I said, those songs that are good are Stone Cold classics. Those three songs are just killer. And they really are. While I dig some of the stuff on here, particularly Tales of Glory, and I got mine. And marching off to war was the other one I was going to mention. That, that okay, yeah. On. One track mind was was really cool. It was very different. Actually, my favorite song on the record is um, "Back at the Funny Farm." I think it's like a great song. Yeah, the, yeah. It was a good. It was a good. It was a good opener. Yeah. Mine, minus a little guitar look before Lemmy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, you know, it's like this is Motorhead, and it's motorhead not at their best but it's not but at the same time it's decent motorhead and it's an interesting take on motorhead but 
I love the Ian. I love what Ian Gillen does on disturbing the priest. Uh, Zero the hero and and the title track Born Again. Uh, you know, it's like Purple Rain, but Black Sabbath with Ian Gillen. You know, and so yeah, that's what I got to say about that. So, does the cheese stand alone, Jay? Three motorheads and one Black Sabbath. Well, I we lose either way. I lose either way. Both. I like both records. They both have their faults. There's no question about that. But um, um, I think the Motorhead is more consistently good throughout. It's got. Um, I'll give you that too. I I, I was going to say yeah. that. I th- I felt it was more consistently good. Because yeah, and I do like album. it. Like I think it's really good song. <laughs> There's really good songs on there, and one of them, "Back at the Funny Farm," is my favorite one, which also includes the the, the, the lyric. I really like this jacket with the sleeves are much too long, which is super <laughs> funny. And uh, so a couple other things here real quick. Um, the um, I know the Black Sabbath is weird. I totally get that. And I understand why everybody thinks it's, it's, it's really weird. Um, but also I have to call it my favorite lyric from that album, which is the gray and plastic retards all floating in circles. <laughs> this is from the song Born Again. A couple things about that tour. The live stuff sucks. Um, even though I agree with you, John, like visually, I would like to see that, but I've heard him singing, you know, children of the grave and it's not good. No, he, he, he um, doesn't fit at all for that. Song. He doesn't fit. No, but, no. and then also, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but the inspiration for the tiny stone hinge mm-hmm. on Spinal yeah. Tap yes, was because they did a tour. Yes. The tour for this, they brought a stone hinge that was too big to fit on almost any stage they played. So they were dwarfed by this thing. So Spinal Tap did something really funny by reversing that and making it so small that they dwarfed it. Um, and so Have you whole- been to Stonehenge before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just that whole thing. And I believe they even had a midget, or excuse me, a dwarf dressed up as a, in the, as the baby yeah. running along the lighting rig or something for the first few things of the tour. Just not a great look. No. <laughs> now that stated, um, I bought this, this honest truth, I bought this record, Born Again, on the same day that I bought Venom Black Metal. Oh, and, man. And I was a huge Black Sabbath fan already, blah, blah, blah. And I guess I was just open-minded enough to, like, let them do whatever they were going to do. And to me, it worked perfectly well with Black Metal. I was like, this is this weird-sounding, shittily productive Productive album pr- produced <laughs> produced productor rated we've, um, we've come up with a whole new lexicon producerized <laughs> like we're and the band magma i think it's the atmosphere on that record is so murky that i love it to me it's like theater and and i i honestly think that um disturbing the priest despite my deep love for Deep Purple and Black Sabbath, is one of Ian Gillen's best performances in his I whole agree. career. He's like, I mean, standing it, on the album. It yes. would be top three for me. And you're right, John. He was at the height of his power, so whatever he really was. Stable was going to be bitching. He also, his vocal performance on Born Again is outstanding, the, the title track. Um, and honestly, I think those are the two best songs on the record. And I think a lot of it's filler, but I think those two songs... Plus, the trash just good. Zero, the heroes good, are so strong that to me it's still better than the Motorhead record. So, believe it or not, I I will just love Born Again. I think it's such a good record. I totally recognize it as it probably should have been called something else besides Black Sabbath. So, um, Jay, quick in, in that context, I'm understanding that my brain was being twisted by black metal, and so production was 
an iffy concept for me for a few minutes. And because I was getting into the underground stuff, um, I just thought it was this weird, spooky record that I would put on late at night and just be like, fuck, this is fucked up. Well, you know, back, <laughs> back in 83, the production sounded spooky. Now it just sounds it's shitty. Done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on both accounts. Totally, dude. <clears throat> okay, so I go. I'm going born again, which means it's two three right now. Um, Come on, again, Will. I like both. And now I would also say, um, first off, I'll find it. There is a reproduced version of this out there, and what it is is it's unproduced. They went and took all the extra filters and shit that are on that record, and it's basically just like a really strong blues rock record somehow. You'll, you'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. And I'll send it to you. Hey Jay, just curious, what do you feel about the tracking though? I, I just yeah, feel it's like horrible. I horrible. Stonehenge every time. I don't listen to Stonehenge. I mean, and then there's yeah. one before. I always Zero feel like Hero. I always feel like Hotline should be yeah. second on the album. Um, I don't have a problem with. I think no, I like it the way it is. But I, but I, oh, I the dark Stonehenge. is the other one. Yeah, I can't stand Stone. I mean, trash. You're kind of upbeat, and I just feel like. You come in right off, and you just go to this kind of weird. I don't know. I can't hear Stonehenge without thinking of Spinal Tap, and mm-hmm. it just ruins it right there. And I'm just like, oh fuck! Fair you enough. know, and if if you're a Spinal Tap fan, that whole diatribe about Spinal Tap and 18 inches or 18 feet, and like you said, the little person dances, the two little people dance around, it just kills the album for me. And I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> This should open up the second out, second side, the B side of the album. Uh, for those of us who still remember vinyl when it came out, originally came out, not now, originally. That yeah. should like that should have been like the opening to the second side of the album, just for me. So weird. You know, so many problems with that record. That's why. So, also, and, it sh- it. And, it sh- and it should be a thousand times better than what it is. I know. I, I wish they would come and remix it. I, I, yeah. I, I Reorder it. All guy. To me, it sounds like a record that was recorded in the basement of a dungeon, and I'm perfectly happy with that because mm-hmm. of the weird cover and the presentation. And and by the way, Ian Gillen is a fantastic lyricist, and and that's true throughout his career. And like some of the lyrics on this record are so good. Nobody's totally mentioned Digital United. Bitch, and yeah, I, I kind of like that one too. That's a that's, Sharon Osbourne song, isn't it? That's what was said to be about her. Yeah. And it may that, be true, I don't know. But I think they directed that at her. But anyway, th- this whole exercise was in- intended because that's so we come into records like this with the weight of all the great things these guys have done. And it's hard to set them aside and go, well, here's this other weird thing. What do I think of it? Mm-hmm. Especially if it's put out under the same name, you know, which neither of these probably should have been. Maybe well, more. Well, it's kind of funny because it's three Black Sabbath original members Mm -hmm. that's what's so strange about it but yeah because the singer is so different yeah it really the production is so different there's no other album that's produced like this but i'll ask you guys all this question do you actually for i mean i remember this some of the oldest and i'm not just saying that but i remember this happening when we went from that kind of warm sound sure 80 81 82 then 83 hit and it's like every band had this kind of synthetic synth poppy kind of just no weight behind sound. Both bands suffered from this on their albums. I mean, even uh, though Motorhead I, sounds more Motorhead, yeah, it sounds like every, every band was a, every seventies band was a victim to this in the eighties. 
every single one. They couldn't escape, couldn't escape it. There's no way. Well, look at the difference between <laughs> mob rules and heaven and hell. The production on those are drastically different. But at and least look they're at, still... Look at what Joe Boresi just pulled off. Yeah. But those albums are all still kind of in the same realm. But yeah, I'll give I'll give you a better example: Def Leppard on High and Dry, to Def Leppard and Pyromania. Wow! And that's only a two year difference. Yeah, just, but the mid eighties just killed so many seventies bands. Thank God ACDC did not let Mutt Lang go that crazy with them. That's the only band that survived it. Now, it's the same fucking song, 10 songs on an album for X yeah. number of albums after for those about the rock, but he did manufacture he he did manufacture their background vocals. He he slipped into the flipper background vocals there. But no, I agree with you. And that is that's all part of the interesting kind of weird tapestry that takes place here. And I have to tell you, if I had probably been any other age and in any other part in my traveling, I don't know how I would have received born again but in my weird rural house in missouri in the middle of the night it was <laughs> fucking brilliant so it's in- and it scared me a little bit it's interesting because uh so i'm 54 so i remember when heaven and hell came out i mean i bought it right when it came out i was 12 years old yeah. and so i was indoctrinated on the aussie sabbath already and then i got the dio sabbath like whoa so I got both of those before we even got to this point. And then George, you're telling me, you're telling me your three albums were Mob Rules, We Sold Our Soul, and in this one, I'm like, fuck. By the time we got to this one, I was the first album, the second album, you know, Masters of Reality. Yeah. I mean, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath was oozing out of my fucking pores at that point. Yeah, well, oh. I was. Keep in mind, I was getting all my music off of the Columbia record and tape. Oh my God. Thing yes. at this Everybody time. Knows. So <laughs> I was getting mine from kids that were older than me saying, Hey, asshole, listen to this. Yeah. You know? See, I was all on my own and I was just the, you know, Columbia house thing, <sighs> it, it, like it, ordering it, chick going, well, that sounds cool. Well, it, it's interesting too, because Jay, he loved born again right away. Like it, it affected him. So it's, he has a high nostalgia factor for that record. So do I. And it's, and it's stuck with him yeah. all this time. Yeah. Whereas we might not have had that. Yeah, and definitely I'm, definitely and I'm, and I'm before that. I'm before it. You know, yeah. it's just so. It's I actually enjoy that the most about our podcast is how we're not we're that. I'm not that in. much older than you guys, uh, Jay and George. Uh-huh. I'm I'm significantly older than Matt and Marcus on. Um, but that's an interesting point, John. <laughs> but it's only a couple of years, and it's like light years between yeah. us. Yeah. Light years. Sometimes, yeah. To add to that, sometimes Marcus on and. and Matt are from a whole different universe that Chuck hasn't destroyed yet on Supernatural. So, yeah. hey, but it, but it, but it comes, well, Matt's from like the Nookie universe, right? He did it well, all. It, and they're bitching and complaining over there all the time, you know. So, you know, I didn't even really think of that, Marcus. And even though I've sort of articulated, I didn't use that word nostalgia. And you're absolutely right about that. Mm-hmm. So but I, again, keep in mind, I heard this record, Black Metal, on the same day for the first time. Yeah, that's wild. I that's absolutely crazy. I, I, I lived an hour that's and a half formative from the mall for where I bought them, you know. Uh-huh. And 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 I'd already heard some extreme metal, but black metal was nigh over to me. And then I was just like, to think Sabbath had pulled off this amount of heaviness was a shock, yeah. even though I know they're. Well, I just yeah. mention it because nostalgia, it's, it's the strongest pull. Of course. Well, you know what question. I mean? Even if an Out album question. isn't as good, which I, I just, I don't see how... Born Again is better. But the nostalgia factor 
is it's too much to overcome. Yeah, yeah. You can't even you can't overstate that, Marcus. On yeah, you, you literally cannot overstate that. Yeah, and Very, I've done it too. When we've had other albums on there, I, if I had an attachment to it, even if it's not a better album, technically, musically, songs, I'll go to that. Uh-huh. I will say this though: that's not I the think, case here, but I understand you. Yeah. By the I way, think uh, again though is more capable of producing nostalgia, as weird as that sounds, and it's because it's so atmospheric to me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, really, like. Turn off all your lights and put on Disturbing the Priest and tell me that's not the perfect song for Halloween. And that's powerful stuff coming into a kid's ears, you know. And and um, and it's not just because, I mean, they still stand up to me. I still think that yeah. the title track is still, I, I you, still listen to those songs. Do you know the uh, story behind Disturbing the Priest, too? Uh, yeah, they were, they recorded it at a place, like a mansion, and it was near a rectory or something, and yeah, there was lots, and they were literally disturbing this priest. Yeah, he, they they were doing choir around. practice, and he came over. They left the store studio door open, and he the priest wandered in and was like, "Can you turn it down? We're trying to have choir practice." <laughs> it's actually, really funny, <laughs> Mister Sabbath. Yeah. But, uh, hey, but anyway, it's, this is more or less the outcome I expected to, because I also don't blame anybody who's like, oh, "I don't know, these are not that great records." But I'm also kind of a completist, and I don't think I try too hard to to find things I love and things, but um, I love both of these bands very much. And I don't think these are the dog dogs that they've got the credit for being over mm-hmm. the years. Yeah. Jay, so. I guarantee if they remix that born again and retrack it, uh, it wouldn't be close. By the way, if they, uh, if they remix yeah. it, we should do this again. Can, can yes. I get, can I, we think. can I give the Bill and Ted update to the game? Yeah. Go ahead. Six to nine, dude. All right. <laughs> So in any case, um, by the way, he is supposed to be doing that. I only said a while back he was going to yeah. do that. He so did it. He said it like last year. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And if you'd like to hear it, Ian Gillen did a solo record a while back called Ian Gillen's Inn, in which he revisited his whole career. And he does a re-recorded version of Trash that actually has Tony on it, but it's not at all. It doesn't sound like. How, how does he say the name? Ian Gillen's Inn. Oh, okay. Like, uh, his, like okay. Ian Gillen's Hotel. Yeah. I no, I was just... It's a Seinfeld joke. Remember, his name is oh, Ian. It's not Ian, it's Ian. Oh, Ian. Ian. But actually, it might be called Gillen's Inn. But in any case, <laughs> if you want to hear at least one alter, unadulterated kind of or un, all shitty sounding version of uh, one of these songs, you can hear it um, trashed. And trashed is about what again? They went, <laughs> they went, <laughs> they went, well, it's true. It's a true story, but they went and, um, drank a whole bottle of tequila and it was like they were in this bar and the, and the guy was like, I didn't even know that was up there. It's been there for 30 years and they drank this whole thing. And then they, um, a couple things happened. One was, I think they went to a go-kart track for some reason and crashed a bunch of go-karts, but then they ended up driving, um, a car into the pool. Bill Ward's car to be exact. Bill Ward's car. <laughs> I would never expect a fucking old rock and roll band to do that. That's yeah. weird. But they stole Bill Ward's car and yeah. <laughs> and drove it into and, the pool. And that was the end of Bill Ward and Black Sabbath for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I do love that the, the stories, the real life stories made it into the lyrics. Like to me, that the stories are actually better than the album. Well, so. it's funny. Yeah. It's, Sabbath seems to have the better stories than Motorhead, but you would think Motorhead would have the better stories. Uh, Not during that record, though, because I think um, Marcus sounds right. Let me fucking. You know, he, he thought it was going to be fine, but I guess 
Oh, he Bravo was, used to really stick it to him. Drove him absolutely fucking insane. Yeah. I'm afraid of the same yeah. thing. Yeah. He was just yeah. like, just ended already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he also, by the way. That's why Phil Campbell worked out perfect for that band when he came in. Yeah. He also came in, though, um, to finish the Iron Fist tour. That's when he joined the band. So he's actually on some of the Iron Fist live recordings. Yeah. Like maybe the second half of the tour or something. Do you guys, I don't know if you guys know this. Do you know why Eddie left? Because I do know. And it's kind of interesting. Mm, to form Fastway? No, they did. Um, remember they did that girl school thing? Yeah. Uh, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre thing. Huh? And then Lemmy wanted to do um, Stand By Your Man with Wendy O. Williams. Mm-hmm. And Eddie was like, I don't, we got to stop doing songs with girls. It's so stupid. And he quit. He was yeah. like, fuck this. Wow. Yeah. yeah he and thought then, it was like watered down Motorhead or something. And then Which, by the way, if you've never heard Wendy Williams singing Stand By Your Man. Yeah. Words are yeah, that's not close to being watered down. <laughs> well, I thank you for taking part because that was a lot to ask of you guys to listen to two records that historically most people don't like that much. No, it was fun to go back and, and venture. I mean, it was uh, actually, I said Motorhead went out of their lane a little bit, and it was kind of nice to go out of my my normal lane a Indeed. little bit. Again, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, no, I agree. And it might have been our longest discussion of albums ever for <laughs> Thunderdome. So, and we don't even have the full team here, so. To be clear, both albums, by the way, that if somebody was like, recommend me something, I would never recommend to almost anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. It only makes sense in a group of people like this, you know. We'll have a big background and pull from of music yeah. and can overlook some. But it's cool because I doubt I would play those records, you know, but uh, so you made me go back and listen to them. So. At least be part of it. There you go. <laughs> uh, I yeah, do, I, I I like do suggest avoid the Ian Gillen live stuff too. It's terrible. This is mm-hmm. really bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I've heard some of that. Yeah. All righty then. Let us move on to what we are listening to. Mark is on. I'll take a fast leak. I'm not to be disrespectful, Marcus. I'll be back before you're done. <laughs> okay. Should I wait or should I go? Up to you. No, go ahead. I won't be that fast, but I just meant I didn't want to look like I didn't care what you're listening to. I'll be right back. Kind of sun- seems like he doesn't care what you're listening right. to. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll go. Um, first record is uh, the Odolith Folium Limina on Blues Funeral Records. Um, this is one of my most anticipated albums because I absolutely loved Sub Rosa. Mm. And this has four out of five band members, plus they added uh, the bassist from Visigoth. Mm. And it's fucking stunning. This record is amazing. It's just I granite didn't... heavy, majestic doom um, that saddens your heart with these forlorn violins and just the beautiful voice of uh sarah pendleton Mm -hmm. and um you know it's just but it's fucking heavy still too and uh i fucking love doom but anyways the last um sub rosa album i felt like they almost put too much into it it was almost overwhelming oh it was amazing what are you talking about 
It was good, but I like the first one better. Um, uh-huh. So this one kind of gets back to that. I just feel like the song structures in this this Odolith album are just phenomenal. I love this record. I did not know about this record until this morning. Well, no, okay, let me take that back. I did not know who this was until this morning. Mm-hmm. I had seen everybody online talking about this yesterday and going, and I'm like, yeah, I've never heard of this fucking band, whatever, fuck them. And, uh, but, but, you know, doing my due diligence for the episode, I was like, well, a lot of people talked about this. So let me look it up. And I was like, oh shit, Subrosa. Okay. And I like listened to it and immediately bought it (laughs) and was like, uh, yeah, this is really good. Yeah, no, it's that good. It's, it's, I mean, it's basically Subrosa continuing. Yeah. Um, yeah, love, love, love that record. I've been playing it pretty constantly since it came out. Uh, next one is Sentient Archetype. Uh, it's an independent release. This is a aggressive, dynamic, uh, progressive metal from Indonesia. I don't know how I found this record because it's it's very much under the radar. Um, but I I love it. You know, it's I like the more aggressive, progressive style. Like we we're talking about Parius. And um, so I, this one's a lot easier for me to get into because it's got, you know, it's guitar forward. Um, and then it's the flourishes of uh, progressive that I like. I, I, I gravitate towards those. So it takes me a little bit more time to, to get into like, you know, progressive forward albums. But um, so I really like this. The production is great on it too. I don't know where these guys came from. I mean, they're in, from Indonesia, but unbelievable. And then the uh, next one is Imprecation. In Nomine Diaboli, uh, Dark Descent Records, just a uh, bestial, monstrous death metal that uh, envelops you in this like occult haze of lurking dread. Their sound it, it it stands out to me in death metal for some reason. It, I don't. I think it's maybe that atmosphere that they put into it. Um, I love the last one, um, but I like this one even more. And uh, the album cover is freaking. Stunning too. Um, so I'm really enjoying that one. Uh, Black Royal Earthbound on M Theory Audio. Um, a bombastic sludge and roll style metal. Really big hooky riffs and evil grooves. It's kind of like Entombed mixed with Motorhead. Yeah, I I listened to a little bit of this one because um, I you know I saw it on your thing and I was like, okay, I I know this. Like I don't know if they've got previous albums I've heard. It could just be because Black is in every other band name and Royal is in every other band name that they sound familiar. But uh, I did kind of dig the little bit I heard, so I want to go back and listen oh, cool. to more. Yeah, listen to it. Their last time was on my top 25 okay. a couple of years ago. It, it was, I don't know, it was probably in the teens or something like that. So I really dug that record, and this one might be better than that one. Okay. Um, uh, next one is uh, Deva. Mm. through sheer will and black magic and 20 bucks spin. This is one of my most played records this month because it just came out just absolutely neck breaking death thrash with these light speed solos and just nonstop devastation on this record. Well, you know, that's Steve from crypt sermon, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, I love this record. It just, it's wow. It's furious. And I need to be in the pit and see this band live. Mm. Um, I've listened to their other record. I can't remember if it was an EP or if it was a full length before. And it 
it did not affect me in the same way. They've definitely upgraded with this one. And then the last thing on my list is, uh, well, basically for most of the month, I've been down in a hole with Alice in Chains. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I got the remastered edition of Dirt on uh, limited yellow vinyl, and I've been spinning it a ton to celebrate the 30th anniversary this year. And because um, I think I've talked about how I wanted this record for years on this podcast and they finally put it out because um, it was like you could get it, but it was like three hundred dollars or some crazy. Really? Thing. I didn't pay that much. I only paid really? like 20 bucks for it. Yeah. yeah, me too. I mean, if you waited. Uh, yeah, you guys probably bought it when it was at some release, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I think what it was is that it was out and then they just didn't reissue any more copies of it. And it became like a fucking collectible. I don't know. Indiana Jones had to find <laughs> yeah. it in some Amazonian jungle or something like that. I couldn't find it for a good price anywhere. And it was just hard to find. So really? I was happy they put it out. And actually I like, I'm going to sell all my shit and make some money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this shit I might assume. be worth something on my yeah. end. <laughs> Check Discogs. Cause what the fuck? But also um, in addition to listening to dirt a ton, I mean, I, I read yeah, the so. biography. Mm. Nice, John. I just read the biography, Alice in Chains, The Untold Story by David DeSolo. And um, I just finished it like maybe a couple days ago. And and I've been listening to this weekly podcast about the band called The Opus. Hmm. Um, I think Consequence, that site, put it out. The the guy on the podcast is kind of a tool, but it's some good information on it. So that's Wait, it's about good. tool? No, it's no, the he's, guy. He's a tool. tool. He's yeah. a tool. Got it. Um, but of course I've been in, I've been spinning on plug, jar of flies, sap, facelift, uh, mad season record and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's all, it's all fucking good, man. It's all good. It's all, all things good. Alice in my house at the moment. That's awesome. So yeah, I've definitely, I'm, like I said, I am down in the hole with Alice in chains. Just really enjoy celebrating it. Yeah. And the, and the only Seattle band that outside of, um, I can't think of the name of the band, but the dude with the crazy fucking hair uh, from Seattle that admits that they had metal influence. Oh, Almost. the guy from the Melvins, right? Melvin, thank you. Melvins, Melvins, and yeah, thank you. And Allison Chains are the only Seattle bands that of the grunge scene that admitted, oh, yeah. We're, we're metal. <laughs> it's the funniest picture. Well, Nirvana liked metal. They did, but they well, they were kind of weird. They never got into that conversation. Maybe it's just directed yeah. at Soundgarden just being such weenies yeah. about it. So, John, did you, ever, Somebody, did you read the book, the Alice in Chains one? That no, I but I I need to though. I read oh, an Alice so in Chains book. I don't know. I don't think it was that one though. It's I, I, it's a my, really good book. So um, I got I I read it. Well, I kind of mixed it, so I got the audio version and I, get, I have the actual book. So I would read it sometimes, and then when I would like do cooking or. Just throw it on, it. yeah. And the the narrator's really good, actually. I, I like that one, but uh, it's fucking sad. But there's just tons of information I didn't know about. And uh, yeah, so yeah only, I, I would highly uh, recommend that book. If only people knew more about how things were at the end, how they tried so hard to fix things, you know, and yeah, it just they had to go on without him. They had to. And and how he was well, like dude, eighty was pounds brutal, when they found him. Yeah. yeah, no teeth. Like yeah. the yeah. guy was just a wreck. That's why I get so frustrated when people say, Oh, no, Lane, no Allison Chase. Like, do you realize how important Jerry Cantrell is to that band? I mean, it, that's it. The band is him more than anything else, you yeah. know, and it just mm -hmm. frustrated me because I love Lane. 
but I hate when people say it's not the same band. I mean, Jerry's involved in every aspect of that band. Isn't so. it funny how much he, he really resembles Bill Spear, by the way? Oh my God, they could be yes. fun. Yeah. I want them both on stage <laughs> together playing like grindy Alice in Chains songs. <laughs> you know, and then I want them playing like Alice in Chains doomy riff carcass songs. That's yeah, so together. crazy. I want it's it. The weirdest thing. So I hate to bring the baseball game back up again, oh, yeah. but but the Padres just put in Stephen Wilson to try and remix the game. <laughs> yeah, well, that's going to take a while. You're going to have to pay him to do that. <laughs> oh, well, he didn't remix that well because he gave up a run. Yeah. Wow. Like literally right then. We're looking at potentially Phillies and Astros. Potentially. Potentially. Oh, there's another one. 10 to 6. Motherfuckers. I'll I'll, I'll tell you why I say potentially. Because when the Giants won in 2012, they were down, I think, (laughs) 2-0 to the Reds. They came back and won 3-2. And they were down 3-1 to the Cardinals, came back and won 4-3. And then they swept the Tigers. Sorry, George. I don't know if you're a Tigers fan. I am a Tigers fan. Yeah. And that was a good Tigers team, too, by the way. It's all right. We so, have 84. They do. And no one predicted they would win that year. Daryl Evans played for the Giants, won with the Tigers. Oh, I love Daryl Evans. Yeah, Darryl yeah, Evans. yeah, yeah. I know Daryl. I know. It's not my shit. All right. Anyway, Marcus, I'm glad you got a copy of that kind of yellowish, uh, sunbursty type vinyl because that one went pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, because I think I it was uh, like a European version. That's awesome, man. So it's, like, it's such uh, a good uh, album, lucky. too. It really is. Because they announced it, and like the vinyl went like Gone. that. <laughs> like ridiculous. Seconds. So I don't know how I was able to score this one. but And I don't know how you guys excited. feel. I consider that a metal alternative album. It, it's metal to yeah, me. That's not, yeah, that's a fair way to put it, yeah. It's yeah. not full metal. It's an alternative metal album, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. So, but you're not going to find a singer like that who doesn't come from a metal band. So, fuck. No way. I mean, playing back Black Sabbath riffs with that singing—that's crazy. Yeah. So. All right, so Matt, you're up. Yep. Okay. Uh, I spent a ton of that Graceless album. Um, yes. I just love those riffs. Uh, and, and like we talked to me, it's, it's better than their last album, which was already a great album. Um, I've also spun the, uh, the first three sword albums. I feel like we were talking about it in the chat yesterday. And as mm-hmm. I was doing yard work, I had them going, I'd probably gravitate more to the first album. Um, but I definitely want to kind of spin those first three albums a little bit more. Um, I saw Pike versus the Automaton is going on tour. So I've been spinning the new album from 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcuson, thank you for posting about the, is it Autolith, Odolith? Huh. Um, oh yeah, the Odolith, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was not on my radar whatsoever. I think and John I actually had it up huge. first though. Did so, you really? Yeah, oh you, shit, okay. Yeah. Well, That's cool. Uh, it's my Ordos, that's cool. No man, <laughs> Marcuson had it first. <laughs> Um, I was a huge Sabrosa fan and this was not in my radar at all. Yeah. I put it on this morning while I was continuing with the artwork. Mm-hmm. I felt like this album went on forever and yet I didn't want it to end. Yeah. Uh, it does so actually. Good. Cause it's like yeah. 70 minutes yeah. long. I mean, I, I think that's the like, thing. Like John had yeah. it up there, but then I wrote something about it being sure. Sabrosa, basically Sabrosa yep. coming yep. back and yeah, people didn't know that. Yeah. No, no. I yeah. No Sabrosa idea. and Visigoth. Yeah. yeah. Those are the two bands. Yeah. The basis from that. Yep. Um, also, 
Deva, as you mentioned, Marcuson. Yes. It's got, it's actually like three guys from Crip Sermon, yeah. uh, including Enrique. Um, I went on a huge post-hardcore deep dive. Um, for some reason, I think the news, the new Mars Volta release kicked me to at the drive-in, mm. kicked me to, you know, post-hardcore. Um, I've been doing a lot of my year-end list evaluation, um, to which I won't get into specifics, but um, <laughs> it was definitely time to kind of clean up my Bandcamp wish list and, and figure out, you know, what, what stays on my list. Uh-huh. And then lastly, I've been reading uh, D. Snyder's book, which has probably been out for quite a while. But um, Good book. Yeah, yeah. So far, I'm, we're really at just stay hungry. For, so I've really been spending the first three albums. Nice. So that's it for me. Can't go wrong with those three. Nope. Well, actually, let me, I want to make a suggestion. And that is. Um, What's let me got to do on, with it? They're on, <laughs> they're on iTunes and I don't <laughs> know where else you could get them. But there are two excellent live albums that are totally worth your time. And one is live at the Marquee Club in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. England. And it was for um, right before You Can't Stop Rock and Roll came out. And it's it's a punk record, dude, I'm telling you. And then the following year, or maybe two years later after Stay Hungry came out, the camera and played, like, I don't think it's the Hammersmith audience, but it might be. And both are fucking awesome. So uh, check it's One of them is live at the Marquee Club and one is just live in London on the stay hungry tour. Nice. Totally worth your time. I, I'm much quicker to put those mm-hmm. in than any just a sister record. If I wasn't pulling in these days. I'm on it. My greatest celebrity moment of all time. D Snyder's hair slapping me in the face. <laughs> and his mm. balls slapping you. <laughs> D Snyder's hair and Dio's aura. Yeah, because he's right. just like banging his head while he's singing, and it's just flapping in my face. And I'm like, <laughs> flagellate me, D. Flagellate me. <laughs> anyway, all right. Then uh, you've Matt is done. It is John. See. All right. Uh, so I've got quite a few actually. Uh, 10-6, bottom of the seven Phillies up. Um, so these are all my listens since our last podcast. So I got a few. Not that many, but it's a lot for me. So bear with me. My Greek is not that good here. It's going to be terrible. But uh, the band name is Annie Aon. Yeah, Aon. yeah. And the album is, I was saying this when I was a little more sober. Um <laughs> But uh, Mene, Menemo saying it. I can't pronounce the name. I'm sorry. I had it down. I can't now. It's the, uh, it translates to the Greek goddess of memory. They are a Greek progressive black metal band that, if you're a fan of what uh, Enslaved and Borknagar have been doing, uh-huh. or Borknagar, whatever you want to call them, in the last uh, X number of years, they're just so fucking good. I have all four of their albums. This one is just outstanding. Um, they bring a little sax love to your to your uh, uh-huh. listening. They had sax all the way from the beginning on their first oh. album, so it's not like it's something new. You know, like, oh, we're a new sax. Death. We're a tech death band, so let's add that dude from fucking, uh, yeah, that does the sax in this band. No, they're not doing that. They've had it all along. It's really good stuff. I mean, yeah, it's it's black metal. It's proggy. It's sexy, 
but it's black metal. It, it's and they're and I guess we we throw avant garde around too much now because avant garde means yeah like they're kind of trailblazing. All right, they're past that now, so it's I would call it more experimental, extreme. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that. So, but it's 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 really good. It's challenging right now for my album of the month. It's album cover is a little strange. It's like a lot uh-huh. of like weird people touching each other. Um, so it's like anyway. an episode of the podcast. <laughs> At Decibel Fest. At Decibel. <laughs> in April. Be there. Yeah. Touch us too. Boing, boing, boing. Uh, so my next one, An Abstract Illusion. The album is Whoa. It's their first album in six years. They're kind of a proggy death melodic band from Sweden. Wow. They uh, they upped the ante on this one. They're Again, they're kids too. They could be my kids. I think the one guy just turned 30. It's like, woo, we're old now. I'm like, fuck. Do I have to still pay your tuition? Um, good stuff. I absolutely love it. Uh, next one that came out a little while back, but it's been a while since we've done a podcast. Blind Guardian, The God Machine. I absolutely love this album. Um, it's it's a semi return to form, and I don't want to say that because Blind Guardian can do whatever the fuck they want. Although I know everyone's all upset about their classical album they did, but they've earned their stripes over the years. Uh, but this one brings back some of that kind of late 90s power, fast-paced, not speed metal, but the fast-paced power metal. And they're not that traditional power metal where they're singing these gang lyrics about sailing on seas of cheese and taking That's out the Mordor. You know, they're not, I know I'm combining a lot of different genres here, but they, they, they're not doing that. They're not slaying dragons all the time, although they are singing about Lord of the Rings all the time. Uh, but, this new Blind Guardian album's awesome, and I would not be surprised if it lists for me. I, love I agree. It. I, I love that record too. It really. It I just, like Blind Guardian, but the songs like from start to finish are yeah really throughout it. I agree. I don't feel like I have to skip anything or I'm bored by anything, no. which has been a long time uh, for me for for Blind Guardian. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, Faceless Burial at the foothills of oh god, Deloration. Is that how you say it? Third album, death metal band semi-tech death band from australia it's good it's aggressive it's deep it's dark it's nasty it's cool stuff uh next album mother of graves where the shadows adorn i absolutely love this album mother of graves they have a um they kind of pull off of the peace fell three uh catatonia brave murder day era sound and there's not a lot of bands that do that and it's kind of nice to hear somebody else doing it. That's kind of a newer band and they do it better than those bands. They just, they sound as better. It's a lot of those bands. If you listen to those early paradise lost and my dying bride and anathema albums, they're just kids trying to do that. And, and these guys just sounds better. Maybe it's just because it's better production, but I love it. It's a great album. Uh, we've mentioned the Odalith just, I mean, I'm a, a big fan of Subrosa. George and I saw Subrosa at uh, Maryland Death Fest on the Thursday night show, and they were outstanding. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see them. Nice to see the mix of the harsh vocals, male vocals, and then the female vocals. I think is from one of violinists. She does a majority of them from Subrosa, so it's kind of cool. The nice mix. It, it's not a Beauty and Beast thing from the '90s and early 2000s. It, they they do a much better job of placing them together in the songs and yes i think marcus did you say it was a super long album 
I think George said it. Oh, George said, I'm sorry. It is. Yeah. It's long, but it goes by fast, which is nice. Yeah, man, their songs are great. Yeah. And, and I kind of like that the violin replaces the synth or keyboards on the album, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, we've mentioned them. They're Parias, Parias, or Parias, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> A single heard throughout space. We've already mentioned that. It's a good album. An album that nobody's really talking about, and that's cool because we haven't mentioned much trad metal, which I hate that expression. That would be traditional heavy metal or U.S. power metal from the 80s. Summerlands, Dream Killer. Mm. It's a cool album. I like it. You know, it's the guys from uh, Crip Sermon, I believe. It's an, oh, no, Eternal Champion. Eternal Champion. Mm-hmm. Eternal Champion. Uh, actually, Eternal Champion, Dream, Unending, and Immutable Forms. So... Yeah, it's a whole slew of people. It's a cool album. I forgot to listen to that. Yeah, it, it's look, it's right now we have a, a gluttony of old school death metal and old school U.S. power metal. It's just there's too many bands doing that now. There's nothing new. They're they're part of that old school traditional U.S. power metal. They're just really good at doing it. Uh-huh. So. I believe that's Arthur Rizek's band, isn't it? Yes. I th- yeah. yeah, I think he's in that I think, one. I think so. He plays guitar in that band. So, and my last one, uh, Vorbid, a swarm by the edge of Mandala. They are a Norwegian progressive slash technical thrash band. Emphasis more on the progressive side because their previous album was more technical thrash with just vocals I hated. In this album, they've kind of changed that around a little bit. It's a killer album. That's all I got. All right. little, big I'm list, a, John. Good job. I'm a little buzzed from, yeah. all, my, from all my big beers from Reno. You know, so I'm keeping it real simple because um, I listen to a lot of different stuff all the time. But the things that I listen to most this week that are new and worth mentioning are the Goat Horror and the Sog. Both of those I listen to a lot. And then just speaking of falling down holes. And this happens to me. And I might have even said this last time. I don't know, but I fell down a saxophone. And I'm stuck on everything from everything up to power and the glory. And I'm just sometimes I'll just do that for a week and just keep putting records in. Aren't you always um, in the saxophone really mode? Well, yeah. that came out because of the um, Beast Over Hammersmith, which I put in. So I had to let the Eagles landed. And then, you know, now I'm screwed. So, but I um, can't And then you wake up in Dallas at 1, 1 p.m. and you're like, where the <laughs> fuck am I? <laughs> but I can't recommend enough that new Gordon Hall record. I know we already bragged about it, but it's, that's that's a real treat. And Sog is always good. So. Nice. All righty. So, despite my not listening to a whole lot of things, I actually have a longer list than usual, but that's as. Uh, I think John mentioned due to the fact that it's been a while, <clears throat> but a lot of this stuff, actually, I think, I think the list like doubled today. So, <laughs> uh, first up, uh, one that has come out since our last episode that I don't think we've actually mentioned, but maybe we have, uh, the new behemoth, uh, Opus Contra Naturum, their 12th album. Uh, and, uh, if I, if I can remember the last month, I think it was my album of the month. <laughs> Um, really good stuff. Uh, another one that's getting a little long in the tooth, uh, as far as the year goes, Bloodbath, uh, their survival of the sickest, their sixth album is also, uh, better to me than their last album probably was. Um, so I've been enjoying that. 
Next is the album that I wanted to be my album of the month, but as we know, it's going to be Goat Whore. Um, but this would be my second place, and that is the new Bloody Hammers album that nobody likes but me. Washed <laughs> in the Blood. It's their seventh album. They're a North Carolina doom rock band. And this is probably, it's ironic because they've been on Napalm for a few albums and this is their first independently released album and it's probably their best album. It is their most consistent album. It is, uh, it's pretty rocking, you know, uh, sometimes they, they go heavy and then they go gothy and then they go heavy and they go back and forth. And this is like pretty banging from front to back until the last song. And then the last song's kind of slower, but it works. Um, so I would say this is probably definitely a lister. Um, I know nobody likes them, but I fucking dig them. So fuck y'all. Love you. doesn't matter, man. You like them. That's all that matters. That's right. And we spread the wealth to the uh, listeners. Exactly. So. Uh, next up is a band called Catapult the Sun. And their second EP, Cathode. They're an instrumental doom sludge band from Greece. I just kind of mm. stumbled across this in the feed the other day. Uh, and I was like, hey, I like how this sounds. And, hey, were uh, you drunk camping recently? Because you got a lot of purchases, yeah, I yeah. thought. And I wasn't drunk camping. I, I just was catching up. Okay. Uh, and uh, Coffee camping then. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I've been kind of in a more doomy, grungy, sludgy mood lately instead of an extreme mood because I kind of got burned out. Um, though I still do like uh, stuff when it's good. But I've, I've just been sort of leaning in a different direction. And, and this just caught me. And I was like, hey. I dig this. It's, you know, it, it's instrumental, so it's just cool doom background music. Uh, next, the album's not out yet, not until next week, but the new Dark Throne song, Caravan of Broken Ghosts, fucking rips. Uh, you know, these guys, I mean, I'm a big fan of their early catalog, but the last few albums have been kind of hit or miss, and I wasn't really a big fan of the last one, Eternal Hails, though I probably should go listen to it again after hearing this song, but this song is fucking awesome. So I can't wait till next week to hear the rest of the dark throne album. What album number is this? Do you know? Like 93 or some shit. It seems like it doesn't. It's been around for so long. Yeah. Um, next up is a band called frail and that's spilled F R A Y L E. It's their second album, skin and sorrow. They're a Cleveland, uh, like sort of doomy post metal band, female, female, Vocals. (laughs) (laughs) Vocals. <laughs> um, and I, what I really dig about it is, is her voice. Uh, I, and I'm going to get into this more later, but uh, it's a very uh, haunting and soothing type of voice. Uh, it's, it's a bit heavier than other things that I listen to with this type of vocals, but and it's not like it's super heavy, but it's just more metal. Uh, but it's cool. I like it. Next up, uh, Heads for the Dead, The Great Conjuration. It's their third album. They're an international death metal band. And if you haven't listened to this, I think you should. Marcuson's shaking his head like... No, I'm just cracking my neck. Okay. I was going to say, you cannot be shaking your head because this is a good album. So you should go listen to I it. Listen to it. It's solid. All right. Thank you. Um, next up... Uh, Previously mentioned the Odalith. I just checked that out this morning as like Sub Rosa. What? And uh, got all over that 
jumped on it, picked it up. Uh, next up, not metal, but uh, the the band The Pixies have a new album called Doggerel. It's their seventh album. It's like alternative rock stuff. I was really into these guys in the 90s. Uh, Black Francis is he's been back in the band, but he, he left for a little while. Uh, they came back and, uh, put out a few more albums and this one's pretty cool. I like it. It's, it's, you know, alternative grungy kind of stuff, but it's cool. I love the pixies. I love you. (laughs) And, uh, then we have Tylo T Y L O. And this is another, uh, female singer. Uh, she calls it, uh, doom folk. And I picked up her album, The Descent, and her latest EP called Six. And it's it's her voice. is Most of this album is kind of acoustic or at least not distorted electric guitar uh, with her haunting vocals over top of it. It's extremely calming and soothing to me. Uh, she does throw in some heavier guitars every now and again. And, you know, she looks like every other gothic you know, mirror looking singer out there with draped in black and lace and things. And, but, uh, um, I really dig this and I don't think most people have probably heard of this one. I just kind of stumbled across it. So, uh, check it out. And finally, uh, this is another one that's not entirely metal. It's a band called weddings and the album's called Book of Spells. It's their second album. They're an Austrian sort of doom grunge. Uh, and it was the grunge part that kind of caught me. I was like, oh, this is sort of 90s sounding. Um, and the, the, the vocalists, there's, there's two vocalists. There's the man and a woman. And they sort of uh, harmonize on most of the songs for the vocals. So there's like two vocal lines like Alice in Chains for, for most stuff. Uh, and on some of the songs, the guy will sing more and the woman will sing more on the other one. And, uh, but it's, uh, it's kind of cool and I'm digging it a lot. So that's what I've got. All right. Bit of a return to form for the I know. list there, John. I know. Good job. I was like, oh, wow, it's getting kind of long. So, but and not uh, too long because she kept us engaged. Exactly. Yeah. Just the tip. Just the tip. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. All right. We have reached the almost end, but first we need your albums of the episode. Oh, yeah. Well, we know what Matt's is going to be. Oh, man, this is tough. (laughs) I mean, fuck. I think normally I would go with Alice in Chains' Dirt, but I think I'm going to... I'm going to go with the Odalith because I want people to listen to that because mm-hmm. I love Subros and I, I think this might be the best record they've done, that group. So uh, it's just glorious doom. So I'm going to go with the Odalith. Cool. <laughs> uh, John. No, Matt. He has to. He has to say it legally. I have to say it. Oh, it's based it's... on a contractual obligation to which I signed. My album of the episode is Leviathan by Mouse. Oh, yeah, One of funny. these days, you're going to have Thank to you, actually Jay. think about it. Thank you, Jay. Not what's at your, all, sir. I, what, you know, what's I, mean, your... honestly, I was surprised that there came in at the end. For the win. <laughs> I love it. What's your other album of the episode? The uh, the new Subrosa. The 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 yeah. All right. Followed by dirt. 
John? As, as I have two tattoos from that album. I'm going to go with Mother of Graves as my album of the month. I absolutely love the kind of catatonia, Brave Murder Day sound and the Peace Fell 3 sound oh, that huh. they've captured. Wait, is album of the month or album of the episode? John? Episode. He said album of the month, so I was wondering mm. if he was going to declare his album Freudian of the month early. Slip. And my, al- my album of the month is Macedon Leviathan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. John's a little tipsy. Not at all. Actually, I'm just I'm unbelievably tired right now. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> no, I, album of the episode and month, Mother of Grace. Oh, nice. he is doing it. Mm. Yeah, fuck it. A slip. Not even gonna. Now I don't have to worry. I can move on to November. I'm done. All right. Well done, John. All right, Jay. Now I can go to. Now I can go, go to sleep. With, <laughs> I'll go with Goat Heart. Um, it's a great record. So why not? That's this so is good. this is gonna stick with on my ribs for a couple of months to be sure. Yeah, I was I was thinking I was gonna go Goat Heart for album of the episode, but as I've already declared it my album of the month, I'm gonna give a little love somewhere else. For the episode, and that would be the Bloody Hammers album, Washed mm. in the Blood. You should definitely check cool. that out. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All how, right. How, wait, what time is it? 10 11. Four All hours. Right. It's 11 11. Four hours. Yep. A little over four hours. Well, if we cut this off fast enough, I can catch the last three hours of this game. Because <laughs> I would love to do. I want to see the Phillies minute. All right. Well, go. Do what you gotta do. But, uh, I think I we should do another roundtable. I don't. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nice to see you guys. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we will see y'all next month. Hopefully, I mean, we've got it planned anyway. Uh, and uh, hopefully, Will will be there this time. So have a good one. We'll talk to you next time. Boy, peace. Urine's coming. Get ready. Oh, <laughs> winter is coming. Crown. Winter is coming. Exactly. Sack up. <laughs> All right, Jay's gone now. We can just keep talking if we want. (laughs) All right. Bye. Hey, this message is for Swift Heads Popcast. Hey, how about a little bit more love for the t-shirts? You go over all the ingredients of beer, but I got no idea what these t-shirts are made of. Is it a rayon blend? Polyester? What type of ink is on the shirt? What are we doing here, guys? Show a little love to the t-shirts.